Talk Brunch served hot. Talk Brunch live. There was more this week than there was last week. Somehow, even though there was people were clamoring for ratings last week, somehow going to Saudi makes it even longer. Oh boy. Once again, we're going to be going over everything in the week, everything going on in the sheets, all of the usual stuff. But this one's special because uh, there's so much heat everywhere for October, the end of October. It's more heat than even I'm used to. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the rumors bring us and what's been going on. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always by co host Destin Soglo Frazier. There's so much heat. We're celebrating Heatoween this year. Heatoween, yeah. That's another thing. This technically should be a, a. There should have been some sort of Halloween stuff going on here, um, because the next time we come on, it'll be the first, and can't do it then. But uh, we'll see if we can put it somewhere on the this week, because as you guys know, this is our annual Halloweenathon. We'll be doing all kinds of extra stuff, having fun, um, streaming unique content. So maybe we'll have some time for story time in one of those, or something along those lines. We'll see. With that, we're going to go into the stories as usual. I'm the founder, creator, producer, director, artist, webmaster, moderator, clip cutter, voting poll creator, schedule coordinator, game streamer, editor, organizer, reporter, button deck controller, technical support, and most importantly, host, Rick the Disaster Master Dara. This is such a hard episode, I felt I needed both intros. I love how you ran through that like it was a side effect from medication. (laughs) (laughs) Same speed and everything. We will shout out the podcast listeners on iHeart and everywhere else, as well as the live people at the end of the show. And, uh, we're going to go to the Middle East somewhere in the middle of the show. That way we are, I guess, <laughs> geographically correct. I don't know. I can't even tell anymore. Oh, boy. But I'm not going to lie. Before we even get into it, I will say that uh, that was probably the best WWE show in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was not the typical Saudi just get through it show. Well, none of them are. All of those t- shows to me are like some of the highest rated best stuff ever. It's a shame that they can't give that to us on our side, but the production value over there, the video packages, the pyro, the music, everything. It's Well, we don't pay them as much money, so I guess that might explain part of it. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, oh, we have a new rock trailer i can't even call the movie trailers anymore because more like they're they're rock trailers right he's the one who seems to do the most stuff here but we got the rock uh what is this here oh of course it is red notice that is that's a straight to netflix movie that's coming out right i love how every time we talk about a trailer it's a different thing and it's like the previous trailer hadn't even come out yet and it's like jesus what this man just makes shit all, all the time this is dropping november 12th and I feel like it could be a game changer just because of the fact that people are so used to having things in the movies that are a higher budget than things that like as far as movies go than what you get at home, even though TV series have surpassed that threshold. But we'll see. Let's see. This. I know we saw some other trailers of this before. Nolan Booth, the second most wanted art thief in the world. Special Agent John Hartley. FBI. 
Hi, guys. How'd you find me? You stole William Strang's lady with the red hat from the tape. You can't prove that was me. I got that on Etsy. I want you to help me catch the most wanted art thief in the world, the bishop. Hello, boys. It's so nice to finally meet you in person. She set me up. Frame me. A few clever keystrokes and poof. Bye-bye, Adrian John Hartley. She's gonna steal Cleopatra's eggs. They're priceless. If we catch her together, I can clear my name, and I'll help you become the number one thief in the world again. Lift with your neck. Even if I did partner up with you, you still only have one brain. What's the plan, son of a... See? Easy peasy. Wow. You have to be the two dumbest men on the planet. Oh, we've seen this part in the other trailer. Look awful. How's it going with your partner in crime? It looks like it's made for, for movie theaters more than anything, right? Right. Second rule. This is a marriage of convenience. I want a divorce and I'm keeping the kids. Are you kidding me? What? This is hard! Trying to beat me. That's the idea. Trusting a thief can be dangerous. Oh, what the f- And by the end of it, they all wind up on the same side, right? <laughs> I think that's what we're looking at, isn't it? Could be. Probably. Yeah, that's totally what it is. <laughs> it's one of those. We figured your plot, Dwayne. Yeah, everybody turns baby face at the end of all of his movies, even the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, you can't even deny it, right? Can't even. We watched it together. We saw. So, last week we talked a little bit about people getting their asses kicked over sneakers back in the eighties. Good days. Yeah, the good old days. Which I'm sure now it's it uh you know it's it's, it's more getting shot. Yeah, shot pepper spray. Anything that doesn't involve actually like using your body. Yeah, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, top dollar got into some stuff. Hit Row got into some stuff with the Elite. These are words that I never thought that I would be saying in 2021, namely because in 2020 I, I didn't know what Hit Row was, but also the just the crossover. Six months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Top Dollar was on the Jobbing Out podcast, and uh, he brought up, he, he talked a little bit, elaborated on why he said what he said, and he dropped that those bars on these guys last week. So the good news is that we had... Uh, top dollar here the bad news is i had to listen to jobbing out to get it 
But anyway. Would say, in the words of the immortal prophets, the Wu-Tang Clan. Yes. Hit row, ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> so, like, oh. you can play these little, these little high school games you want to play. And the craziest part to me about the whole situation is I wasn't talking to anybody in particular. But as I mentioned in the video, a hit dog will holla. And like I mentioned in the one of the tweets that really pissed them off is that <laughs> they'll, t- they'll tell on themselves. Hmm. And, that's exactly, and that's exactly what happened. And then they got told about themselves. It sounds like someone worked themselves into a shoot, brother. That's yeah, what it sounds sure like did. to me. It sounds like someone <laughs> the worked be- the themselves. Best, the best part was that you weren't talking about the people that started responding. No, that's the <laughs> funniest part. And I wasn't talking about anyone in particular. That's the funniest part. I literally was making a Twitter joke, and then people got butthurt, and then they feelings. I guess I didn't even know that they was wearing fake sneakers. I found that out afterwards. So it was funny. <laughs> I didn't even know that. You know, it was really funny, by the way. I got to tell you guys. I so, didn't even, that's the craziest part is that everybody's like, oh, he was dissident because because they was wearing fake sneakers a couple months ago. I didn't even know that. <laughs> they told on themselves. And the craziest part about all of this is like, you know, I, I used to go watch them cats and do burns. And they just got in their feelings because they let their Twitter minions gas them up. And they realized very quickly that I'm not the one to play with. See the thing is, is like to me, when they first, when they first did the NXT bio, I was like, "Huh, that's <laughs> rude," you know. I'm not even in NXT anymore, right? Right. And I know, and, and, and I know that, and I know that you know that. So, for you to do that, kind of felt like you, you were saying I should still be in NXT, or you just wanted to, to you just wanted to shit on NXT for no reason, which is A, disrespectful, and B, unnecessary. But even that, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with these Twitter people. I'm going to let these boys slide. Then they updated their bio again. And it said, we'll make you trend just by mentioning you in our bio. And I took that personally. That's the thing. And then they say, we'll make you trend just by mentioning you in our bio. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's a very interesting comment because to me, I read that as you're a nobody and we can make you popular. But in reality, them boys could never make Hero like I did. So to say that to me is wild and very disrespectful. So I had to let them know Mm. I'm not the one to play with. Mm. And these are not games that we play in Piner City. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't play around with my name and my people's. So everyone in the wrestling business learned a lesson that day. And it's sad that it had to be them boys to teach everybody the lesson. But, but now people know that top dollar is not one to be trifled with. So that's what happened. What well, damn? What do you think? Did they ask for it? Did he did, did uh did he take it too seriously or what do you what's your thoughts on the uh-huh. young buck sneaker game slash top dollar taking it offensively? <laughs> I feel like what I realized with the Bucks, at least with um which I love how they how they don't actually tweet stuff, they just change their Twitter bio. Nine times out of ten, I really just feel like it's just a fuck with people. But that one, I think it it got more of a reaction than it usually does. 
Because like usually people just be like, oh, the Young Bucks talking shit at AEW sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, Top Dollar came back at them. Which all I'm saying is when WWE eventually fucks up and releases them, can we get a hit roll versus Young Buck match? Because it'll have the funniest backstory ever. It all started with some sneaker game on, tw- on Twitter. Fucking wonderful. But uh, I could see it on both ends. I could see it being maybe the Bucks went a little too far. Maybe either side took it personally. I could honestly see it being either or. Or maybe it's even a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, AEW, as much as I like them, they take a lot of random WWE shots at this point. You know, like, good Lord. It's almost like you can't watch them without thinking about the competition. Like, maybe they could just slow it down a little bit. Like, I get it. It's funny, like the jokes and everything. But at a certain point, it's just kind of like, give it a rest. You practically have storylines building on that shit now. I like I like Daniel Bryan, Brian, Brian Danielson slash Daniel Bryan's attitude towards the dichotomy better in the sense that he left Daniel Bryan in WWE and became Brian Danielson here completely. His style's different. He doesn't yes along with the crowd. You know, it's almost like they're two completely different characters, which is just a better way to handle things so that he could just showcase what Brian Danielson does versus what Daniel Bryan did. But then there are people who was kind of like they were never even in WWE. They give it a lot of emphasis. You know what I mean? Like, really, what the hell does anyone in the elite know about WWE? Aside from what they've heard, like, secondhand, like we have. Yeah, this is true. Like, the closest perspective that they would have to the inside would be Cody, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And then some of the other top names will come from there. Like who? Like, um, the Moxleys, the, the Stings. Arn Sting, Anderson for sure. He was Sting had a, a cup time. of coffee there. Arn was more known for, for WCW. I guess we could say that Moxley as Ambrose spent a few days where he had the championship and forgot it in the car and all that shit. Sure. And bombed on the Stone Cold podcast. If that counted at the top. I never felt like they, they used him or positioned him as a top guy. Even when he was there. Yeah, but I mean, even though he wasn't a top guy, like... Especially the way way he talked about Vince on the Jericho podcast. He definitely had a little bit more say than a lot of other people on there. I guess what I'm saying is that the people who seem to have an axe to grind with WWE the most never were even there to begin with. Like, because a lot of these guys, I, I heard a tweet today. I can remember who, who commented and said it. But if you're happy where you are, you never think about where you were which never truer words were spoken. And I could say for certain, a lot of these WWE, former WWE guys are so happy in AEW and doing their own thing that they're not really even thinking about it. They're not even bringing that energy here. But then the weird part is you have guys that have never been there before that are like completely like, you know, always bringing up jokes or things about it or doing tongue in cheek stuff, which again, it's funny sometimes. We've even laughed on here, but I just feel like almost you can't do something without making it uh personal and then there's that fine line i kind of felt like bringing our stuff into us i kind of felt like when we had five people on here we would cross that fine line there's that fine line with subtle humor that makes somebody go ah, i see what you did there and like just blatant uh just being a clown and like i sort of see that when with the thing about the sneakers being more than the entire nxt roster combined it's no longer tongue-in-cheek it's no longer you're saying something and they have to read between the lines and tell the joke like you basically just shitted on the nxt roster it's not like i had to think about it for a minute and then go oh ha, ha. no like it was an insult written with a capital in the front and a period at the end in a sentence form 
not really in joke form. And I guess that's what happens when you start making fun of something enough. You start to lose the humor of it. And I think that's like not to segue too much into that, but I think that's something that that when it comes to just comedy in general is what a lot of people lose in their comedy is the fact that what makes things funny a lot of the time is walking that line saying things without saying them directly because the whole purpose of anything is to invoke emotion and you can't invoke emotions in people if you just outright spell it out for them so there's just a way to say things and make jokes without actually saying anything and top dollar wins here because he didn't say any names he didn't need to say any names even in this i said names He didn't say names. He never called anybody out. And that's the way that you do it. And that's the way that you make it look good. When somebody says something directly that it or even when someone goes as far as they're going to give a description, but the description only fits one thing. They they just make themselves sound stupid. Exactly. Like Stacey said, he has class. Like if you're going to do something, if you're going to take tell a joke, keep it on the classy line. Like a lot of people that have listened to me for years will hear the fact that I've always sort of walked that line when I'm talking about things where I'll say things without saying them. You know, if somebody makes an error or does something production wise somewhere else, I'll never say what the error is that they did or what happened or what the result. But there's subtlety in what I do that just makes it more humorous and less malicious. And once you cross that line, it stops being funny and you start being funny. And then that's just a different thing. So it's like the old saying about somebody's laughing with you as opposed to laughing at you. That's sort of what happens, I feel, when the competition starts to obsess a little bit too much. You know, because in the beginning, it was funny things. Like, it would be like, oh, there'd be a, a, a doll of a WWE guy in the background. Or someone might say something about Stanford. Or whatever. But now it's just becoming, oh, Monday Night Raw sucked at 10 p.m. when they had Cedric Alexander in the Hurt Business out there. Like, what the fuck? Like, what are you guys? Are, are we really like that? Like, what, what's going on here? No, it's going you mentioned that because I can see the same, not even necessarily for WWE as a whole. Maybe it's just because I have way more interactions on social media with them than I like. It was kind of like when we talked about, what was it, last week, that, um, that first half hour where AEW wound up winning. The problem with it is, and I think it's a lit. It might not necessarily be a hundred percent where the Bucks, I think, direct some of these sometimes. But I can see them also going to those fans that it's like you hear anything about AW. It's like, hey, Tony Khan had a sandwich, but WWE still killed him in the fucking ratings. It was like, what does that have to do with anything? And that's the core I can, fundamental I can see problem it being here. Also, mm-hmm. just at this point where it's like, okay, if your fan base is just going to take blind, wild shots at us, we can literally do the same thing. And that's not necessarily what, and, saying and, that. The best and, way and you, you just solved the formula it's more targeted to aggravate them than anything. right and you just solved the formula the only way to justify what the elite and specifically the bucks are doing is to compare them to stupid marks we can't go well wwe does this and AEW does that we have to go well the bucks do this but you got to think about who they're doing it towards the fans think about that that right there in itself shows a vulnerability in their attack method In order for me to justify your actions, I have to compare you to the marks that you shouldn't be responding to while making fun of Dave Meltzer for responding to marks, which is what a lot of fans do. They shouldn't be at a level where they're doing shit like that. You know what I mean? And that's sort of the whole point. Even Top Dollar, who just got to SmackDown, seems to know how to do this shit better. 
that's kind of inexcusable you know it's like this guy knows how to carry himself and he's well spoken and he came there with momentum already and he just sounds like a wiser person than they do you know and uh again you know i'm a fan of aw and the elite and the bullet club going all the way back to the even before they were generation me before that we spoke about oh them my on God, here. Those were the days. but it's just kind of like i'm looking at how they're making themselves look with this shit and it doesn't look good you know it's it's i shouldn't have to think about what the marks are doing in order to justify what the young books are doing and that unfortunately just doesn't work for me it's just too blatant it's not it's not as fun and the sneaker, I get it. Well, you because and that's another thing I don't like about wrestlers. Even though sometimes it might be the truth, I don't like the fact that they have this this safe bubble where they can always just default back into their gimmick. They were working, they were working. Oh, you know, they were heels at the time. They were working, and you know, they did the sneaker. Nobody else had that. But it's kind of like you know, we, we we were doing the sneaker thing during Dynamite and blah blah blah. I'm I get it, but that shit is getting on my nerve. There's too many people who kind of get to peekaboo out of their gimmick. And then say shit in their gimmick where they come out of their face and directly offend you, your gimmick, your character, yourself, your weight, your actual appearance and everything. And then default back to being like they were working. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. But I'm just saying I keep seeing that. And sometimes they don't even need to do it anymore because you have a fan base that's willing to just default to that. That'll say, well, the Bucks are heels right now and they were just probably trying to get moment. You know, but is everybody okay with it? Because that doesn't really sound like a collaborative thing. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like they went to top dollar and said, Hey, we're going to do, which that's how it used to be back in the day. The boys would literally go, Hey, you know, we're going to do this whole thing and they would be in on it, but this isn't what's happening here. So I kind of don't like the fact that there are wrestlers now. And I'm not just calling out the young bucks. I'm saying in general, they seem to default to having this, this, this shit attitude. And when they take it, just one tweet too far or one comment too far, they'll default back to it being work. That way people will be like, it's good work. No, MJF is good work. Roddy Piper was good work. Don't just fucking be an asshole. Don't don't just be an asshole. And then when people get to the verge of kicking your ass or making you look stupid, don't all of my my gimmick. No, I'm not buying that. I know what a gimmick looks like. I lived through the Piper years and I'm living through the MJF years. I know what the difference fucking is between that and when you think you got too much heat now. So you got to do it. Again, I'm not saying the Bucks did it because the Bucks don't care about how much heat they get at all. They'll keep going. They'll get nuclear monsters. They don't give a fuck. But I'm just saying I've seen a lot of other people in their position do that where they peek in and out of it or like the fans try to justify it. I don't like that. Fuck all that. Like if you're going to go, just go. And I would say don't go. That's actually the moral of the story here. I I don't mean to get it backwards, but no, the small stories don't go. I like it better the way it was. I like it better the way Top Dollar does it. Definitely don't go. You know what I mean? I don't want. Did you go? Don't. at, At that point, no turning back. Yeah, but I'm saying like like when you do it though, like I like it the way he does it better. Where it's like we're saying just no names, we're saying no things, and you leave it almost open to interpretation without doing it. Where they're going all oh, the entire NXT locker room combined, or just naming people. Where now, if they did that like once a year, it would be a big deal because we don't normally do it. Like oh shit, they actually said Vince or whatever. So it's like, but now it's like it's happening so much that it's like the shock value is sort of being diminished. You know, it's like if you watch a good thriller, they have like the lead up to like the character. Sometimes they have the jump scare. Oh, oh Brian, you stupid asshole! I thought you were the guy, but then the guy kills it right afterwards. Oh Foxy, the jump scare caught me. That kind of stuff is better than if it was just the girlfriend getting killed every three minutes of a two hour. After Even a while, jump you scares have a cool down. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Jump scares have a cooldown. So it's like, if it wasn't, you wouldn't be scared. You'd just be watching like just two hours of just people getting fucking murdered and be like, okay, well, I'm never going to really. Why aren't you jumping or scared? Well, because there's no reason to be, you know, that's the God's honest truth. There's no reason. There's no reason for that. 
because it's, it's just constantly happening. So it's like with them, that's what I feel like. Like they're they're burning out the jump scares in the sense that they're always mentioning something to the point where, and like he said in that in that shoot, it was like they changed their thing first and he got offended. Like, oh, damn, you're trying to Samson. And then they changed it again. And after a while, it was like, wow, you know, like then he eventually yeah, they even said better something. better just leaving it at that one time. It's not going to do it. You know, and, and I, I suggest you guys listen to the whole thing because he goes on to talk about after a certain point, you know, you, you got kind of screwed over if you spent like more than like a few hundred dollars in your sneakers, you know, like it, it doesn't make you look like good. It makes you look stupid, you know. And then the other point that he makes is that like they put in their bios that thing about how just mentioning us makes you famous when in a lot of people and I'm not saying I'm going one way or the other, but there are people looking at it in reverse from what they said, meaning they're saying in their bios, you know, you we, we mention you in our bio and make you famous. But really. From a lot of people's perspective, it feels like he mentioned them without mentioning them and still made them famous. I don't really know what side I would take on that. Everybody talked shit here and it all started with sneakers. But to kind of discredit that guy also, like you're implying, like he said there, for you to say you made him famous, you're kind of implying that I was a shit before this. What? Like he shouldn't take that. Were you there for the cypher? Like, no, but. <laughs> But yeah, like not even just in NXT when he had the freaking um basically discovering old re- that show where he was discovering old wrestlers gear, he was doing that right before NXT, right before he came to NXT. So people already knew who he was before Hit Row. Isn't he like really good friends with the Undertaker? Shoot, Undertaker, I think Booker T as well. And yeah, he's a good friends with a few of these dudes. Yeah, so he got people there. Leave him the fuck alone. Trust me. You know what I mean? With the connections, even without the connections, I'm just saying this is a guy you, you can see right right from the bat, like when we first saw this guy. He's just not, he, he literally, when he said, I'm not one of these dudes to, you know, that, that you that mess around with and shit, he meant that. Yeah, I could tell he isn't. He's not going to let you just shit on him. But it's just weird that they went for a guy like that, you know? And I genuinely think that Hit Row and that whole thing is, is well done. And he actually stands out more to me now. If yeah, you really fact, listen um, to all of them. Did you hear what the plan for them is? Yeah, they changed it around. They're going to make the other yeah. two guys the tag team, and he's yes, going to be um, the singles Swerve guy. Swerve and Adonis are going to be a tag team, and Top Dollar is going to roll solo. Do you think but that has something to do with together. this? Don't y'all fuck it up. <laughs> do you think that has something to do with this? I don't know. I'm not sure. It could just be one of those random decisions because they just like touching shit, but who knows? Vince might like his look. I mean, it is possible. Okay, let's put it this way. And I talked about this last week. I found it interesting how, and I had no idea why until we came on here, how they were talking about how Roman Reigns, like they br- when he came out as the freaking uh, tribal chief, they brought up his shoes. They were like they're wearing 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 Jordans, like like McAfee's or something like that, like he's done <laughs> for his entire reign. Of four- and I remember sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, why are we talking about Roman shoes? That's the first. And I get it now. Now knowing everything that was happening on Twitter. I get I'm like, oh, I see. So even so for that to be McAfee, we could at the very least say McAfee must know. Right. Yeah, because he brought up sneakers. What a hell of a coincidence. So I don't know if that was in his ear, but if it was in his ear, then we can say that Vince knows because whoever's in Vince's ear would be that. And if it wasn't in his ear before, (laughs) there's no way that McAfee being bringing up his shoes wouldn't make someone in Gorilla be like, why the fuck is this guy bringing up shoes? They would have wrestled then, but I think they must have known. At some point, it got around to that locker room. There's no way that it didn't, that that shit happened with the shoes. You know what I mean? It's not only podcasters like us. So I'm just thinking to myself that if that did happen and somebody like Vince or Pritchard or anybody in creative going and looked at Top Dollar who buries these guys in a, in a video, and they already pushed them up because they like the gimmick. 
that might have been the final thing that made them go, you know what? This guy could be like the top guy in, to- in, in, in this feud. And honestly, I like Swerve. But even looking back at those promos, it was challenging because on one hand, you gave a perspective when you said you liked the fact that uh, you could, like Swerve had sort of like a silent presence to him as the leader while like the other guys did more of the talking and took the forefront. But that also might have been his undoing because there were times that it got that vibe, but there were other times that I couldn't tell who the top person was. It started to remind me of when they first did The Shield where every single time the three of them had that little camcorder, it was like they were trying a different one. Like first it was like a lot of the time it was Moxley most of the time. And then a little bit of the time it was Rollins. And then one day they just said, you know what? Fuck it rains. And then it just went full speed ahead and never. But if you go back and watch early shield, you almost can't tell who it was. It was like, Hmm, I wonder if it's going to be him or maybe it's going to be him. And then they made up their mind and it became very obvious, but they were deciding. And I guess something about Roman, don't ask me what then. But something about Roman totally changed their minds on the other guy. And you, you almost never yeah, heard yeah, you never heard Moxley talk before that. Go back to the early ones. He was the one holding the damn thing up, opening and closing the, the promo, dropping the shit on the floor. I think he used to drop on the floor, like walk away or whatever, right? Yeah. It was mainly him. I remember thinking, oh, you know, like the guy that, uh, because at the time I wanted it to be Tyler Black just because of how big of a mark I was for him in the ring of honor shit. But then I remember thinking, oh, you know what? But the other one was winning me over. Mox is winning me over, even though he's a fucking CZW guy. But, uh, you know, this is one of those cases where for a while with Hit Row, I couldn't tell who they were trying to push, which is good. It's good when you have guys that are so over that you almost can't tell. But now it's quite obvious, Top Dollar, which I almost can't and, object to. And if it wasn't obvious before the call-up, it was obvious how they did him on NXT. That was for sure. Yeah, but then I'm also hearing that Ashante um, has like a medical condition, so he can't wrestle currently. So what, he has a tag team partner that he can't tag in, so it's going to be swerving somebody in his corner? Pretty much. Well, that sucks. Oh. And then we have uh, the other thing, because I know I'm going to forget about it. The other change to SmackDown is Shotzi's apparently going to be a heel. So uh, I'm waiting for somebody to justify why that makes sense, considering that girl had been so over the face. It would have made sense. I could have made it make sense. You know what I would have done? Like, just before that draft, I would have not had a draft, step one. Then step two would have been i would have made her beat the fuck out of the other who's the other girl that she had at this point lose track of the ones tegan knox this time right i would have made her whip her ass on the tank power bomber on the top of it or whatever pad it whatever you have to yeah. do to make this still look like it's devastating throw her down the chute where where the person pilots whatever well, it's not that big of a tank but in my mind it was there for a second hey you know what? That maybe for that maybe for that maybe for that f- maybe for the heel turn it would be like a mirror size tank you know but just whatever whip her ass on the tank and uh because now you're in the main roster, you don't need her anymore. Which would have made more sense if it would have been Ember instead of her. I'd redo this whole thing if I could. I would have made it Ember instead of her. And I would have made it that she whipped her ass on the tank and said she doesn't need her anymore. And then that's how Ember gets sent back down to NXT. You would have got the sympathy baby face because she literally got her ass kicked off of SmackDown. And you would have had the heel who whipped her friend's ass on a tank and abandoned her. Who's you always know? been nice to everybody and been very friendly with the fans. Yeah. But no, they're just like, no, you're just going to be a heel. You're just a heel. See, I can almost, I, I'm almost <laughs> calling it in the air. It's going to fuck up just because not a soul on this planet is going to be able to understand the concept of Shotzi Blackheart being a heel. I just can't believe that they missed the opportunity for her to, because she can't use the tank as I a can. heel. She can only use it as a baby face. I just can't believe that after all of that, we missed the opportunity to somehow associate the tank with Tegan getting beat up. And if Stace is right, everybody beats up Tegan. That's another thing. Tegan needs to stop making friends. So I guess that's maybe why they didn't do it also. But that's why I wouldn't use Tegan. I'd use Ember. But you know what the bad part is? Not one bit of that did they think that far. 
In a way, I guess thank God Tegan didn't get another turn on her. Then she'd come on next week and be like, I have a new best friend, Carmella. And we'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> come on, now. at least she would have picked a friend that's relatively over. But, yeah, I don't really... I don't even know this girl well enough to say whether or not she would have made a good heel or not. I just know that if oh, I, I can if, tell you right now from everything I've seen of her, no, she probably could. But I'm just saying that I would have tried first. Like I would have said, well, let's see what happens after you whip somebody's ass on the tank. Not just they haven't even done the face with a mean streak thing with her. Remember the <laughs> mean streak? They That's haven't true. done anything. I mean, and, and, and to tell you, they didn't, they didn't think this through at all. Just keep in mind, they had Natty and Tamina have a shit run and then split them up through the draft. That is true. I you, you made a really good point I haven't thought about in a long time. The mean streak we used to say back in the day is a death trap, though. Like, whenever you start hearing JR and King and they'd be like, well, this guy has a mean streak. And I was like, oh, shit. Billy Gunn had a mean streak. <laughs> Think about it. Billy Gunn had a mean streak. And what did he become? He became the one Billy Gunn, right? That's because you pick, That's because you picked somebody who couldn't get over with a mean streak to have a mean streak. I could think let's let's think about it. Who's been buried because of a mean streak? I could think of a lot of people actually. Billy Gunn, first of all. About. Well, Billy Gunn's definitely the top of the list. Val Venus, every mean See, that, streak Val Venus ever nothing had. Nothing about Billy Gunn. You you can't have a belly button ring and then have a mean streak. First of all, yeah, Val Venus. Anytime they did anything where he had a mean streak, it was a death trap. Dude, my first raw, he was Chief Morley. Yeah, what about even before that? He he used to be the right to censor. He's had more bad than good. Everybody remembers the Val Venus porn because of the fact that it was a it was the most over. But when you look back at his career, he was long term right to censor. And then Chief Morley, who was who? Bischoff's assistant? Oh yeah, that's gonna get him pops. See the problem with it is that that's two cases of you giving having somebody be a face and not one thing about them says they will so much as squish a fly. In a sense, like a modern-day like mean Val streak. Venus and Billy Gunn were the type of faces to escort the fly out the building. And then they're like, no, mean streak. Like I somebody just like thought Big of Show. somebody. You can give Big Show a mean streak and it can work. He's seven feet tall. I just thought of someone in current time Ooh, that no, they gave a it. mean streak to. And it was the old-school mean streak I'm talking about where the formula, the moment we it. saw them executed, it buries them and they wind up less than. And it's, okay, here we go. It's it's uh, Otis. Hit me with it. Otis. Otis got the stereotypical <sighs> attitude era mean streak where the person was fine the way they were and they didn't turn him heel, but they gave him a mean streak. And that mean streak slowly turned into a shitty character that he can't recover from. There was the, there's Otis. the whole mean streak. I'm going to tell you what they did with Otis. They did worse with Otis. They paired him with a heel that was almost as that, that was almost as down the card as even Marie and then used that to give him a mean streak. You know what I feel like? I feel like what's happening is for some reason, a lot of people are trying to give wrestlers the Scott Steiner heel turn, even though the only time I've ever seen the Scott Steiner heel turn successful was with Scott Steiner. Like you would think that a lot of people were really nice and really over and then suddenly bulked up and blattened and dyed their hair and look completely different and were assholes and then and got over. No one. That's never fucking worked. Tess had a mean streak. Tajiri had a mean streak. Didn't Spike Dudley become a little fucking mafia boss or some shit? Yeah. Of all fucking characters. The ECW Spike Dudley who did the acid drop. He, he, he fucking double stomped the cruiserweight title in the ring. Fucking, <laughs> they gave him a little angry boss gimmick. But you know what the bad part is? That was more convincing than Otis. No, but you see what I mean? Like, But everybody knows that wasn't how he was. So you have too many years of him being regular. See, but they need to stop that kind of shit, you know? Don't make people mean. Once again, stop touching shit. Shanti is perfectly fine as a face. We have seen she is perfectly fine as a face. What do you do? You leave her as a fucking face. And then the bad part is a lot of people don't watch NXT. I mean, Lord knows the numbers show, I hate to say. So when it, when you do, she does turn, 
and you're going, well, she's not acting like herself. Who the hell's going to know that? They, they what, wrestled two, three times on the main roster? So it's like even the people who watch this Raw don't have enough time to know. This is TNA <laughs> booking levels of team. bad. It's, it's literally TNA level bookings of bad. It reminds me, and I talk about this a few times on this show, but it reminds me of like the Claire Lynch stuff. Where to me, the worst part of the Claire Lynch stuff wasn't her. It was Dixie and AJ because I didn't understand how their story developed because AJ was hardly ever around. And I remember I told you about this once, but there was this one scene where like AJ was just standing somewhere and Dixie like walks up to him and she's like, who are you? And it was like, what does she mean? He didn't do anything. <laughs> like it was like he got accused, but he hasn't acted different or he hasn't really been aggressive in the ring. And it was just like, aside from being accused of fucking Claire, like he, he's JJ Styles. He hasn't done anything behavior wise for that to be the way you react. He didn't start doing that, that, that slow intro yet. I think she drove him to that shit. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh no, that, but, that came from, um, God, that came years later. That's the whole thing. Who are you? Like AJ Styles. I would have mentioned that when I saw him come out the fucking evil ways by Blue Star Sea. Like, what do you mean, who are you? And you know the worst part about it is Shotzi will not have the benefit of Frankie Kazaria sitting there with a Shotzi Blackheart doll doing the pose and shit. Oh, I remember that. Those toys. Those were good. Those were good freaking uh those those were good gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Shotzi and Otis don't have that benefit. No, they just they don't care. They hadn't. They don't even. I don't think they they give a shit. Whoever's running that doesn't give a shit what was happening on NXT before this. Oh, of course they don't. Because if they did, if they did, so much stuff would not even be touched. You know how many people would be over in NXT if they gave a shit about NXT? Everybody that came out of NXT. Why? Because if you're paying attention, you don't touch shit. Yeah, no, it doesn't make. I, I, I remember Otis and Tucker were badasses in NXT. Look at them now. Tucker's free and Otis is hanging out with Chad fucking Gable. Like yeah, what? <laughs> we didn't have to wait like seven championship runs for Sasha to be able to successfully defend a championship in NXT. She did it on the one and only goddamn one she had. It took Bailey crushing her neck with a chair for us to get a successful title defense. Yeah, which blows my mind because NXT put up a, a thing right now. Can't even believe I'm reading this. Is this real? See, that's a phrase. Anybody who's been listening to the show long term knows that's a phrase you don't ever want to hear him say because that means some bullshit is afoot. I mean, they're looking for new writers for NXT to come join them in Orlando, Florida. Oh, yep. And here comes the downward spiral. Hope we enjoy about last, people. What? They don't have enough writers? They look for new writers. We need more writers? It's too good. They got to fuck with it. I give them credit for one thing NXT above everything else. They managed to, let me look at my program here. They managed to fit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, nine. They fit like nine matches into a show. And this is every week. There's like nine matches. And there's still somehow backstage segments, stuff happening in the parking lot, things happening in the locker room, people at home, people at the beach, people at the arcade, different foods. and sh- It's like, How? It's amazing. I have to say that their time management is wonderful over there. Nine matches. This SmackDowns we've reviewed in the last month that have had three. <laughs> Raws that have had a half, if we're lucky. There's Raws that have had only had like four, and we only we only have to call them matches because of the way that they did it. 
but not really because really nothing happened nobody got pinned everybody kicked each other's asses and then it got thrown away or became like a tag match later where we had to count the match that it was and then the match that it became there's even been times that to get to five on raw or on smackdown it was it was a singles match that became a tag and then more fun motherfuckers came on it became a, a a six man and it really when you look at that if we wanted to yeah, be technical that, like, about three it more came out and then it was three ways <laughs> yeah. if we wanted to be assholes that's one match you know, you keep adding things to. So, yeah, I give them credit for having nine matches, backstage segments, being able to do things like that. They don't need new writers. Now watch. They're going to be new writers. And we're going to get a match per NXT. You know how I know? Because every time they get new writers, something gets fucked up. But I distracted myself here because the reason why I was like, is this real? Is this because the way it was written, it was just so honest that I thought it was like a troll article. Like, this is how the... <laughs> This is how they are reaching out. So they said, the NXT creative team is searching for a new writer to join us in Orlando, Florida. NXT develops and produces live weekly original episodic programming 52 weeks a year. At NXT, you have the opportunity to collaborate with the next generation of WWE superstars who keep their fingers on the pulse of the pop culture of their and their foot on the gas. Built to appeal to a younger audience. And that's why I thought that it was a troll. I hate <laughs> I hate to say it, but I legitimately thought this was a, a worked article because of the built to, to appeal to a younger audience. Because they are not appealing to anyone in 18 to 49 demographic. Most people are above that age. But anyway, NXT follows compelling storylines that defy expectations at every turn while playing out in front of the most passionate fans of sports entertainment. The creative team's goals is to develop the most captivating stories and larger-than-life characters portrayed by the world's most charismatic and diverse WWE superstars. Maybe you want to appeal to a younger audience. <laughs> wow, that's savage. She said, that shit sounds like a back page ad. Remember that? People too old to remember what that <laughs> is. There's people in NXT who are too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe we had... Uh, what, what reference haven't we had on this damn show? All I'm saying is there's some people out there who got who got got jobs in WWE. I think I see where they found them from. If that's the case, bring the heat. I dare you. And my top dollar it. I ain't going to say no names. Quest says he remembers Top Dollar when he was in the NFL, right? Like, like that, this guy has this guy has a resume. See, I know how to pick him. You know, first Big E and now Top Dollar. And I'm not gonna take credit for Top Dollar. <laughs> but no, I do think that this this is a good. They probably saw the opportunity there. I would hope so. Oh boy. Anyway, let's look through here. Oh, this is going to be actually no. I'm gonna save that. <laughs> if it's the one I think it is, yeah, save it. So Renee, did you hear about Renee Young? She was on the MMA Hour with uh, how am I forgetting his name now? Ariel Helwani. I was about to say I I was literally about to say is it the one day to make cry? I was trying so hard not to say that as the only. I mean, point at this point, reference. let's be realist. All anybody knows him for, so you might as well. Oh no, he's known for other things. But anyway, she told this story about what it was like being on on uh raw commentary with vince mcmahon in her ear you got to hear this oh god this is gonna be great what is that like 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 can you give me an example without i know you don't want to probably reveal too much but like what is he saying that could be so bad to you know mess with someone mentally um so this this time i actually this i wasn't on commentary for this moment but it was after i had done commentary and i was doing a panel i want to say it was either like the premiere of smackdown on fox or no, it wasn't no, because that was LA. We were actually in Las Vegas. Anyways, we were doing a panel show where they cut to us in between the show. 
Um, it was some kind of special. But anyways, um, Tyson Fury was on the show is when he was doing his stint in WWE. And it was me, Samoa Joe, Booker T, and Beth Phoenix. I believe that's what the cast was for that crew. And I had set, I was throwing to a package, blah, 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 something, something. Uh, uh, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, throw a package. And he's in my ear and goes, you fucking ruined it. Screaming at me, telling me that I've ruined this segment because I did not refer to Tyson Fury as the lineal champion. Oh, God. That I referred to him as a gypsy king, Tyson Fury, through the package. So he's screaming at me. And at this point, like, at this point, I am, like, over it. I've done the commentary thing. I'm, I'm just, like, I'm a little bit hardened to all of the circumstances. So he's yelling at me about this. And I'm looking down at my notes. Maybe I'm looking to Samoa Joe, taking in this information in my ear. But he thinks I'm ignoring him. So he yells at me again. Do you hear me? acknowledge that you hear me. And he wanted me to like, look into the camera and be like, yes, sir. I I hear you. I understand you. I apologize. Um, But yeah, I mean, it just to be yelled at like that for a small, I didn't want to say mistake. It's not a mistake. I just didn't call him the lineal champion. I didn't know that it was that necessary as if I had run, I had ruined the, the run of Tyson Fury and WWE by not calling him that. Uh, But to be yelled at like that in front of your like peers was pretty demoralizing. Uh, to, to, yeah, to just be yelled at that I had ruined a segment. Uh, I felt bad about it. Then we had to come back and do an on cam after that. And I was just like, I wanted to pull off my headset and just literally get in my car and drive home. Cause at that point I had just had it. Wow. See, she probably didn't mention he was literally a champion because they mentioned it 87 times every time they talk about him. And why would that ruin the segment of all the things that can right. ruin Nobody the gives segment. a fuck. Most of us don't actually watch boxing. We don't know what the fucking linear champion is or care. <laughs> like, what? Unbelievable, man. Fucking championships on the line, therefore, it is not relevant. But, like, you probably shouldn't speak to your employee like that either way, especially while she's live on the air. And they wonder why people leave. Nobody feels like dealing with that bullshit. How come he, they he, don't? He, 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 he said it as if she called him fucking Floyd Mayweather. How come they can't have a more like uh, heightened, optimized way to convey information to people than what they're doing? Like, I get the immediacy of having somebody in your ear, but that's also a hindrance and a distraction. How come there's not like a screen, almost like a real time teleprompter that can be used so that like. What will essentially happen is you got your gorilla position person talking into some sort of a voice translating software that then takes those words and conveys them as text to some sort of a screen at their desk so that they can hear, but then use their eyes to listen as well. And they can see the relevance of what's being said on the prompter. Kind of like the way right now I'm talking to you, but I have the program of what we're talking about in front of me. I don't need my eyes glued to it. But if I forget a name or a point of reference or where I was going with something, I can glance over at it. How come there's not like a thing that they can lay out for them that would have shit like Gypsy King and Tyson Fury or bullet points or whatever you want to convey along with like a section that maybe maybe a uh, I don't know, like a, the, the equivocal to like when you get a text message, like there'd be some sort of a notification sound in the same ear that you're harassing her in. And it would tell her to look down at a specific screen at a specific spot where you need to tell her something urgently that can then be incorporated without distracting her to the point where you're fucking up the whole commentary. Is this like too hard to do 
with lots of that money. involves them spending all that money that they're saving. Because I could do it with, with the money I have, and it would be used mainly for the sandwiches when we take breaks in between setting the shit up because the stuff is already pretty much accessible. How come they can't? Do you realize, Rick, we've actually already had a better system than that before? Really? So, anybody who remembers back when we had more people, there used to be post shows where Rick wasn't on the air with us. Do you remember what you used to do whenever we had drops to play and stuff? Vaguely. It's been a lot of... You would... It was me and that guy. You would message us in Skype. So then, boop, message pops up. Right, right. Like a Kofi drop. You make a very good point. When I used you know to what have... that did? It didn't distract us, but Rick always made, let, made sure we knew beforehand, hey, when it's time for something, I'm going to message you on Skype. So you yeah. know what we did? Because we're intelligent people, we had the Skype window sitting right there. So all yeah. I had to do was just look for it at the corner of my eye. And Nobody we always had open communication. Everything went through it. If you needed me to hit a button or something for the airwaves to be cleared or for something to happen, you would just send me a text. And if I, if one of you brought up, like let's say you brought up Roman Reigns, I would message you and I'd be like, hey, Destin, just let you know, I have like a video of Roman Reigns talking about what you're saying. And you would read it. And then when you get a moment in the conversation, you'd be like, oh, here's the video. And we'd be able to queue it up without anyone distract. I ne- I've never when you've been on there without me or anyone else. Has been on there, I've never been in your ears privately like that. And then just, on <laughs> top of that, if let's say we're talking about a match and we're running a tad long, quick message. Hey, wrap it up. Got a drop coming. Yeah, or whatever. But I've never been in somebody's ear like that. See, when people always tell me how much of a genius Vince McMahon is, I always make sure that they point out bullshit like this, too, because that's fucking stupid. You shouldn't have to babysit. If anything, you know, and and my wife can vouch for this, I would legitimately put you on the air, have guests over, tend to them with the volume turned down, and occasionally turn the volume up to make sure you're all all right. Hear your voice and go, yep, they're fine. And then turn it back. I wasn't listening intently. I still haven't heard some of those shows. I would tune in and go, oh, yeah, they're okay. But I would legitimately have people here and we would legitimately be doing other shit, sometimes just scrolling YouTube. Maybe it was business related. But I would legitimately just every now and then, every 15 or 20 minutes, turn it up. Yep. No, if they needed me, they would text me. All right. Yeah. No, it sounds good. Everything's coming through. Later. You don't need to babysit people. Especially when it's a grown fucking human being. Adults, you know what I mean? Championship, nobody gives a fuck about. Big deal. You don't treat adults like that, you know? And then this is the thing. It's a professional relationship between Renee and Vince and everybody in Gorilla. Like, you guys are like my friends that I know that I could say stuff like informally to. And still, I'm not going to do that. So it's like, why Why would a guy with money that's running a business need to do that? We don't. We would There's never have done There's times where like we've that. deserved it and you not did it. I've never done anything like that. I've been in somebody's ear directly in there like like ever, ever. It's like it's never even crossed my mind. And he, you know it would be good if on top of all the shit we already have to do, we added an element of us talking to each other through a different channel than the live channel. That, like, are you kidding me? Like, what's that important? You know what it is? It's that WWE thinks that these are incantations as opposed to commentary and that they're going to leave impressions on people forever and ever and ever. Like whether you say the Gypsy King or whatever, this is going to be what's going to make or break the product. Your little coins and catchphrases mean more to you. They they think they run their show the way somebody runs a fucking Campbell's Soup commercial. You know what I mean? They make sure you get that mm-mm good in there somewhere. You know what I mean? What the fuck? What are you doing? Make sure you get the hee-hee of the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like, you can't run this shit like a commercial. Do you honestly believe when people are hearing you that that's what they're thinking? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I mean, let's just say 
let's just say we live in some alternate universe where that's going to matter that bad. I'd rather get the guy's nickname in because you people are so fatuated with putting fucking nicknames on people. I'd rather make sure he got that in than a title nobody's heard of. We sh- <laughs> if I'm knowing my fan base doesn't know what the linear championship is, I could give a rat's dirty ass if somebody mentions it. You know what, man? Just to see if it does anything for our numbers. From now on, I'm going to try to abide by WWE standards and practices. Let's see how well it works out. Like, when we talk about Randy Orton, I'm not going to call him just one thing. Like, for every spot, I'll be like, Randy Orton, the Apex Predator, the Viper, the Legend Killer. You know what I mean? I'll do that. Like, every, we'll give everybody all their names. Every spot will be a different thing. You know what I mean? To make sure we get it all. That way, we don't miss anything because that's really what's going to make people. Well, you know, he called him the Apex Predator. He must know what he's talking about. But you didn't call him the Viper or the Legend Killer. He sucks. The only time you're supposed to do things like that is if you're writing a script or a book so that the sentence doesn't come off as redundant. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen An Evening with Kevin Smith? He talks about how when he was doing the Superman Smith movie, he didn't want to call him uh, Superman over and over again. So he would say stuff like Hala or Clark or the Man of Steel or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just different ways of phrasing the same thing. But that's not how things work when people are hearing commentary and you definitely can't mess an entire thing up by not saying something like why do they think that that works because they need shit to trademark and they got to make sure you hear everything <laughs> oh boy these just people, little man. shit like that that they feel the need to constantly notice just annoys the shit out of me like fucking with andrade after he after he remember when he knocked out cedric with that spinning back elbow he does yeah remember every time he every time he did that move afterwards. This move has knocked people out before. We were fucking watching. We know. <laughs> it's happened once. It hasn't happened since. Shut the fuck up. Because they try to quantify reactions. And that's just a silly way to do things. If we say this, then they will do this. If we do this, then they will do that. No, not not quite. That's not, I, I wish life were that simple. I wish Renee. <laughs> I wish Renee would ask how. You fucked it up. You ruined the segment. How? What? What? Just out of curiosity, just for my own journalistic and learning purposes. I'm just curious. Right? What happened? Like, what happened? What did we lose? Like, can somebody statistically show me on a chart or on a piece of paper something numerically something, even a demographic or explain to me? Not so much in detail, but just in some sort of logical sense as to what fucking difference it makes. That way I'll know. I will. I promise you, I will never make this mistake again. If you explain to me the importance of what mistake I made, isn't that the best way to teach somebody? You go, hey, listen. The reason why we don't want you to say that is because you called him the Gypsy King, and since this is in Saudi Arabia, you're offending gypsies and kings. I'm not saying that's the reason. I made that shit up. But the point being, <laughs> if you told her that shit, let's say it's real. She'd be like, oh, my God, fuck. I don't want gypsies and kings offended. I won't say it anymore. But if you just be like, ah, oh, you said the gypsy kid, she's not going to know why. You can't just tell people. You cannot get mad at people and not tell them why. That that pisses me off. Especially when you say you ruined it. Like, yeah. tell me. How like, like, just tell me. Tell, tell me it's a big deal because he's the first boxer to ever do something in wrestling while he's an active champion. Tell how me that. dare you tell somebody that because they ruined something. Because at least then... I can understand why it's important, even though none of our audience has ever heard of this fucking championship. 
Like, how dare you tell somebody that they ruined something, but then not explain why? Dude, if I'm telling somebody that they ruined something, if it's not me just trying to troll them and be a bastard, you ruined everything like he did to her, I would have been like, you ruined it. Now the marketing deal that we had with our partners that wanted us to say that phrase (laughs) has been diminished by set amount of funds that we were going to use to be able to send people in private jets next time we go to the Middle East. But because of you, we got to charter the same fucking plane that got stuck last time. You stupid bitch. Like, like I never, dude, and you know this about me because you've seen me in production. I have never just thrown out that somebody's done something unless they've actually done it <laughs> you know and i'm like now we got to do this, this you know what i mean so it's just so dumb that he would take something as obscure, as obscure and abstract that i'd be like she ruined it as, Renee a Young. Fact, as a matter of fact i'm gonna hit you with first of all one example of them doing something where it made sense and i'm gonna hit you with another one where you went off but it was justified because you gave a reason remember when sasha banks first came up to um to the main roster yeah the one thing they they kept mentioning was that she was the current NXT champion. Reason being, she did not come out with the title. And it was a big deal because she was the first, I believe she, yeah, she was the first um, NXT champion to be called up and actively competing while she still had her title. Yeah, which so makes sense. So that was sense. a big deal. It made sense. Now, I'm going to hit you with one. <laughs> I still remember this one to this day because I chuckle about it every now and then. It was when me and another panelist, we hosted the show, Just Us. I think I can't remember why it was you took the night off that night. I think it's because you were trying to get us ready to do it. This was at the time where we only talk NXT like before, like during the takeover post shows. We decided to mention that current NXT. In fact, it was the one where um, DIY broke up after the Dusty Classic. And I just remember just getting heat afterwards. And, but the thing about it is the reason it was given is because we don't talk about at the time. We didn't talk about NXT on the on the regular show. So it was just so it seemed like it was kind of just thrown in there. But see, it was a reason given. Yeah. And I remember none of this because production for me is just a blur of color at this point. <laughs> it really is just I a blur am, of color I that I respond and react to. Brunch. Yeah. No, I remember nothing. I won't remember this in an hour. <laughs> he really won't. <laughs> like, there's no way at this point. But it's funny hearing about this, and that's the that's ironically the first thing it made me think of when I heard about the story. Because I was like, how do you go off on somebody and they just don't give a reason? Like, I shouldn't even have to ask you the reason why. You should be able to tell me right that moment why this was not why this mistake was made. Oh man, but yeah, I don't. I, I love that it, she ruined everything, but none of us can figure out how. None of us knew she ruined everything till we heard the story. You know, because they take stock in, in coining shit that doesn't matter. That's really what it is. And they think they just want to, they didn't get what they wanted. And that's a fatal flaw right there as creators. There's a big difference between not getting what you wanted and not getting what you wanted actually affecting things. And in her particular case, so she didn't say your catchphrase that forever. You, you need to at least explain why. And I also feel like a briefing is more relevant than a debriefing. A debriefing, it's like, all right, let's talk about what happened out there. At that point, I don't, I don't I hate debriefings. I'd rather have a briefing. Like in the beginning of a Call of Duty stage, I want the guy to show the map and tell me where in the and where where the where the people are attacking from or where the bombs and all that shit are. That's sort of what I mean. They should have briefed her and been like, look, a couple of really important things. We need you to say this catchphrase and not this one. The reason behind it 
is because this catchphrase will make this happen, which will help our investors and our sponsors or whatever. When you tell people why they're doing things, it helps them know why they're doing things, as opposed to if you just tell them to do something. Like, if I tell a kid, look, I left your lunch in the refrigerator. Whatever you do, if you microwave it, don't use the tin foil, and I just leave. It won't be as effective as I tell them, look, I left you stuff in the microwave. Whatever you do, don't use the tin foil. It blows the fuck up, and you could be killed. And I don't want to have to explain to child services after they scrape you off of the fucking walls because your skin's <laughs> melted that you couldn't put the fucking food in a Tupperware. <laughs> I promise you the likelihood of survival has greatly increased because one kid I don't know what description got me. because that's the kind of description you need <laughs> it's just it's a fucking scraping the kid off the wall oh god I'm crying holy shit that's what you would need they oh, totally get it I, I they just, would I totally get it you know what it is? It's As I opposed to, imagine, head. imagine the other, the only other outcome is, well, why the fuck do you do? Well, I didn't know that was going to happen. You're right. Because <laughs> I didn't tell you. I didn't oh, tell you. Oh, you're right. I can't argue. It's irrefutable. Even though I told you not to do it, if I ask you, why did you oh. do it? You're going to say, because I didn't know it was going to happen. But there's not a version oh, of me that exists that would leave you without that information. The real version of me would be like, you're going to get electrocuted. Do you know what happens if you get electrocuted? Well, I won't be able to see the bottom of you, but your eyeballs will pop out and your head will bust. Ever play Mortal Kombat? You know, Raiden's finisher? Uh, That'll be you. That's biologically what happens? That's real. Raiden's finisher is a shoot. <laughs> that's the only motherfucker in the game with a shoot fatality. It's a shoot fatality. That's what happens to you. Oh, God. You won't have to go to death row. <laughs> death row will come to you. That's what you do when and you don't want somebody don't to do something. Yeah, if you don't know, now you know. If the, if you <laughs> oh, if you don't want somebody to do something, yeah. you tell them all of the ramifications. You don't worry about somebody talking about some don't stick in that don't stick a fork in that outlet, and then don't tell them why. You tell them you don't stick a fork in that fork in that outlet because it's gonna shock you and then launch you across the fucking room. In my, <laughs> you're gonna hit the wall and die. <laughs> In my experience, the only time anybody ever really screws up is when they didn't understand just how bad the fuck up would be. And then they did it, and they're like, well, I didn't know. Yeah, you're right. I didn't tell you. That's where the phrase curiosity killed the cat. (laughs) You see, I've always lived by the code, and that's the reason why I've never had to worry about this kind of stuff. The code for me has always been, why? What's going to happen? That's just where I am with everything. Whatever you do, don't push this button. Why? What's going to happen? I want to know if I should be further away from the button, you know? Oh, no problem. It's just going to be a short flight from here to there. What's going to happen if it rains? You guys have like the shit set up for storm so it doesn't crash? What's going to happen is that everybody checked out. Like I'm a what's going to happen the first few times. I'm a fucking what's going to happen. It doesn't matter what it is. Full disclosure, back in the 80s when my family got our first microwave and they plugged that shit in, I said, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> Microwaves were new. It was a new thing. And I remember just looking at it. And that countdown was a tense moment for me. I don't trust shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust shit. I don't care. 
Until I see it working, I'm always wondering what's going to happen. So the only reason I don't get caught oh, in stuff like Renee is because I covered. Oh my god! <laughs> because I would have to. I ask everything. Vince would oh. hate me. He would. I bet you Vince wouldn't want me in in his ear anymore. It would be me in his ear, not the other <laughs> way around. Because I'm. I don't leave room for error. I'm too worried about. I feel like the world's shitty enough, and that too many bad things happen. Where I would have been like, "What happens, Vince, if I call him Gypsy King? Is somebody? Are gypsies watching? <laughs> like I. I ask." A lot of fucking questions and everything to make sure I have every single angle covered. So, oh my lord, that is my way of never having to worry about things. <laughs> you know, yeah. See, she had a oh. she had a sibling with a noodle fire and said that would never happen to me. Because I would ask what happened. <laughs> you know how many times we've died in video games because we didn't think what happens if I do this. Nope. Thank God I lived in a world of sci-fi and eighty shit. Because that just made real life more manageable by being extremely careful. Touch the stove. Tick, tick. That shit ticked twice. Nope. What is it? Is the third tick a boom? I don't know. Stop that too. Let the adults figure that shit out. Oh my God. I know two ticks. I'm alive. Three, I'm not sure. <laughs> I gave you a prime example since we since we uh we played it last year. Fucking Five Nights at Freddy's. You know how many people probably wondered what happens when Golden Freddy pop, pops in the room and you don't flip the camera up? There were some people who didn't ask what happens. I see, you know, spoop, game crash. Speaking of, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it leaving Game Pass soon. If it hasn't already, I got to try to get in there again, man. That sucks. I didn't even uh, get to. to... I, think the, I think the first four are, yeah. Oh my God. I'm not going to have time. Oh see, I never have time to do all of these. That sucks. Maybe, maybe we'll run it again. We have a Halloween athon this week. We'll be doing random Halloween content. Maybe if I have a chance, I'll try to run it one more time or something. I don't know. Because I really feel terrible that I didn't get to. Yeah. And I mean, even if. For some reason, if some reason we can't run through all four this time around, I know each one's only like eight bucks. Yeah, but free, nothing beats free. Yeah, nothing beats free. Though. All right. So let's talk about. Oh, my God. I finally recovered. Jesus Christ. We're, <laughs> we're going to do a bit of a flashback. Is it the one I think it is? It's it's the one that you think it is. Oh, here we go, boys and girls. Yeah, we have a lot to discuss here. This is probably going to be the main story besides Charlotte. So, Kylie Ray, yeah, has uh, she didn't show up. The last time we saw her was the October thirteenth Impact. That's the last time she was an Impact of last year. Yep, that was the last time she was an Impact. So anyway, she put out a tweet. Basically, I don't even know where to begin with her. I don't even know where to begin. She has a habit of leaving Actually, wrestling. Go ahead. I, 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 can, I can tell you a brief timeline. So, AEW, I remember a couple of years when they were starting up, she showed up at their first event, then disappeared. Next up, Impact was there for a few months, was supposed to wrestle De- Deanna Perrazzo at Battle for Glory. Disappeared. Then, she reappears and says, hey, I'm signing with the NWA. Is this this where, uh, is the, okay, so when was the last time she returned? The one before the flash? Last time she returned was when she announced she was signing with the NWA. Okay, and this is the one that that I'm about to play? Yeah, this one is, um, because, spoiler, she disappeared again. This is me, and I know there was some. This is actually, yeah, this was after it was announced she was coming back. So she left for mental health issues a couple of times, right? And I know every time she left, we got some negativity for this episode. This was my reaction. This was Destin and my reaction when we got news. I don't know how long ago was this. I don't even know how long ago this was. This was um 
Almost a year. So almost a year ago, this was our reaction when we found out that after mental health issues, she self-diagnosed herself as cured. Actually, wait, no, this was only a few months ago. Good Lord, it feels oh. like a year. Okay. Okay, yeah, this this was uh this was four sixty one. Okay. Friend blink. Kylie Ray. It's been announced that she has now signed with the NWA. They had their when our shadows fall pay per view. Yeah, what are they like? A, what are they like? A late nineties metal band? I mean, apparently. So they, anyway, they, they, they perform in front of a crowd smaller than Arsenal. So I mean, she signed with the NWA recently. For anyone that doesn't recall who this is, she's the person who was at the original press conference. What was it like a pool conference that they did? Like a poolside conference for AEW? Yeah. And she was sort of introduced as like their version of like a Bailey, like this fun loving character. And it made like a big deal out of her. Even Cody took a jab at Bailey where he said like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like none of that fake shit, you know, like, you know, and, and so that being said, uh, she requested her release from AEW, citing various issues. Then she went to or Impact. I even got rolling. Mm-hmm, before it even started. Then went to Impact and, uh, Basically, she said that she was no longer going to be wrestling because she was quote unquote unwell, even though she was on her contract right before Bound for Glory, right before she had a championship match. And I believe didn't was the whole thing. Nobody even knew, I guess. Yeah. So she was going to. uh so she was bound for glory. That's a big deal because it's like one of their big pay per views. It's like it's, and it's a no no, and all that aside, it's a no no in the business of wrestling to no show. If you if you didn't learn that from what happened with the Steve Austin situation, you learned that from what happened with the Jeff Jarrett situation. If you didn't learn it from there, you learned it from the Warrior situation. But to be honest with you, this is my first case of us not telling someone who just walked off on a show or on something they're playing on to go fuck themselves, and that bothers me because when Stone Cold did it in wwe because he didn't want to lose to brock lesnar in the first round of survivor series and he didn't feel that that was good money they still had the rock come out and bury no disrespect to the rock but they had the rock come out and bury probably the greatest wwe superstar of all time when Jared someone who literally saved the company blackballed him on live television and he by his own admittance says that it was not in good taste for him to do that and that they should have went about it differently you never hear positive things about people leaving a company no matter what but because this is a, a, a unwell quote-unquote unwell issue we're sort of giving it a pass so what happened to my understanding was that uh she was on the contract with impact wrestling but pw insider is reporting that nwa and impact worked out a deal to allow her to sign with nwa and uh, she would, like you said, she was supposed to take on Deanna Peraza for the knockouts title at Bound for Glory, but she no-showed the event. It's just so weird that we, the, the new world, that goes to show how much the world changed, that you could be apologetic about somebody missing a live pay-per-view. You, you know what I mean? One of the year, too, not even like one of your throws. A live pay-per-view, man. Like, that is really nuts. They said that she spoke to some people in Impact Wrestling over the weekend, and she apologized for quitting. Well, if she apologizes, then I guess that makes everything okay, right? What do you think? All I'm saying, we've had people at my job just no-show and then quit. They don't come back. And if they do, we make it really fucking uncomfortable. And usually your next employer will ask you, why did you leave your last job and you can't go back to them for a reference? But no, she just apologized. I mean, you know, even if this affects other people, if you apologize, then... uh, that makes everything okay. Now, to be clear, I don't know if this girl actually had mental problems. 
I don't know what she was going through, but at the same time, and I said this on social media recently, I think that anytime anyone leaves any position, whether voluntarily, whether being a volunteer position, whether it be a job position, any position that you leave where you have a regular function in life and you leave it and you cite mental health before you're given any other positions or tasks, it should be a requirement for you to present a full mental evaluation because you can't have it both ways, which a lot of people that cite mental health do. They basically cite mental health and then they want you to have empathy towards their condition. But then when they feel that they, 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 they may feel better, they're going to say stuff like, oh, well, uh, I feel better now. So I should be able to come back. How do we know? You were the one who tried to convince us that we need to understand mental health and the way mental health works is a very serious condition. And in order for you to fix it, it takes years of therapy that you go to a therapist. What did you do? This whole thing of sitting under the sun, having a couple of Nathan's Franks and then saying that you fucking feel better doesn't work for me. Because if you're asking me to research mental health, which I did, I have a full knowledgeable understanding of the steps that it takes to recover from that shit. So it bothers me that people who have mental health issues want you to be sympathetic and empathetic towards their mental health issues. But then you have to be sympathetic and empathetic toward our our plight here, our situation. Okay, we can't employ someone who just cited mental health issues unless they get psychological or mentally evaluated. And no one who has ever admitted they have mental health issues should feel offended by that. They're the ones that constantly explain to us and shove down our throat how we need to be more understanding and insightful about mental health issues. So that's what I'm doing. I'm saying that if you ever felt that you had a mental health issue that put you to the point where you're mentally unwell in doing something, then from the point where you made that public statement forward, you should be required to have some sort of a mental evaluation just to show that you're okay. You're okay now? Why? How? What made you okay? We, how many times in this show have we talked about how I don't like when people do that shit, when they leave? Didn't I? You know what? I wish I would have played my own drop from the last time we talked about her leaving where I said, I hope that this isn't going to be a thing where in a few months we hear that she comes back with no explanation as to what kind of fucking help she sought or what she did or how things have improved. Didn't I fucking just say that about her when she left? Yes, word for word. Word for word. I said, I hope that this isn't just one of those situations where she just pops back up and, oh, I'm okay now. And that's it. I'm sorry. Fuck that shit. I'm really tired of people leaning on mental health to, 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 get, a, to get a freaking pass. I'm not going to watch her matches. I'm boycotting this girl's matches. I'm turning off the TV, changing the volume, muting it. If she's ever somewhere that I give a shit about, which she's not. But if she ever is, I'm not going to watch her matches. I don't want this crazy chick on my television set. You know? And luckily for her, I mean, she's in NWA, which nobody watches that shit, so... But no, I'm sorry, but this is, you give people too much of a pass. I'm not, you can't have it both ways. You can't on one hand tell me that I gotta acknowledge your mental health issues and, 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 and respect them. And then on the other hand, we just fucking let you back when you feel better. Oh, I went off for a smoothie and now I'm okay. Fuck off. Oh, I took a couple of days. I streamed for a couple of days. I was playing freaking Mirror's Edge. I don't give a shit. Go get some mental health. If you have a mental health issue, it should not be something that you can just heal with time off and bed rest. Like she's not, she's not talking about it like she just had an off day. Like, she no-showed one match and then just quit a company before it even it's only, got started. It's only a matter of time before they have to pull this chick off of another fucking ceiling. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm literally waiting for, like, I, I'm already got the countdown in my head. Okay, what what NWA event is she going to no-show and then be like, oh, you know, my mental health. And I don't mean literally for anyone to think that. I mean, like, literally, like, her climbing walls was the, was the thing there. And I'll be taking her arm. You know, it's only a matter of time. It's fucking crazy. I'm going to say it. 
And as much as people say, oh, you don't have a right to people's health issues or whatever, it is when they're citing it as the reason why they're gone. People invest in these fucking companies, whether you invest your time or your money in having the station or network that they're a part of or whatever, or, your, or their shirts or going to the events, you invest in these companies. When you decide you're going to become a public figure, you, you, you basically, out of respect for your fans, you owe them some sort of a fucking explanation. Not just merging and out of and, and, and unmerging out of out of existence like that. Oh, she's so sweet. She has such a nice face and she's so wonderful. I don't give a shit about that. Aren't you tired, Destin, of people in this world hiding and being able to get by with shit because of that guy's a smiling and being adorable and sweet? <laughs> I don't care how much you smile and you're adorable and sweet and you're you're a fuck face if you if you if you know show an event. You fuck face. Especially because Impact took the time to build an angle. Took time to put together a promo package. Ran said promo package during the last impact, during the pre-show of Bound for Glory, right before that match of Bound for Glory. Ran her music. Nothing. Yeah, it's garbage. You know how many people go to go to work that don't want to or do shit they don't want to, but they have to get their sick, don't feel well people and their family might be in the hospital while they're working or or they might have lost somebody and they just can't take the fucking time or don't want to or they do what they have to do and she's given a fucking spot like that and she leaves and doesn't fucking explain herself and she just pops up in three companies now with a pass this is the kind of girl who needs a wwe system because it does provide a level of of discipline i i'd almost i'd almost compare to something like the military because who the fuck goes around no showing events and doing all this and not even so much as an explanation and everybody's cheering her on like she's Billy playing the fucking trumpet in American Pie 1. You know, everybody's cheering her fucking on. For what? Prop to you, girl. You no-showed normal. Oh, you no-showed and didn't explain nothing and now you're back. You spoke to a few people. Fuck that, man. I'm really tired of this. You know, as much as Cody threw jabs at Bailey, Bailey seemed pretty well put together. The fake one here seems to be her. She talking about being the fake Bailey motherfucker, Bailey, Bailey, damn near the real Kylie Ray. Bailey carried that entire company through a pandemic. This chick has been the pandemic. She got sick before everybody else. Twice. It's like, why is everybody kissing her ass? Do we even know who the fuck she was before AEW had picked her up from whatever mustard packet they found her in? I know I fucking didn't. Who the fuck is she? Can somebody explain to me who the fuck she was? Had any of you ever seen her before she went by the pool? You know, the Who the, the fuck was she, and why should I care? Who have never no showed an event? Some fucking chick that just showed no showed an event, and now it's like we report every time she pops up somewhere. I don't even know what her fucking finisher is. <laughs> it's the no show. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what she should call it, right? The no show. She fucking literally that's her finisher. She goes with the anything goes from Sia Thomas final attack. <laughs> 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 Ready, set, run away. Oh my god. <laughs> It's funny how many times we, we It's funny how many times we we brought, we brought up the anything goes Sayatoma final attack based on speed based on speed cunning and stealth in other words run away until you have a better idea <laughs> She went with the Sayatoma final attack based on speed cunning and stealth and I can just see fucking Kylie just fucking trying to stealth away out of the bridge she's like a wrestle Dude, she may as well just start doing like Mr. Saying, oh, I have a stomach. Oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> Kylie, ooh. Kylie, ooh. Kylie, ooh. <laughs> She's going to start Mr. Sataning around wrestling companies. Oh, my God. What the fuck was that shit? <laughs> Yeah. We're gen- Yo, we're gender swapping everything, right? Fuck it. Let's gender swap Mr. Satan. Kylie Ray likes anime, right? She could be the next Mr. Satan. 
That's the closest character she is. She's yeah, avoiding. Nice is right, though. At least he showed up. <laughs> That's true. Mr. Satan stepped up. He went out there and threw 16's head when he needed to. <laughs> he ran out in the middle of a battlefield throwing a fucking android head. I wouldn't throw no android head. She was already the fake Bailey. Fuck it. She'll be the fake Satan. You know? He even helped out with God. He even helped out. He even helped with all with God and wishes and things. What did she do? You, you got. Yeah, what you gotta do? You gotta make it authentic. You gotta give her the fucking view that they gave her in the Bruce Falcon version. She pumping pops in. Everywhere she goes, she gotta do the laugh. I want her to have the original. She's Mr. Sataning her way across things. She's holding on the left and right triggers on Final Fantasy. And you know what? Fuck it. Those those shirts don't sell anymore. Give her a freaking cut out of the old Jordan Miles T-shirt with a smile on. Just put that as a belt. (laughs) I'm not gonna be nice anymore, man. I'm sorry. I know I'm gonna get a heat. That's why I was gonna skip this. But you know what? That shit bothers me. It should not be okay. She should have to present some sort of psychological evaluation or be seen by somebody because of the fact that this is not just about her. This is about other people's lives and careers. And it's just been really muddy. It doesn't look good. It reflects fucking badly. And I'm tired of it. It's like the elephant in the room that we're not allowed to say because God forbid we hurt Kylie Ray's feelings. Because she might disappear again. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. You know, but again, if someone could tell me who she is, who the fuck was she before that? She literally used a press conference to get notoriety. I'll be so pissed if she sucks. Like she used a press conference on the fact that she was coming out to the Pokemon theme song. That was he apologized. That's the only thing I remember about that about that conference. I was like, "Wow, she came out to the fucking Pokemon theme song." That's a mental case right there, man. What the no show and the Pokemon theme song? Yeah, well, well both. <laughs> <laughs> She's off her damn rocker. This is right though. Like, what if she doesn't like the crowd reaction? Holy shit! Are you kidding? She's a few cans short of a six pack. She has one Duracell in reverse, and the remote's not working. <laughs> Well, I'm not. No more sympathy. Out 76 at no launch. more sympathy. I'm just sick of hearing about this. Every time I scroll across something, it's like we're celebrating someone who has accomplished nothing. What titles does she have? You know what? I'm looking her up. I'm going to spend more time on this than we have because that's how pissed off I am. I'm looking her up. I want to see who the fuck this was before that. Told you we start out with the fun stuff, people. It's just about to get fun real fucking quick. I should have done this before, but I don't really have the time to look up every crazy person that runs away from something. <laughs> Translation, we don't have time for Kylie Ray. Because I'm pretty sure she's the only person I've ever known. Good Lord. Like, damn. <laughs> I just don't want to watch. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I've never been so saturated. Some Brianna Ray Sperry, 92. Riley Ray. Trained, trained by Bryce Benjamin and Booker T. Debuted oh, in 2016. <laughs> she was on. She, she made her debut on Booker T's thing. March 19th, Reality of Wrestling. Defeating Irie Robin. Then she was in Warrior Wrestling 3 in 2019. She had a trial with WWE in 2018. So I guess she already hit that, that bullet too. Um, 2019, she went to freelance wrestling. And in 20, so her biggest accomplishment was September 12, 2020. She defeated Tessa Blanchard to win the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship. It was so funny about that. I remember following Tessa on social media when she won that title. I never knew who she lost it to. That's- and then after that, she showed up in AEW. So she hasn't done anything. That is unreal. She's just some rookie to Booker T train. She has she she broke before she got out of the freaking assembly factory. Someone needs to send her ass to the land of misfits toys. How many fucking months away from Christmas are we? Wait, 
See, see that 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 that's the toy that gets donated, but gets picked last. You were the last kid off the short bus, and I was like, man, that's all we got. Well, fuck. Why am I such a misfit? I am not just a nitwit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Now I'm in the Christmas spirit, thanks to her. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what that means? It's the return of the ghost of Christmas. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You know, now I gotta go see Rudolph when he hangs out with the with the misfit toys. <laughs> we gotta Photoshop Kylie Ray on one of them. You know what you do? You fucking oh my god! <laughs> it hit me. You fucking you 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 fucking Photoshop her head on the fucking spider toy from fucking Toy Story One. Yeah, broken toys, man. Broken fucking toys. And again, I, I again, I don't care if people say, "Oh, I'm not being sympathetic. Or I'm being an asshole." Whatever. You know what, man? You're being an asshole, setting a fucking example like that to let somebody who clearly has mental health just gallivant around or gallivant around, rather, like an asshole. After two times, somebody who's encouraging her, and I said this before, should have gotten her fucking help. Make sure she's okay the third time. Third time's a charm. She'll stick with it this time. Eh. Yeah, if she was a teacher, that wouldn't be tolerable. You see, Stasis makes a good point. Like, what if that was a teacher? What if that's somebody or a police officer or something? Everybody else is re- is required to, or even an actor, even an actor or somebody on Broadway. Everybody else has to, like, fulfill their obligations to some extent. And yet, things happen every now and then. And we gave her the one pass that was really weird, that I bit my tongue about with AEW. But now two, now three? Now she's here three times again? You know how much shit they gave Sasha Banks for when she left? Somebody who paid their dues, that literally went through developmental, that had multiple fucking titles, carried people, elevated people with her. You know what I mean? That was literally a draw, one of the first female draws. And you know how much shit her own fan base and the entire wrestling community gave Sasha for wanting to fucking step away? Charlotte gets shit all the time whenever she takes a couple of fucking weeks off. But this no-name motherfucker here who hasn't ever won any title better than the ones I win in the games gets to take vacations all the time. Right before, like, the most important scenarios. You know what we should do, man, to make her feel better? Did you get your COVID relief check? You should give it to her. She needs it more than you do. Because she's <laughs> Kylie Ray. Uh, nah. What are you drinking nah. right now? Maybe you should just fucking send it to her, too. She needs it more than you. You're not allowed to send liquid. Send her your food. I mean, she needs I'm it more than is, you uh, do. If she wants this empty spark can, she can have it. But Yeah, I'm drinking half a Diet Coke here. The other half want to throw out the fucking picture from my screen. See, I worry, but I feel like knowing my, drip is, knowing my luck is going to be one drop left. And I'm not, really, I'm not willing to risk it for this bitch. This is the kind of chick that dickheads like Jordan will make excuses for. Well, you gotta understand. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and then working at Twin Peaks restaurants for no fucking reason. It takes 15 minutes to. Shit like this oh. made people that we formerly used to associate people that I fucking loathe. You know what I mean? They make me seethe my fucking. <laughs> in my soul. You know? Yeah, this is really Always making fucking excuses for being punk asses. Punk asses. No, no, I never actually say the person's name. I just say the last time. They I'll were say whatever name. Whatever, nobody calls us out over here anymore. Some of y'all out there learn. Don't do that shit. Raise the gates. Let them in. Fuck it. <laughs> Forbidden podcast door. Let's go. Unbelievable. Somebody get that girl some help. Get yeah, some Robitussin. Maybe I'll take Robitussin. Robitussin, I'll punch in the stern of one or one the other. I don't give a shit. Yeah, so I, but no, but we, we give her a pass because she's a sympathetic character. <laughs> no, they give her a pass. If this was Angel, she'd be Fred, you know? If this was Buffy, she'd be Willow before Powers. She's that person, you know? Not too popular. 
adorable so what loser. you're saying is she paid money for Mayweather versus Paul. <laughs> oh, no. Not that again. Yeah. That again. And now here we are. <laughs> that again. <laughs> I forgot how funny some of the shit we said was. I forgot all of it. That was me hearing oh, it for the first shit. time. I, I didn't review the it. The Hercule reference in there. That was awesome. I, after you gave me the timestamp, I haven't reviewed it. I just pulled it. So, you know, I that's I don't oh remember a lot God. of that. I don't disagree with much of it. All of much? it. Much? I don't disagree with any of it. Yeah, no. I, you I'm know why? Because we're here again. I'm glad that I have that because, uh, you know, I feel like it's uh, it saved me a lot of energy. Yeah. Everything he said. <laughs> you know, like really. But no, seriously, I I am shocked. I can't even say I'm shocked, man. I'm not. No, don't don't lie. Don't lie. We've seen it happen now three times. Nobody's shocked anymore. This is the reason why in that flashback, I was saying that someone who has mental health issues shouldn't be allowed to self-diagnose themselves as cured. Because how do they know? Was I wrong? She thought she'd be cured in her thing. She says she thought she'd be cured by the weekend. Didn't even, does she even understand how mental... <laughs> does she even understand what she's saying? I don't think she does. But the point being, before we go any further, let's hear how she wound up leaving this time. I'm going to read the entire thing and then we can break it down. Due to unforeseen circumstances, I will not be able to perform at Freelance Underground and NWA this weekend, nor AAW next weekend. Unfortunately, I found myself in a relapse situation and need some time for recovery. This has been going on since late August and has gradually regressed since then. I tried holding this in and working through the pain, doing my best to fulfill commitments, but it's become too much and needed help. I've been having a difficult time differentiating what is real and what is fake, especially in these types of environments. Regretfully, I tried masking the pain through marijuana and alcohol. I have tried to be as open as I can with all of you about my mental health struggles, but I was not being honest with the unhealthy coping mechanisms I adapted. For that, I'm deeply sorry. Graciously, with the help of loved ones, I've been working towards sobriety again. I was hoping things would be better by this weekend, but this doesn't seem to be a quick fix. At this time, I'm seeking further help and I'm hoping to come back a healthier version of myself. I wanted to apologize for any issues this causes. I wanted to thank companies like Freelance, Freelance Underground, NWA, AAW for being so understanding and patient throughout this time. You should add AAW in there again just for, you know. Anyway, moving forward, I would like to express my gratitude for all of you and the, the contentious support and compassion you have given me, whether you were able to understand or not. I always felt your empathy and can't thank you enough for that. Would love always. Thank you respectfully, Brianna Sparry. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. Just parts of it that stood out to me. You can give whatever feedback you want. But let's start with at the top. Due to unforeseen circumstances, I will not be able to perform. We foreseen, we foreseen <laughs> these circumstances. There was nothing unforeseen about this. We literally called it. My house, that's unforeseen. That's an unforeseen circumstance. <laughs> if I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, I'm getting on a plane in a few hours. If a raccoon gets caught in a fucking engine, that's unforeseen. The same tree from like a year ago fell on our boy AC's house twice. That's unforeseen circumstances. We seen this. We're not doing a podcast about squirrels or AC's tree. We're doing one about Kylie Ray. 
only a few short months after we said this was going to happen. I'm not a prophet. I didn't go to the top of a mountain and some guy gave me a scroll and I came down here and I'm reading it to all of you. This was common sense. There was no reason for that, like unforeseen. So we're going to stop right there. I don't want to be here all night, so we're going to move a little bit ahead. So then she says that this has been going on since late August and that she can't differentiate what's real and what's fake, especially in these environments. That's super dangerous because we don't want her shoot hitting people. But then trying to blame like substance abuse and marijuana use and alcohol is the drugs. Like, so I was so crazy that I used drugs to cure myself. This goes back to what I was saying about self-diagnosing. I blame her fans and all of the snowflakes in the world that were encouraging and supportive. Whenever anyone taps out because of mental health or runs back in because of mental health, the fact that no one questioned her returning, no one questions if she was really okay. So they've therefore the addiction problem, the alleged addiction problem was able to fly under the radar. Why was this person able to get addicted? Because we were the only people asking, how is she okay? Why is she able to self-diagnose herself as okay? No one questioned what her methods or process was of being okay was before she went to work with live living people in a ring where someone can get injured and people started booking her again. In the good faith of this SJW snowflake world we live in, not one fucking person questioned what her process was to get better. If people get concussions, we question the tests. If somebody's neck or back is injured, we question the, 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 the freaking x-rays. Whenever somebody's come back from injury and it's been serious, we have always had them question, what is the process that you did that shows that you're cured and that this isn't going to be an issue going forward? But this woman has mental health issues left on the day of shows and came back without anybody running a test or seeing anything, the mental equivocal to what we do, would do for a physical athlete. In this situation, this is the reason why this happened to her. No one questioned if she was really okay. Now she's coming back and she's saying, well, I have an addiction problem because I was using it to mask my mental health issues. She wouldn't have been able to develop an addiction problem if the fucking people who were encouraging her to return and just popping because she was back would have asked her what she was doing. Maybe she would have been like, I'm smoking weed and drinking a lot. And then no one fucking asked. Everyone's just like, all right, she's back. Yay. No one fucking asked, dude. No, not one fucking person on the planet asked what she did to come back to wrestling. Can you believe that? Yes. It's like, I can't even because be like she revealed happy. to us all that well, I, I, I was addicted to alcohol and marijuana. Well, you know what? I can't blame you. No one fucking asked you. No one asked you how you're okay. You didn't even have, it was so busy encouraging and not one fucking person asked what she was doing to be okay. They never fucking questioned it. That's the world that we live in. We're the bad guys for looking at this from a logical standpoint of what you're supposed to do, not only to keep her safe or prevent her from having the addiction that she now has, but also the people she's getting in the fucking ring with. Why are we a society that prioritizes people's fucking feelings over necessity of safety? Can someone explain this shit to me? How a girl managed to go through the system, no call, no show a job, leave with mental health issues, and then fucking cite herself as okay, self-diagnose, and return and then go, hi, I'm addicted. It's incredible. 
And what does she? And what happens when she leaves now? Everyone, take your time, Kyrie. We all know that it takes time. I've also dealt with mental health issues. I'm someone who suffers from it. Me too. We me too. Every fucking thing. I also suffer from. It. Nobody is asking anything or any. Nobody's reaching. And no one's actually giving good fucking advice of what you would do in this situation. They encourage you going or coming. It doesn't matter what you do. As long as you do it in the public eye and they could fucking see it, they're going to encourage it because they get to see it. It's cheaper that way than paying you. It just blows my mind that this is the way the fucking world is working now. No one saw the error in their ways. No one held any fucking accountability for that shit, man. I can't believe that no one stepped up and went, man, when she first said she came back, we really should have made sure she was okay. It's just like, no, she has to fucking tell, take the ball and go home again and, and basically apologize. You know, everyone should apologize. She should apologize. You guys should apologize to her just as much. The fucking supporters are so busy defending her to big, bad, angry, opinionated fucking people that nobody actually helped her. So what's more fucking effective, I ask you? Being highly opinionated and high strong and aggressive with your opinions about effective methods of getting shit done right or being someone who just fucking defend because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings? Ask your fucking precious Kylie Ray that you all love so much that you encouraged into the fucking situation she's in right now. Unbelievable, man. I feel like it was unbelievable the first time. This is what, third, fourth? I believe it at this point because a lot of people ain't gonna like what I'm about to say. I could give a flying fuckity fuck 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 fuck. But she ain't built for this fucking business. Okay? No, she's not. The reality of the situation is I'm about to get real, really quick. I. Yeah, yeah, okay, she she wants to talk about the drugs and the alcohol. Why didn't she mention that the first fucking two times? You know why? Because it didn't fucking exist. Here's the reality. Quit booking the bitch. You know why? Because she ain't built for this shit. There's motherfuckers out there with... I, in fact, it's kind of funny how I have to reference this documentary again. Nail in the Coffin on 2 TV. It's a documentary about Vampiro. That's somebody who had mental health issues. But guess what? Vampiro didn't just take a goddamn day off. The motherfucker manned up, dealt with his shit, Got through his show and then dealt with it later. What'd she do? Oh, we're gonna put you um in the in, in a marquee match at our WrestleMania Power for Glory. Doesn't show up. Oh, we're gonna sign you to NWA. You know that company that people like Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and fucking Sting wrestled into. Doesn't show up. Now she's in these fucking companies where it's like we don't even know who the fuck they are. Doesn't show up. AEW when they're first doing their thing and they're showing some of the big names, it goes in. She shows to the press conference, time to wrestle. Doesn't show up. The bitch is not built for the fucking business. Get your shit together. Grow a spine. Man the fuck up. But and, and either way, and either way, because you mentioned you don't care, and I think that's my problem. I do care. I care. I, I care so much. I built the wrestling pocket. I care about the business. I care about the people in it. Yeah, believe it. I care about Kyrie. But that's how I care. I don't care with encouragement. I think that's stupid. I don't care by encouraging people with no direction. Oh, you know, I, I, I hope that uh, everything's okay. I take as much time as you need. No, man, that's not how you do it. That shit doesn't work. What proves it is that she keeps boomeranging back and forth. If that fucking method was effective, you idiots out there, then don't you think she would have fucking benefited from it by now? Why does it keep happening to her if what you're saying is the right fucking advice? Like, here's the thing. I care the first time. I maybe care the second time. Like you know, but that's the thing. For you like to hit people with reality nowadays, and people are scared to say these things, though. So no one's getting the fucking help that they need because whenever somebody does something like that, you can't say these things. If it was a regular person, a regular job, and this wasn't now nowadays, you could not tell someone that you're not going to fucking work without any notice and thank your boss and then keep your job. They shit can you before you sent the thank you. 
It was called No Call No Show. And this is someone who's being paid a tremendous amount of money. And like I said, I get it. Let's just say that I try to be empathetic toward the first time it happens. I understand that you're having mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera. But then there should be an official process to be reinstated into the sport, whether in the independence or in, or in AEW or wherever the fuck you're going. They need to check you because you said you had mental health issues. Now you're just back. Okay. And it turns off surprise. Just like we said in the flashback, you're not fucking okay. You're on drugs. I don't think they're really drugs. I think that it's fine, which is kind of funny. It's legal everywhere. Don't try to bury marijuana now that we're getting legal everywhere. But you, but you know what I mean? Alcohol also bad. Very bad. But I don't, I find this to be just another thing to blame. You know? I find it to be just another thing to blame. And then, like, the whole I've tried to be as open as I can with all of you about my mental health str- struggles, but I wasn't being honest <laughs> about my coping medicine. That's bullshit. You, you haven't been transparent at all. Or honest about anything. We literally have no idea what happened. With, even going back to AEW. It was it's basically, it's Kyrie's business. And, you know, it, it's like, no, when you're in the public eye and you do a conference like that, you're promising shit to people. You can't just do that, man. Sure, you can. But then I could do this. You know what I mean? You can't, on one hand, I can't say something like, look, I don't think that you should or could do what you did. And you say, well, I did it anyway. Well, then I did this anyway. It works both ways. Technically, you can no call, no show in an independent wrestling. Technically, you can get a lot of supporters who don't actually help you solve your problem, but just encourage you to take time and without giving you any direction or anything to do. But technically, I could be on the opposing side, even if in the minority, which I'm used to being, I've been my whole fucking life, and just basically say, hey, this is all bullshit. I personally don't like being in the majority because I don't like feeling like I'm part of a bigger mob. So mob the shit out of me if need be. But I don't see a proper solution here. And I blame people for allowing that. You give people too much space when they have mental health issues. What's happening is none of their business. What they did to fix it is none of our business. Why they're leaving again is nobody's business. No, nothing's anybody's business. We could just, you could just cryptically, what stops people from no issues? Because there are people who are accusing her of just wanting attention. I'm not saying that's what it is, but what stops there being people who actually are doing that shit for attention from doing it? If you could just do it whenever you want. They're clearly seeing from you that there's no consequences. Too many times. And then, of course, we have this, uh, the, the, the signature fucking Kyrie ending where she wants to thank all the companies and blah, 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 and blah, blah. Stevie wondering it through this shit as if she's ever done something when really she, you know, at the end of the day, she spent more time apologizing to wrestling companies than actually contributing anything to them. Somebody out there right now has any issue with that statement. Name your favorite Ky- Ky- Kylie Ray match. I'll wait. The one that she fucking shows up. When it's, it, it's one, like I said before, it's one thing when it happens one time. Let's just say it happens more than once. If I'm getting an actual reason, some kind of like, it's like literally back to what we said, some kind of logic behind it. Okay. When it when it comes but to the point then, that you're like she, a she, she'll have a mental health health episode, and guarantee in like three weeks from now we're gonna hear, oh, Kylie Ray sounds like she's ready to come back. Yeah, when it gets to the point that you're becoming like a rare drop or a rare roll, when I have to be like. I feel like there was Kyrie Ray spawning around here yesterday. Then there's an issue. Jesus. We get the dragons from Skyrim. Somebody did a Macho Man Randy Savage mod of it. Give me a Kylie Ray mod. And before anybody. And before anybody tries to isolate it, like if it's just my opinion, let's read some of the comics just from Ringside where they had this, this report up. I'm not even going to put any names here. She should find another career. Surprise, she lasted That's this the first long. one. Surprised she lasted this long. Another weak-minded snowflake. Marijuana, really? Lay off the alcohol and double up on the, ma- on the weed. 
it's hard to have sympathy when she does this all the time. At some point, you got to think to yourself she's doing it all for attention. Wrestling is not for her. I wonder if Kylie Ray would la- would have lasted in the WWF, NWA, and the other territories in the 1980s with a 52-week, 300-day schedule, not counting double shots on weekends. When your system is out of whack, you don't need hospitals and pills. Work with a nutritious and nourished body and mind with good food and take example what Dashwood does on on her on her Instagram. If that doesn't give someone peace of mind to see real life, can even do it solo. No cell phone, a regular picture camera. Life is a marathon. This guy's a little savage. He's, she's a little squirt nugget fool. Probably just as sick of her shit as I am. She's a little she's squirt nugget fool. Who can't handle stardom or the amount of opportunities that have been given to her. Not just from NWA, not just from Impact, but AEW. Cody had given her tremendous praise for her talent and had mentioned on plans in giving her a giant push, but she just backed out like a scared little bitch. If she can't handle golden opportunities that has been given to her multiple times, then she should go find herself a new career. As much as people say that, Tony Khan dodged a bullet. About 10 of them. Not having the her kooky ass around. At this point, let's be fucking real. You book her for your show, there's a chance she might show up. I've never seen somebody where you, where you book them where you book them to your, for your show or you sign them to a contract. And then the clause, you have a backup plan in case so-and-so doesn't show. Like, holy shit. Tessa Blanchard had probably one of the worst attitudes we showed, we, we've heard of in the game. But guess what? Nobody ever had to have a plan B for when Tessa was booked for a show. You know what I think the best comment I've heard about this is? Hit me. And the person doesn't even realize that the comment is out there. Because the comment isn't out there. I'm about to put it out there. But, so, how, how can I explain this to you? So, when I came across this story, I guess I'll have to just take you into this flashback. When I came across this story, <laughs> when I came across this story, I was sitting at yeah, my have desk. Yeah, fucking button ready every time we have to do the flashback. I was sitting at my desk reading it. And I'm paraphrasing here, but I looked at my wife. She was preparing G Fuels. Right. Which anyone doesn't know, you take the little scooper, take the powder, put it into your shaker, seal it, and then you shake it. Right. He was making G Fuels. And I paraphrased what happened. She was like, what is it? What are you looking at? Because I kind of laughed. I went, oh, <laughs> like I did one of those looking at my screen. Oh, oh. I forgot. <laughs> what? What is it? I don't even want to get into it. What? And I said, fine. I explained to her, Kyrie Ray, after all that shit, she came back. She self-diagnosed and she's okay. Remember who said she was okay? Well, now she's not. She left again. Right. And she just shook her head and she said, fucking dipshit. And uh, I'm not putting fucking dipshit over as the comment of the year with the Kylie Ray thing. But it was what came afterwards that really put this whole fucking situation into perspective for me. She put the G Fuel down on the table, said, shook her head about what I said and said, fucking dipshit. Tighten your lid before you shake it. And for a moment, I couldn't tell if she was talking about the fucking G Fuel or Kyrie Ray. Swear to God, Destin, that is a work story. She said, fucking dipshit. Tighten your lid before you shake it. And I was still looking at a picture of Kyrie Ray, and I wasn't sure. I had to, oh, you mean the G Fuel. Congratulations, Stasis. That's the episode name. Tighten your lid before you shake it. If you have mental health issues and you need to take some time off, that's fine. But at the end of the day, tighten your lid before you shake it. Otherwise, you're going to wind up with G Fuel suds every fucking where. 
or Kylie Ray know it's your new event? Loosely, motherfucker. Like, I pretty much <sighs> knew when I looked at that G Fuel that this was going to be episode 488. Tighten your lid before you shake it. With a picture of this chick. There's nothing else it could have been. Because I thought we were still talking about Kyrie Ware. I forgot I was about to drink G Fuel. Just for the record, I am not writing down any more titles for the rest of the episode because that's the fucking one. Every single time I have a G Fuel, I think of crazy motherfuckers now. Because I always tighten my lid before I shake it. Like I could never have one again without thinking about all these nuts. All these nuts and then fucking Queen Cashew over here. She didn't tighten her lid before she shook it. Fucking loose wall in women's wrestling. I can't deal with this shit. Isn't that poetic in a sick sort of way? Yes. That is beautiful. Because that's what we're going to have from now on. It was coined here. Whenever we need to talk about somebody like that, we're going to make sure that they tighten their lid before they shake it. Translation, whenever we have to talk about Kylie Ray, because it seems to be the only person we deal with this shit with. Make sure she tightens her lid before she shakes it. And I know this is harsh, but I'm just saying... I feel this is the it's way that hard. I feel it's about this. It's fucking real. It's the fourth you time know? she's done this shit. Somebody has to say these things, man. Like, somebody's you know? gotta be fucking real. Get your shit together or find a new fucking profession. Like, somebody has to because, say because these Because things. some of us who, who have loved this shit for years and not had to deal with people dipping out on a fucking whim, kind of tired of it. Like, holy shit. Brian Pillman didn't show it, didn't no show a defense. You know why? It wasn't because of mental health issues. It's because he fucking died. This bitch has done this, what, three, four times now. You know what we should do? We should take two G Fuel flavors and mix them together and add. Oh, to Kylie. You took it. You t- <laughs> you took it. I was going to say add seltzer and a splash of lemon. <laughs> Call it the, the second you said 2G fool, I knew you were going to mix it out of those and then and then tighten your lid before you shake it. <laughs> Every time you fuck around and spill it and it goes everywhere, fuck it, Kylie. Oh God, man. You put that shit in urban diction. Fucking Kylie Ray when your lids ain't tight. I don't care what heat I get. People need to start fucking toughening up, man. Suck it up. Get your acts together. And so many people in this world don't get to do that. They have to go to work even physically ill. Some even dying. I drank and smoked too much, man. They would call that a weekend in the ghetto. And like I said, the main reason I don't buy it is because this is like the third time she's done this. Why is this just now fucking coming out? There's motherfuckers out here who do fucking fucking New Jack back in the day used to do a line of crack before every match. You think somebody had to wait to hear that shit? No, motherfuckers just knew. But then again, guess what? New Jack wasn't calling out for mental health issues. Imagine she comes back like a few months from now and nobody questions her again. And then it just, it turns, she's like, I have to leave again. It turns out that my addiction to crack was masking my I'm mental th- health This issues. is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make a vow. Y'all can clip it if you want to. Every time she comes back, I'm burying this bitch six times harder. She's going to be in China by the time I'm done with her. Right? We'll fucking punch a hole in the earth and it'll, and it'll take 50 episodes for it to blow up. I don't give a shit. Because fucking, now that I think about it, it's kind of funny when you mentioned mental health issues in the wrestling business. I think, you know, I'm not this one, but the one before, Dark Side of the Ring, it was on Luna Vachon. And Medusa mentions Luna Luna's mental health issues. Luna wasn't missing shows. Well, here's the deal. It's possible, and I don't know for sure, but just as a tinfoil theory here. It's possible that what if her mental, what she's perceiving since she did self-diagnose herself. It's not, let's, let's not forget. It's not like she went to a doctor and he's like, yep, mental health. 
you have specifically this, this, and this, and you need to take these medications. Let's say that she's self-diagnosing inaccurately. And what she's perceiving as mental health issues, people older than her would call getting too fucked up. Remember like when Scott Hall would get so fucked up in the locker room that he wouldn't be able to come out and perform or other people that we've heard about that were backstage or even Jeff Hardy? It sounds better and you get more sympathy if you tell somebody that you're dealing with mental health issues and your, your coping mechanism is marijuana and alcohol than to say, I got too fucked up on weed and bottles in my hotel room and now I can't perform. Read between the lines. Now here's something else that I'm going to just speculate about. And we'll probably never know the truth. I'm going to say that maybe somebody saw her inebriated somewhere or it somehow contributed to her behavior somewhere. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hearing about that part of it. Most of the time, the only time you ever hear people talking about how marijuana and alcohol affected them is when marijuana or alcohol publicly affected them. When's the last time you heard an athlete be like, yeah, I would like to thank my mother and everybody who helped me win. Also, you guys didn't notice, but I've been fighting demons like marijuana and alcohol. And I just don't want to take this victory without telling all of y'all. That's never been the way it's gone. It's always been mugshot first, explanation later. I think if we would erase the mental health problems from the middle of the paragraph and just have her not showing up at events for marijuana and alcohol use, it would match the criteria of a lot of other people. Looking at it from the flip side of things, who's to say that people of our past that we've known to pass out or get drunk in locker rooms. We're also suffering from mental health issues. Back during an era where no one gave a fuck. No one told you. No one had an SJW or Snowflake. So they didn't know that they had it. They were just... Scott Hall could have had mental health issues. That he was using alcohol to cope. But because we didn't have the structure that we have now in the world. Where everybody automatically is quick to say that. The people just said man this guy needs to really stop drinking. Could have been Jeff Hardy. Dark Maybe Jeff Hardy had shit that he was exactly going why Jake Roberts was so screwed up. Yeah Jake Roberts had... had a lot of a lot of problems. If you go to Dark Side of the Ring and you know Jake's whole story, nowadays, yeah. that would literally be now. If, if Jake's story happened nowadays, that would have all been mental health issues. People wouldn't have been like, "Oh, he was an alcoholic. He was a drug user," and blah blah. They would have been like, "He suffered from mental health and he was self medicating." Is how they would have perceived it. But because Jake is from the eighties and the seventies, we just wrap that story up with a nice neat bow and we say, oh, he was suffering from... So what my point is, is it could go both ways. It depends on your generation. If you're looking at it from a 2021 scope, then sure. I guess everyone who abuses substances is suffering from mental health issues because by default, everything you do is mental. And if you're not healthy, it becomes an issue. So it would be a mental health issue just by the definition of the way the words are structured. You can make anything into a mental health issue. You know, any shortcoming can be perceived as a mental health issue from a matter of perspective. And I don't like variables like that but if we're going to deal in variables like that then i will bring out the chart and i will use the formula and i'm going to say that that means that depending it's not even dependent on conditions or circumstances we're literally looking at an error dependent situation if you're from nowadays and you're fucking up it's mental health causing you back then they would skip that and just be like you're you're on drugs i think that anybody who's on drugs is probably using them as a coping mechanism for some shit that they're going through or dealing with even casually that's literally what it's for. But because she's a Hall of Famer and has done so much for the business and given so much, let's let fuck it, you know? No question that was cocaine, but not crack. That was five minutes ago. I wonder what it was in reference to. Oh, Daryl Strawberry was another thing that he said. Yeah, I remember Daryl Strawberry. He had mental health issues, but he was using drugs to cope. Now I would hope that it's to cope and not just a fucking excuse. It's an excuse. Both of the drugs, quote unquote, substances that she's using are legal. 
at least in my neck of the woods. I'm in I'm in New York. In New York, you can roll a blunt and smoke it in the street. You can buy weed at like the same bodega. You could buy your hero and your popcorn and your Jolly Rancher. Same thing with alcohol. You could go into a thing, buy a six pack, some weed, some brownies if you wanted. Hard day. That being said, I think that alcohol has a higher probability of killing you, getting you into an accident, causing you to not know where you are, causing you to be disoriented, causing you to be in a lot of danger. But again, we're given that choice. There are people who who prefer drinking. I think it's one of the most dangerous things in the world to you physically and uh, mentally and everything else. I think that's actual poison. But the point being, trying to perceive either one as a blame, I think, is wrong. Because I also know people who actively drink that are fine, actively smoke that are fine, actively whatever and are fine. There are people that are fat, that don't eat that much. John Cena eats all kinds of ice creams and shit. What the fuck? Things are different for everyone. (laughs) How come he could eat ice cream? I bet people hate him for that. No, I fucking do. You just have ice cream whenever the fuck he wants. Why? Fit motherfucker. That's bullshit. I can only have certain ice creams sometimes. So, you know, it's different for everyone. But again, I can't blame the substance, you know. Anything else on this, chick? <sighs> I got and yes, Quest, you did say that you that she'll be back in six months last time this happened. I remember you saying you were in the chat room here and right now. It's been four. <laughs> it's been four. Look at that. Like, it hasn't even been. There are some people who just got their second shot. Like she like it's such a short period of time. I can't believe it. But anyway, let's get away from her. Good luck. See you when you are. Is anybody going to take her back? Let's talk about that for a minute. You think anybody's going to take her back? She's going to find a new company. Because maybe GCW will take her. Actually, no, 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 no. Because GCW will be fucking brutal. Like She ain't back out that life. Which one was GCW again? That's the, uh, that's where Nick Gage wrestles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely uh, go there. They probably have all the alcohol that you ever need. But the problem is, you know, if you're an event there, motherfuckers will come find you. Come knocking on your fucking door. The fuck you was at? I paid to see you. Maybe she's more hardcore than we realize. She's so hardcore that we we can't even detect it. But apparently, uh, didn't the Briscoes go to GCW? Like they have a a freaking uh, contract there or something now? I believe they do have um, something that they're going to be doing there pretty soon if they haven't already done it. They debuted there October 9th. They won the Fight Club in Atlantic City, New Jersey, um, where they challenged the GCW tag champs, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. And uh, they have a War Ready event that's going to be coming up where the Briscoes are going to be taking on the gear crew for the tag titles. Actually, um, Baltimore Jack of Bodyslam.net interviewed the Briscoes about their tenure in GCW. Or their arrival, we should say. Let's see. I'm going to bring that up on the screen now. Get this loose lid motherfucker off the screen. W title match. So, guys, what was it like getting that kind of reaction in SGC's territory? Hey, hey, we're coming. We're coming. We're here to uh, take the titles. You know what I mean? We need to get strapped up, and that's what we're going to do. Hell yeah. Come on, John Jacob. I mean, what we, do, what we do is tag team wrestling. 21 years now, tag team wrestling, tag team action, baby. And GCW, little, little known, formerly known as JCW. You look, you're looking at the former JCW light heavyweight champion. Oh, we shit. was in Garfield, New Jersey back in 2002. 
Shoot, we ain't on this shoot. Talking about in their neighborhood, I understand that, but hey, this is Northeast, baby. This is Northeast in Indies. Game, baby. We are OGs in the game. This is Northeast Indies, and we, and we get, I like how GCW get down, and um, they got that flame, you know what I mean? That old ECW, that, that, right. that, that flame, and hey. It was, it was awesome being there in Atlantic City, like, just everybody couldn't couldn't believe it that you guys were there. Talking talking about being you know in GCW's you know yard, but you guys are no strangers to a street fight. Do you guys think that the uh, the GCW rule set might end up? Who do you think that's going to end up favoring? She, I mean, them she. boys is rough and them boys is tough, but hey. <laughs> It ain't even. It, it ain't even. Tune in and find out. You yeah. take. Who you, who you think of famous? Oh man. Who, who you putting your money on if you had bet? I honestly, every time I, every time I make a prediction, I'm wrong. But I don't know. Being in LA and everything, it's kind of like neutral grounds. You know what I mean? Like nobody's from there. Yeah, you're right. It's gonna be a couple, uh, man. We look forward to Tune in. Just like my man said here. Tune in. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Thank I you, brother. Appreciate yeah, it, Jay looks so excited. So they're not with RH anymore? What's going on with that? No, no, they're still with ROH, but I think they're just showing some love to GCW, I guess. Man. Yeah, if they were gone from ROH, we would have heard that. Yeah, very true. That would also suck. Oh, my God. You talk about something that would have been a blow to ROH? Oh, buddy. Yeah. But it is cool, though, that GCW's getting uh getting more love with having a lot of these bigger names to make appearances because then it's getting more eyes on them. Shoot with the crowd they have, that's gonna be quite the event to watch. Cause um, like I said, I watched uh Moxley and Gage's last match. I've never seen anything like Nick Gage's entrance in my fucking life. He comes out and he has to carve through the fans. That motherfucker jumped out of the curtain and then just disappeared. People, his entrance took like four minutes. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is that's pretty nuts. Not my style, but sure. Yeah. So there was a new tag team on. A.W. Dark. Did you hear about that? <laughs> it's just, I, think it, I think it's the one I heard about today. I think so. What's weird is that the stories, the way that I read them in order was like, this person is offended that there's a rumor going around about them being in this tag team. No truth to these rumors about this person and this person being in a tag team. <laughs> Motherfucker, the, Mr. The, America. Then it was like the debut of this person in a tag team. I was like, what? <laughs> so the name of this tag team is too fast too fuego wait i don't know if this is the one oh shit (laughs) so you don't know about this then i don't think i do i don't know what's going on or if it is i didn't hear the name maybe this is part of the gimmick i'll explain the gimmick first because there's no other way to go into it there were there was talk going around that two masked wrestlers were making their rounds in aew one being fuego del sol and the other one being Cody Rhodes in a mask. This is the one I heard about. I didn't even know that was their name. And then, like, I saw something on the dirt sheets earlier that says Cody Rhodes doesn't uh doesn't want people saying that he's wrestling in a mask tag team. And I was like, okay, yeah, because that is kind of a stupid rumor. Then I saw it again, like, oh, Cody Rhodes is the one, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I just saw the debut of Too Fast, Too Fuego. And it was like, What? And clearly, he's the other guy. So, yeah, this must be like a Mr. America thing, right? <laughs> he's going to show up into the camera, start rolling, and the- take off the mask, go shh, and then Because at first, I didn't think that it was a, like a work. Like, I thought it was like a shoot thing. When I saw the article that says Cody doesn't run people saying him out, I was like, yeah, why would he? That doesn't even make any sense. But it's kind of like, wait a minute. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, 
What is what is that? Is that one of those Rainbow Bright things? You remember Rainbow Bright? Yeah, out of my head. <laughs> the fuck is that? Look, a motherfucker looks... had Woodstock in the eighties. Did somebody glue cotton candy to his head? That's what looks like a cotton candy wig, right? Motherfuckers look like rockers back when they did drug drugs. See what happens when you don't tighten the lid before you shake it? <laughs> cotton candy everywhere. That shit goes everywhere. <laughs> that motherfucker looks like he sweated the fuck out of his perm. Like, now he's G-fucked. <laughs> but yeah, we got Fuego. I didn't realize they were called Fuego 1 and Fuego 2, which is why they're called Too Fuego Fast, Too Fuego. I like this. Maybe he should stay to Fuego and just never Fuck get it, Cody right? Rhodes again. It'll be like his Curry Man. Remember Curry Man? Yeah. Curry Man was great. My favorite Curry, Curry Man. Are you kidding me? My favorite recent time Curry Man moment was when he was Curry Man but still tagging with Kazarian. And he came out like Curry Man once. I forgot what the situation was, but he got lost in himself and they did the they did like the little double team taunt that they do, like where they kind of high five each other halfway through. He was like, "Oh shit," like he forgot he was Curry Man. <laughs> but yeah, he could be like Curry Man. He could be Cody Man. He's hot. He's fuego spicy. Too. He tastes eh. too fast, too <laughs> fuego. Fuego gets the best gimmicks, right? Doesn't he? <laughs> It's so funny because, like, I shoot like this. Like, it makes me laugh, and it's different. I'm telling you, he's the Esarios of this generation. Like, he's amazing. Oh God, he's man. amazing. Essay put, put his dues in. Huh? That's what I'm saying. He's amazing based on his history, just like Esarios, where it's like, man, this guy's background. Like, this is an interesting story for, like, I don't know, what, how did this happen? Fuego's there, too. In the future, there's going to be a video about him and about how Fuego the Soul, you know, went through all this stuff. Characters develop pretty interesting in, in, in AEW. I asked what about somebody's pyro went off. I was talking about this the other day, but look at MJF. Everybody completely forgot about the fact that the whole reason why they hate him was because he was Cody Rhodes' best friend that was just a condescending prick, but they still liked him because he was part of the Rhodes family. He's so far removed from that. People forgot the whole thing that got him over as a heel was hating Cody, but now they hate yeah. Cody, so they forgot all about it. Now they all think Cody's a dick too, and they like MJF. He better be careful. He's going to wind up a, a reluctant baby face. You know? Oh, God. They should make somebody get attached to him. That's what I would do if I was ever going to turn him face. How do you turn him face? Make somebody get attached to him. Make Marco Stung grow a liking to him. Yo, that, you joke. Like, that wouldn't be the greatest fucking combination ever. He would, can't, just be can't get rid of Steve Blackman him. and head cheese all over again. It'll be better than Ali and Mansoor or Orton and Riddle or Rock and Sock. It could be MJF and, and, and Rug and Marco. Can you imagine how much he'd want to lose him? Do you know, is, is it bad that I already, when you said Ali and Mansoor, it took me a second to be like, oh, yeah, they were a team. <laughs> That's the how first... irrelevant and uneventful that shit was. <laughs> you know, yeah. MJ Marco, there you go. He's shorter than you, and you know it. He'll come out to help him from Wardlaw when the time comes. Oh, my God, right. He's going he, to take the fucking crazy-ass bumps from Wardlow because I've seen fucking clips and footage on Dark where Fucking Wardlow throwing him so high, sometimes he almost touched the ceiling. It's going to be exciting to see how fast Wardlow clears the ring when he sees Marco Stunt running down the ramp to slide in. <laughs> you know, at least that's how it probably looked in Marco Stunt's head, right? As he's getting closer and closer, I wish we had first person, I wish we had Marco view. As he's getting closer and closer, he's pondering how come this guy hasn't cleared the ring yet. He's <laughs> <laughs> right. still not, here, what the fuck? This is not working out the way that it happened in my head. <laughs> he gets to the ring. He's still in the ring. He's like, wait a minute. He knows he was supposed to leave, right? He go look at MJF. Did he miss his cue? 
Like this is he's supposed to be halfway up the ramp and supposed to be playing my music. What the fuck? <sighs> Too fun. Anyway, what else do we have in the old? Oh, so Enzo's gonna be going to MLW. Yep. I didn't expect that. I mean, we'll see how that works out. I mean, he's a good mic person here. This was something that he. Uh, let me see if I could bring this on on the screen. Yeah, we got TMZ here with him. To wrestling on a, a more regular basis. What's the plan now? The plan is that there's a new, new way of doing business in pro wrestling. We've, it's unprecedented. All right, let's just be clear. You know the that I for offered a hell of an opportunity for me. I have nothing but good things to say about the opportunity I was given there because without it, I would I don't know where I would be. All right. You know, from the from the opportunity you get there when you're on your way out, I was as much of a guinea pig. What do you do now? Because in the social media era, nobody had ever been fired on the world stage. Bottom line. Now, is MLW going to be a one off? Absolutely not. Line them up and knock them down. I don't care where I am. I don't care who I'm wrestling for. I have I haven't signed any contracts. I'm here to have great matches. And MLW has some great opponents. I'm not going to take anything away from those guys. They can go. And I've seen some of them go. And right now, in my office, you can see MLW's on. Mm. All right? Some film study. I'm checking out the talent over there. Anybody you're impressed with? Are you impressed with these guys? Look, if I get in the ring with somebody, it's not. I'm not singing and dancing. You want that from me? Go watch my old shit. It's just like Jay-Z. You want my... You want, you want my old shit? Go listen to my old shit, all right? This is a new me. I'm a real one, okay? And you can call me Enzo. You can call me champ. Just don't call me late for dinner. You know, I own real one. It's my brand. And uh, I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish outside of pro wrestling and phasing myself into music. And if you think that a, a man without a plan to execute is his own executioner, I've never been more alive. Where There's been so many people that have written me off that have talked terrible about me and don't realize, yo, I got a family, I got a goddaughter. And this isn't, this isn't something to be minced with, with the character I played on television. You know, I could be as loud and as brash as anybody that there is write up all these wizardry, you know, one-liners and zingers that'll take the roof off a place. And we've been there before and we've seen me do that. Now it's time for me to get in the ring with real competition and beat the hell out of I'm not playing games. If you can beat me up, then do it. I'm I, I, then do it. I'm standing in front of you. I'm in the ring, and I don't really need to talk to anybody in the back. If you want to talk to me, then feel free. But if I see you in the freaking ring and you happen to be my opponent, just know I'm coming forward. I'm moving forward. That's what I'm doing. This Enzo, I like. He comes off as like somebody oh, yeah. like from like from my neighborhood. You know, like the way he talks and acts way better in the filter WWE version of him. Like I believe him. You know, everything I that he says, he's going to show off an MLW and show the fuck out. Everything that he said was the truth. I like when I can hear somebody and just be like, yeah, that guy just said the truth right there. He said his truth. You know, this is truth, though. Like, he's not he's not working. Yeah, I like that. You know, I've always said good things. He got annoying a little while there when he started fucking showing up and harassing WWE events. But I mean, I always said that, like, I, I, I support this guy back when he was in fucking uh, NXT. We always talked about it, you know, very early on. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad that he that he's looking good and he's sounding good. And uh, staying busy and hey, back in the game. So happy for him. Yeah, he did do a good job with his brand as well. We're not gonna have time to talk about Bound for Glory today, but it happened. 
I wanted to break that to you now, Destin specifically, before this goes any further. I don't want you to be sitting here anticipating getting to talk about impact. And then at the end of the show, oh, trust like, me, you know, the funny thing is when it came to that whole Bound for Glory thing, there was only one aspect of Bound for Glory that I was even going to want to talk about just because it pissed me off. Well, there's aspects that I do want to talk about. That's why I'm talking about the fact that we're not going to talk uh-huh. about Bound for Glory, just so we could talk about the aspects we want to talk okay. about. <laughs> so I guess I'll go first. The thing that I wanted to talk about was the inspiration showing up for Bound for Glory. And before they did, I believe they were on uh, Gail Kim's podcast or something, just discussing. Uh, uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, let me see. Where is this thing at here? Yeah, here we go. Next, we have say. James from that '90s, that that '90s wrestling podcast. Oh, they're doing a Zoom thing. Hi, Gail. Wow, I'm blue. Oh yeah. Why am I blue? <laughs> I look like a smash. <laughs> Air connection to WWE Skype. Just saying. It's I know like the special. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the one time uh, you want the people me. on the uh, Photoshop great, in their underwear. Uh, right? For Jess and uh, Cass to join Impact Wrestling, not only a great addition to the Knockouts division, but to Impact Wrestling in general. Uh, I suppose my question is. Um, in fact you're making your debut at Bound for Glory um, which it's great but a lot of people seem to not be too happy for the fact that you've jumped the line you could say to automatically become the number one contender so what's your thoughts on when people say that and um, before you've actually earned your stripes I suppose you could say yeah um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay attention to, to all the negativity um, so I actually didn't know that people were unhappy about that. But now that I do know, I can say um, I just don't care too much. Oi, oi. Trotamatane. Fuck them. Hold on a minute. I do believe you don't care too much. That shit is clear. But to believe that you've been in the wrestling business and you didn't know that it would rub people the wrong way, that you showed up on a roster that's been as well established before you and got pushed to the top of it, I had no idea that I was going to rub anybody the wrong way. You were you you were you were grown out of the WWE environment. That's like Superman being like, "Well, what the fuck's Kryptonite? I never heard of no Kryptonite. Like that doesn't work that way." <laughs> you came from the place that's fucking literally completely engulfed in politics, and are like, "I didn't know. I never heard of. That's a thing. That's a thing." Then when we get a, then when, when we show up out of nowhere, when a new person shows up and gets pushed to the top, there's other people I didn't know. I also got to give a lot of credit to how fast they didn't make any friends in a locker room filled with veterans. I can say um, I just don't care too much. Um, uh, we have worked our tails off for, like Jess said, 17 years to earn an opportunity like this. And so I would say we, ha- we have earned the right to be the number one contenders. Um, we have earned this in over and over and over again. Um, yeah. If anyone's got a problem with that, uh, I say, come and say it to my face, mate. Yeah. Man, I'll knock someone out real quick. <laughs> I love that response. <laughs> awesome. And uh, good luck for the weekend. Thank, Thank you, you. Thanks. And- they say, catch me outside. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And I like them and everything, but damn. I hope that was. But then again, we got to hide behind the hole. I hope that was in character because it's kind of a shit thing to say in a new company. Oh, I didn't know that there will be other people that have been working here this whole time. that were hoping that they would get a chance to be a Bound for Glory, which is the biggest pay-per-view to go up against the champion. And that we came in and instead it's going to be us and that that might rub them the wrong way. You're probably sitting here thinking the same thing. I'm thinking I didn't know there were more tag teams besides champions. Me neither. But now that I do, I'm imagining I just, remember, I just remember the champions and then Kira Hogan and friends. Yo, they're going to be so shocked when somebody tells them that there's other jobs that do that shit, too. 
or not just <laughs> not not just Impact, not even just WWE, but like Pathmark. <laughs> like, oh, really? People take people jump over other people. People step over each other for promotions. <laughs> I didn't know. Are you shitting me? I thought that they just go, man, you did really good. Based on your experience points here and this meter that we keep on the wall that you keep filling to the top leveling up, we've given you the promotion. They act like that's how it works. Like, it's one of those gotcha games. As long as you do your dailies and you check in and get your shit, then you're going to just keep going up. Nope. Not at all. It's more like Fallout 76. You're just here to fucking suffer. And no one's going to credit you at the end or care that you did it. And then Um, you're going to pay $100 and lose all your shit. You know, not here. Wear this toxic mask and shut up. <laughs> it'll make you feel like it'll make you feel like you're in the real fallout. The air is all fucked up. The quality is bad. It's toxic. You're gonna have radiation poisoning and shit. This is the real fallout. Fuck Oculus Rift. Wear this helmet and tell me you don't feel like you were in fallout after a while. <laughs> oh, you talking about the moldy ones from GameStop? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They actually gave you the effect of being in a post-apocalypse. Put this on, and you'll breathe just like they do without suits. <laughs> Every breath, you're going to hope that's not the one that kills you. We may not be able to give you the Fallout 76 experience, but we can give you the Fallout 76 cancer. Just wear the helmet. You may not you get the experience rat, in the game, the mold. but you sure as hell will feel like you were in that world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they weren't doing prop toys back when Doom had the BFG, right? Oh, this shit isn't working correctly. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Iconics, aka the the Inspiration, were also in a music video by called the Inspiration by Harley Cameron. Do we? Who is that? <laughs> Not a fucking clue. Is it because we're out of touch or because they're not known? I like I don't I honestly I'm not being funny. I have no idea. Is Harley yeah, Cameron a name? Honest, I I hardly listen to any current shit I've noticed. Like I stuck a couple of things here and there, but I'm telling you right now, you'll see one of these days when when you we see my fucking Amazon. Like I'm wondering if like, that's like a known name like a nothing, like I don't a, know how much of that current is crazy. Like like a Cardi B or or who's the other one? The Nikki uh is it oh, Minaj? Yeah, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because somebody like that, I understand not, not you're not like out of touch, you know? Yeah, it's like obnoxiously frankly. Yeah, like I'm not on, in touch with current music, but like, you know, if I if, if I if I hear it on every now and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll look at her ass. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Turn it out, turn it off, turn it off. I thought the way was coming out. No, this is the music video. She looks like she was cosplaying as Haley Williams from fucking Perrymore, and it didn't quite work out. Yeah, I turned it down just so we could kind of look at it. I mean, you get the idea of the kind of music, right, Tyrone? Look, there it goes. There it goes. You know, you get the idea because I don't want to have to have any. I don't know what the legalities of this music are. I mean, we have permission for most copyrighted music, but with the exceptions, all they'll do is mute it. But I don't want you guys to not be able to hear this or see them. Yeah. But yeah, this is the Sometimes, uh, as long as it goes here's the link. Or we be right. Here's the link if you want the audio, if you want to get an idea what this sounds like. You know, it's down low. It's down low. It goes dee 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 and doo doo doo. Yeah, but yeah, that's definitely a different side of them. Yeah, they're always how come? How come no one's as hot in WWE as they actually are? Because WWE doesn't like people to succeed. If you don't believe me, just remember, Tony Storm got eliminated in the first round of this shitty Queen's Crown tournament, and like then what, look like, who won. Like, they have to think about the dangers of this kind of stuff. Like, what happens if, like, any of the Spanish chicks from WWE or or Charlotte get loose? 
we're going to need to come up with 16K cameras. You know? Can you imagine? Let's be real. Some of those are ifs. Some of those might be when. Just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Can you imagine how much hotter? We don't even have technology to capture how hot some of those women, if they lift up. Can you imagine? Because these two, it's not like they weren't already hot. But it's almost like they, they like, doubled. Like, this was, this was to go even further beyond type shit, you know? Can you imagine? Like, think of... Like, look at somebody like like Sasha Banks. Can you imagine, like, what her attire and her look would be like without WWE, who probably filters and censors certain things that would be more sexualized? Sasha's new gimmick would be beating dudes away with a stick. It already is. But, yeah, no, wow. come out with that. a real stick. And, come, and instead of hand slaps, you get hit. That Sasha, was great. I love you. See, they realize that they're too hot to give a fuck about anybody else's spot. They're like, we're the hottest ones here. Who else would have that spot? And none of y'all bitches in 16K. Fuck you. So what was, was there something you said you wanted to talk about in regards to Impact? <sighs> the decision making in the main event of Bound for Glory. Okay, I haven't seen it, but... Canadian is strong! Let me see if I could... You could go ahead and talk. I mean, I don't even really have... What was the main event? Oh, it was, uh, it was Christian? Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was Christian Cage versus Josh Alexander. Okay, so, so this is essentially it right here. I have it on in the background. I haven't seen it, but here's some highlights of it. Well, if you haven't seen it, do you mind hearing how it ends? I don't care. Go ahead, man. Okay. So basically, yeah, um, after working his ass off for the better part of a year, being longest reigning Impact Tag Champions with Ethan Page when they were in the North, X Division Champion, cashes in uh, Option C, Josh Alexander hits the fucking mountaintop and becomes a new Impact World Champion. What do they do next? But what do you mean? What do you mean Option C? Like the option was to cash in with Christian fighting somebody before this? No, um, Josh Alexander was X Division champion when he hit around Destination X time. And right, right. You Austin mentioned that we, you mentioned on, on a previous show that he was doing the Austin Aries thing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this was where he um got his championship match. So he wins. I don't know how it happened. George, if you're out there, any explanation? Moose comes in, cashes in, wins the world title. The one that Josh Alexander won? Yes, the real one, not the fake one. Moose brought back, not the freaking DNA title. So Josh Alexander beats Christian for it, and then Moose comes in? Moose just shows up and beats him. But how does he get to cash in? What is he cashing in? I don't even know. So the match that's on the screen right now, the fucking match on the screen right now, this for the, for the world title, this guy's going to go over, Josh Alexander, wearing that shit on his head, first of all, which we'll have to get back to. But he's going to become world champion, and then you're telling me that Moose comes out without anything to cash in and wins it from him? I don't even know. All I've heard from the story is that Moose comes in and cashes in and wins the championship. So here's what annoys me about that. Besides the fact that it's just what the fuck. Besides every fucking thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Here's, because before I stopped. Here's what annoys me about this disaster. Yeah. It gets worse <laughs> because you would think something like this is common sense. So before I basically abandoned impact. There was one act on there I fucking loved and it was the North. It was Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. They were they, they were probably the best thing I'd seen tag team-wise at the Machine Guns and fucking AMW. They were unbeatable. They beat every tag team like two or three times over. So I've watched his rise, and I've watched the fact that he's worked his ass off. Yeah, but you at know the same what? time... It was always the Ethan Page guy in this tag team when I ever saw it tuned in. It was always the Ethan Page guy that stood out. And the other guy, this one with the headpiece, he, he just kind of there. I felt like the, that, that's the reason why they, they separated him, I felt. I just didn't think this was the champion. No offense to him or whatever. But oh no. oh no! Trust me, yeah, Josh Alexander is a fucking beast. Like, but from Kenny uh, Omega to Christian yeah. to him to then Moose, 
Yeah. See, and what bothers me with the Moose thing is Moose's whole gimmick ever since they got rid of the good Moose, the ROH Moose, is he's just been bitching about the World Championship. Even to the point where he brings back the TNA title and does the old Taz FTW except way shittier and is like, this is the new World Championship, and then loses it to Rich Swan right after they make it an official championship. And you mean to tell me on your biggest pay-per-view you're just going to rob the guy who's been working his ass off for like a year? From okay, so Quest is saying that there was a battle royal in the pre-show, then Moose won, and he won a championship shot. Right, but is it like the money in the bank? Like, this guy this on the screen right now has to fight him at the at the same pay-per-view. And I mean, I guess the defense to that would be that Moose had to win the whole battle royal, so they're both fatigued. But Moose also got to be at the pre-show, which means the whole pay-per-view happened for him to recover. While the person who just beat the champion is still in the ring? Did they even announce this battle royale at any point? It seems like nowadays in wrestling shows, they just book shit that you can cash in. You know, like, oh, we have, you know, cash in this ice cream cone for the title. And, and on top of that, when have we ever seen somebody win, uh, win a match in a pay-per-view and then win like a battle royale or something and then cash in? It's always, okay, this is the date we're going to fight. Get ready. I've never seen a company have it to where it's like, hey, you won this battle royale. Now, whenever you feel like it, just get a ref and haul ass. What? You should have cashed in outside make it like Reggie. And like I said, it makes even less sense because it's not even like the good moves we watched in ROH or when he first showed up at TNA when they still gave him his ROH music. It's this new shitty moose. That's because they made moose more like Shonuff when he came to TNA. Fuck, it, 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 it's not even moose. It's fucking calf. He went from moose, moose to am I the meanest? Am I the strongest? It was like, what the fuck? What happened to this guy? <laughs> he had a lot of charisma before this. See, and it annoys me just yeah, because... Yeah, how long is this? How long are these highlights? Like, is this ever going to end? Oh, they they went for... They 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 let them eat in this one. This like, is this just highlights, by the way. Like, these are fast highlights. Yeah. Like <laughs> This match went a good while. Like, Josh Alexander has been very well known for having these matches that, like, most men would have needed, like, six breaks to get through. But no, the guy is an incredible talent. Right now, realistically, when it comes to, like, pure wrestling and brutality, he's one of their best. So it's just so dumb to me that the fact that it's like, so you robbed this guy of his moment for Moose? Like, Moose? And Christian did outwork everyone, by the way. Because uh, this guy, if you look at his current resume, he's the first person. That, what did he do? He main evented. He was at the main event of the Royal Rumble this year. He was at the main event of an AEW pay-per-view this year. He was at the main event of Mount Florida this year. All Christian the most important all matches... <laughs> The most important matches you can possibly have for the most important companies. And all in this in short time, year. he was in all of that. He outworked everyone. You got to look at who, who can say that they did that ever in, in life. You know, good for him, right? Yeah, Christian, had, that's probably one of the best years Christian's had. Three different companies, three different main events. And we're not talking about like how they used to say where it's like, we have a th- six main events tonight. Like, no, he was on the last match in three different shows. In three different companies in 12 years. I mean, fucking 12 months. I didn't believe at first. I'll say I was skeptical. I was wondering if he was actually going to be Christian Cage, like when he was the TNA NWA champion. You know what I mean? And I have to say he definitely is able to turn that switch back on. I didn't. I was hoping he wasn't going to be Christian. He was going to be Christian Cage, and he was. He still has it. Yeah, look at this. It's, just, a lot of, it's good to see him so healthy, like... Above everything else, whether he would have outworked anybody or or anything, he's healthy. 
and he's moving like he used to move. Was that his kid or something? Might have been. No, it's just oh no, I think that was um that was Alexander. What it might have been Alexander. That's what I meant. Alexander's kid. Yeah, yeah another, I believe it was. He's another one of those hot Asian wives. Oh my! I think she was Asian. I don't know. I saw a flash over there. Like I, I can't remember who it was last week that um said. Oh, it was. Oh, I, I, now now I gotta wonder. Hey, Roman, did our uh, Christian lose a step too? Oh yeah, that is his family. Yeah. See, look at that. And he does have a hot Asian yep. wife. Look at that, 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 that. That's that's going into style, huh? <laughs> see, see, look at that. Look at how that guy worked so hard for that moment, just for Impact to remember that their impact. Oh shit, man! I almost wish I wow, wow, with his kids in the ring. This is awesome. You don't like this? I think that's, yeah, that's great. Just, no, it's terrible because and the kid has to no watch. This is fucking awesome. Oh, I love it, and I'm only catching up. That was I like that, man. Are you kidding me? Look at the shot. Hell yeah! Yeah, shitty moves <laughs> with the, the Impact kid. World Championship with the child and wife over his body. Fucking fucking Moose GT. With the- yeah, you know how much fucking heat that dude must have. That that you know what that's the only part of that they did right is they went for the drama level. The whole match they did the right because the throughout kid. throughout the whole match they kept cutting to that to the point where I don't even have any audio and I I could tell that that was a wife and child. All I'm saying is if you could just crop that thing with like shitty GT moves out of there, it'd be perfect. Just put somebody else in there, but just shitty GT moves. Just mm. if this was Vince Russo while right she now. was over her while while she was over her husband, Moose would have hit her with the title too, and then it would have just left the kid in the ring trying to wake them both up. And then you would have had a kid on a pole match next week. Because you've probably seen Russo been on his neck. Listen, now we don't. put him in foster care, bro. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, God. Oh, man. That is so amazing. I like this. I didn't realize that it was that blatant. The way that they did it. Like, I thought that it would be, like, more behind the scenes. After this guy worked so hard for this, look at how they shitted on him behind the scenes. No, no, no. They shitted on him in storyline. And that's cool, because that means this isn't over. You think they're going to leave it like that? Look at this. His wife and child are in the ring. I tell you something right now. No one sees the problem is no one Impact will have moves go over in the feud. No, knowing WWE. I've seen Impact give the title to Eric Young. I've seen, you know, and he's a good wrestler and everything, but he wasn't someone who was in the top spot at the time. And then you also saw the, they give the Impact title to Sammy Callahan, right? We'll that was see. a good TNA back in the day when Eric Young got the We'll see. I'm glad you brought this up, though. I'm I'm really glad that you, you were attentive to this because that's crazy. He cashed in some shit we didn't know and just left the wife and child laying in the ring. They they went, they went for heat I mean, there, you know? I'm at, least get, I'm at least glad, shout out to Quest, that he knew why Moose got the shot because I'd forgotten about the battle royale. I was just I was just sitting there I was like, wait a minute, what, what the fuck do you mean Moose cashed in? What do you do? Who got fired? My, you know what it is? My first thought was who got fired because I was sitting there thinking, okay, somebody got an exhibition shot, somebody got a knockout title shot, Moose must have got the world title shot. Who got fired? See, the match that I wanted to watch, which I'm bringing up on the screen right now, and I didn't have a chance today. I was too busy. Was a uh, Mickey James against the virtuoso Diana Perrazzo. Yes. See, this is something that's pay per view worthy. I will go back and that, watch this, yeah, this, this entirety. You later could sell on. a pay per view on this match. And yes, I do know that Mickey is the new world champion. Good. Good choice. If you're going to take it off of Diana, then yeah. Cool. Right person to do it. Because you know, she showed up at Battle for Glory. She really showed up. <laughs> she didn't know show up. Like, so I mean, like literally. But yeah, that yeah. not only does that good just for Mickey, that kind of, that puts over Diana as well because they had to bring somebody back to beat her. They were like, yo, we're going to pull one of our old cards out of, the, out of the book. Maybe that'll get her. 
I'm starting to think as much as people talking about WWE being done, if WWE ever does go under, it's going to be like when, like in the first MK movie, when Liu Kang killed Shao Song and all the fucking Shang Song and all the souls came out of him and shit. And you're just going to see all these wrestlers. Oh, I'm free. <laughs> My yeah, soul can now. go now. <laughs> Motherfuckers going to be sad when they leave there. You're going to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn flying out of the logo. Ah. I'm out of here, motherfuckers. Yeah. Damn it. Now I want to see Moose fight that guy with the headpiece on. <laughs> see, it worked. That's good booking. I'm curious how to do that. They have to keep the wife and child involved, too. They, they actually had the kid there for that shit, man. That's amazing. I love it. Right, that. yeah. At that point, that, that's the only way you're going to salvage that shit. What a way to kill a feel-good moment. I've never seen a feel-good moment killed more, and I've seen money in the bank cash-ins. They shitted on that. That is great. That's good for him. I bet he liked that better than if he would have just won and left. Because that's a memorable moment right there, boy. Like, I think that's good for both of them. But yeah, this looks good too. This this match, this uh, you know, Mickey's good. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's Deanna Barrazzo and Mickey James. It's, it's impossible to fuck that up. Mm-hmm. I say that, and then somewhere out there, WWE's hold my beer. Yeah, right. Because you know they managed to fuck up Kevin Owens at some point. Now that man just a bump machine with no payoff. It's sad. Someone who was a top guy, fantastic wrestler, had. amazing promos, but now he's taking these wild ass bumps with just nothing. And then, of course, Bearcat. But I can give you an explanation as to why some of these decisions were made on top of them being really good decisions. Some of you might have already heard, but apparently the AEW Impact Wrestling deal is over after Bound for Glory. That That was it. Which means that... Because that's it. Yeah. Which means they needed to get all their titles back to their wrestlers that are on their roster. Christian is an AEW wrestler. So they would have needed some time by Monday him to no longer be holding the title bound for glory being what saturday or sunday that's right yeah so being that there will be no more crossover between the two companies they had to uh do it because the partnership ended at bound for glory they're going to stop sharing talent and so on and uh they were actually on saturday and the ironic part is that even though they were still still in that partnership for the final day they somewhat competed against each other because uh the Bound for Glory kickoff aired during Dynamite. That I did not know. Yeah, so. But, yep. So, unfortunately for people like uh, the inspiration, going to Impact just means going to Impact. That doesn't mean they can't extend something or do something else in the future. But as of now, the forbidden door is closing. At least for them. Yeah, at least for them. Now, so, Impact has to go back and stand on its own two feet. <laughs> Y'all got new eyes brought into y'all by AEW. You better fucking keep them. They, it didn't. I don't think it worked. The most relevant parts of their show were the AEW guys. Like they lost Christian and Omega, you know. And all they got as it, all they got in return was Chris Bay and Bullet Club. I kept bumping down Chris Bay joining Bullet Club to the next program, to the next program, to the next program, and I don't think we ever announced yep, it. It happened. Ain't that a bitch? Okay, Chris Bay joined on, the Bullet Club. I think I started to, to unfold it here on our programs, and then one day I went, fuck it. Like, they left a shirt or something for him, like, because on a chair, nobody and knows played a video of it. It'd be good and enough. isn't it ironic that Jay White's the one who recruits him? Nope. One of, the, one of those guys <laughs> that's in, like, Bullet Club, Side B, not like the Tongans who are still in the real Bullet Club. You know why? Because the Tongans were too busy wrestling through G1 to recruit motherfuckers from Impact. So, uh, there was trouble in Paradise, literally, huh? There was a Jericho Cruise... On the 21st, was it? I'm looking here. Jericho's Cruise. 
But there were all these issues because everyone needed to be tested for the COV, and there were rapid tests, but they weren't really being done. According to one fan, they were in the situation where they were in line from 10 in the morning for about four hours with no food out in the sun, no restrooms. Water was only being given at one one location at the four hour mark. Um, and that uh, the representatives from both Six Men and Norwegian were playing the, the blame game with one another and the people were getting upset and restless and started napping in the line and that they were laying down because the line wasn't moving. And uh, it was reported that Orange Cassidy and Marco Stunt were seen waiting over two hours for their rapid cool tests. God am I. Like, yikes. Right? That's what happy brain hit iceberg. Like, holy shit. Sounds like a different Jericho Cruise from the one I remember hearing about. Right. The last two were much different. And yeah, I think we have a video here of the fans waiting. <laughs> Not the cruise you were looking for, friends. Not in the least. Oh, boy. So, let's see if we can find a little bit more information about what happened. It was because of the COVID-19 protocol, it looks like. Apparently, the people that were waiting four hours had an estimated wait time of another four hours. Whether or not they were able to fix that is a completely different circumstance. Who really knows? Only those who were there. Oh, boy. Nothing's working out, huh? Not a single thing. And one more stretch of pleasant news, or unpleasant news in this case. Jim Ross apparently has been confirmed to have skin cancer. Yeah, I heard about this, God, yesterday. I won't reveal the photo he showed originally, but when I saw it, I kind of felt like the writing was on the wall before he got it covered. I was like, that's not like a rash. He said, uh, skin cancer confirmed, waiting on radiologist study to determine best treatment. Likely radiation, feeling great and ready to attack. Thanks for the support for so many. Ooh. Lucky you're in AEW. Oh, yeah. They take care of you there. Yeah, they would have cut you loose in WWE. Not before they tried to trademark your name. Right? You I had to add some kind of humor to that shit, but... You would have to be John Russ. Right. You would have to have been old-fashioned John Russ. Yeah, he'll beat this. I think he'll be okay. But definitely oh, yeah. best wishes to him. Oh, yeah. Get well soon, JR. So, uh, I guess we should talk about Charlotte a little bit, huh? Yeah, it's that time because um, oh, maybe I might just want to start dropping titles to these drafts. I'm just saying. No. Give me a minute here because if we're going to talk about this, I just want to get my shit sorted a little bit here as far <laughs> as as far as getting to the spot of the of the incident at hand. Yeah, because I, I realize now looking at it that there was a lot of talking and finagling. It's kind of interesting. When we get to one aspect of the story, how easily this could have been avoided. But no, they want to do their fancy little belt swap dramatics. And it's like, no, stop it. I wonder if you're going to have the solution that I was going to give. I'm going to let you go first, just in case that's what it is. Because I was thinking I was thinking of some, such an easy solution. But first, let's give a little context to what's happening here. Give me a second to get this shit on the screen properly. Okay. I'm ready for when we get to that part. Oh, boy. So there was already tension. Let's try to put all the pieces together rather than just talk about having. There was already a bit of tension because Fox has been trying to get Charlotte 
on SmackDown since their deal started. And uh, the Flair and Becky Lynch trade was a popular point of discussion because uh, Raw gets Becky, who everyone likes, and then SmackDown gets Charlotte, who, who's not popular. We're talking as regards to locker rooms. And uh, so apparently this is something that's rubbing these networks the wrong way. Like SmackDown uh, didn't want to do this trade, the Becky for Charlotte thing. It's like everyone's trying to please somebody else. These drafts don't work out that good, huh? Look at how challenging <laughs> yeah. it is. You know, it's hard for Vince to decide who should go to SmackDown, who should go to Raw, NXT, AEW. You know? I don't know about saying, don't you mean who they should take from AEW? Because nobody <laughs> went to AEW. It's like decision, I mean, decision. Who they should take you know? from NXT? Because nobody went to NXT. So, um, apparently, let's let's run the the clip real quick so we can see what happened. The plan, apparently, according to Fightful, was they were going to switch titles standing in the ring because obviously Charlotte's going to SmackDown, Becky's going to Raw. Becky has the SmackDown title. Charlotte has the Raw title. The only thing we can do is swap the two titles in the ring. Um, the original plan was Becky was going to grab Charlotte's title. And then, like, I guess she was going to do the whole Becky two belts thing. She was going to hold up both titles. And I don't know at that point, maybe Charlotte would have snatched the other title. And that's how they were going to do the change. They were going to have the two of them do a, a title swap. Uh, but apparently Charlotte didn't like this. Because she felt that it made her look weak. It made them push Becky. What's up, Cabby Gun? It made them her push Becky, and it made Charlotte, on the other hand, uh, look weak, at least in her opinion. So, uh, nonetheless, they told Charlotte that she has to follow the script, even though she didn't like where it was going. So, this is what happened, and as a result of them doing this. Keep in oh, mind, God. in this situation... Charlotte doesn't like the idea of having to swap titles here in the script. She's offended that this is the way they wrote it, and this is the way they did it. Ordeal. It takes forever to become champion. To just hand over your title has to be incredibly difficult. So Charlotte drops the title on the floor. Now, there's reports that she's saying that she did it on accident. That didn't look like an accident. And also, Not in uh, one single way. And, and also the fact that she disputed about doing this, I don't think that it was. I, maybe she was being condescending when she said, anyway, look what happens next. Oh, 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 oh. Sonia Deville giving out orders. So there's mixed reports about that second part. Some people are saying that it was scripted that Becky at some point was supposed to throw her title, big heavy ass title plate first at Charlotte like that. I find that very difficult to believe. Those things that, are like 10, 11, sometimes 12 pounds. We saw, didn't Gigi like, Dolan recently have to get stitches in her head because of that shit? Yeah, because the NXT title slipped out of Raquel's hands and hit her full fucking throttle. You can't throw that title at somebody and not shoot Coming her at about that same speed. Right. So there's a conflict between Fox and USA because of these talents as it is. So tensions are already high because the whole reason why we're having these titles swapped 
is so that we can get one girl to USA and one girl to Fox. But again, Charlotte did not like this. She feels that this just makes it look bad. She doesn't like it in the story. So again, she drops that title. Becky threw hers. Whether or not that was scripted or not, I don't know. Sonia Deville, I feel terrible for because, boy, she was put on the spot. She's in the middle of this on live fucking television on a Fox network. And shit is not working out there. So at this point, the story continues the way it's supposed to. Sasha comes out, blah, blah, blah. Combat ensues. But that belt part is what caused conflict. Because like I said, they were originally going to have the Becky two belts moment. So uh, from what we're hearing, for anybody who wants to see that segment for themselves, I will share it right now. Here is a social media link to it. And uh, I'm sharing it on social media here as well. But yeah. And the reason it's not from the WWE's official YouTube channel is because they actually took it off of the actual SmackDown, the part where the title course, gets dropped on the they floor. Think that they can just do that shit quick enough. If the part where the title dropped on the floor has been scrubbed away, there's no way to see it. And the reason like, why I know this by now, there's no way to just erase that from history. And the reason why I know this is because Saturday. WWE deliberately ran SmackDown again so that it could go on top of Dynamite because as you know Dynamite was once again on Saturday so this past Saturday a couple of days ago they just ran SmackDown on both Friday and Saturday that way Dynamite would lose numbers and it worked because uh, the replay of SmackDown beat Dynamite in viewership it didn't beat i don't think it beat them in the demographic let's see uh what do we got here hmm so we got saturday dynamite yeah five hundred fifteen thousand view viewers while fox's replay of smackdown did five hundred seventy eight thousand. also keep in mind though that fox it was on a i think it was an actual fox this time which is more accessible than fox sports one so that was a move on their part on fox's part to draw the numbers over that way but it worked point being and this is the reason why i say don't count them out because they can do shit like that you know they have the power to to flex a little bit they ran a rerun and beat dynamite but the point that i'm making is that's how we're able to tell that they took out the charlotte becky thing because on that replay that they ran on saturday it didn't happen yeah we heard about that i had that in my articles caveat number wide um but it doesn't end there. I don't want to segue too far away from the Charlotte and Becky thing. But from what we've heard from Brian Alvarez is that uh, when you look at the new pay-per-view schedule, which I didn't bother to take for this program because we can talk about it whenever, they released the whole schedule for the year. There's one distinct thing that they did is that the September pay-per-view, instead of having a set date, it has September 3rd or se- September 4th, Saturday or Sunday, and it's at a to-be-decided location. Now, it's been pointed out that the reason why it's either September 3rd or September 4th and we don't know where it's going to be. Can you guess why that is? I I, I got nothing. So All Out happens that weekend. But we don't know if All Out's going to be on Saturday or Sunday yet or where All Out's going to be. Or maybe we do know where it's going to be. I don't remember. So they're holding reserve on the September pay-per-view of being either the third or the fourth. So that the moment they find out when AEW is running their biggest pay-per-view, they can steam barrel over that shit. 
So that's what they're doing there. And what they did on Saturday was put their replay of SmackDown against them, which is how we saw the edit for the Charlotte Becky. Who complicated shit here, right? Taser, I'm running out of that card, better shine, because fucking, if I gotta see fucking do drop on the paper, you and they ain't gonna do to it. Yep, all the way in September. They planned the entire year. They planned the entire year. <sighs> so anyway, Charlotte was saying that it was an accident. She didn't mean to do that with the title. This caused a tremendous amount of tension backstage. From what we hear, though, Alex McCarthy of Talk Sports said that there's been tension publicly between Becky and Charlotte years ago. Apparently, there was a promo where Becky called Charlotte plastic. And uh, I guess that shit resonated with her and that the friendship became strained for some time after that because she didn't appreciate calling her that. So they worked themselves into a shoot, as they say in the business. Becky said something to Charlotte's character that I guess offended her actual appearance of being plastic. And uh, the actual friendship sort of fell apart here. And the interesting part is I've seen pictures of Charlotte recently where uh, people put close-ups of her face and been like, Cher has never looked better. And I thought it was Cher before I read the fucking art. I'm not going to lie. Like, she does from up close look like Cher. Yeah. It was from the right angles, though. Not all the time, but when... She does look like her. Again, I'm not going to lie. She does look like her now. Like when you get looks at her, I've seen a split screen and somehow every part of her face is a different feature from the old face she had. It's not like with some people like, oh, you know, you had your lips on you. If you actually go back and look at old Charlotte and new Charlotte, there's a different head on this person's body. You look at Charlotte when she first showed up in NXT. Hell, look at Charlotte when she first came up on the main roster when they brought her, Becky and Sasha up at the same time. And that you look be- at Charlotte now. That being said, don't call your friends plastic. I think it's ill-advised. Don't you? Yeah. But then at the same time, from the other end, if it's a promo on your character, you know that person doesn't mean that. <laughs> she st- Stacey said, this is why I don't hang with chicks. Well, hell, on the screen is one of the benefits to having one. Oops, the wrong thing there. No, we want to see you guys squabbling. We want image. Yeah, I do see the work that was done, but Charlotte's still gorgeous either way. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's not like it's a secret that has been worked yeah, on. And so what? Who yeah, wouldn't get things like fixed if they had money? I'm going to judge her because you see some people who look busted. You see some people out there who look like Dana Brooke in her, in her first game. Oh, and they did the bad render of Dana. Remember that? Like, they that didn't bother to put the graphics. 5D. And uh, let me see here. I'm trying to get something else here. So, Charlotte. Let me get this up. She was on Renee Young's podcast. I guess this was a live thing here. Um, okay, we were talking about here. a little bit earlier. Somebody had... I want to jump ahead a little bit on here. She talks about her relationship with Becky and how it's different from what it used to be. And this is, keep in mind, this is before this issue happened with them on the show. What What is the status of your relationship with Becky now? I mean, you guys were super tight for a really long time. Where are you guys at now? I still have, I don't I know. I know there's a crowd here, but like between, I mean, I can't say between you and I, we're on a mic and this is going to go out to a bunch of people, but like, I, I've always been kind of curious, like genuinely, as somebody that knows both of you, yep. what the deal is with your guys' relationship now. Just seeing her baby, like, she's a mom. Yeah. And she's so happy. And to see the career that she had, or not, I mean, has, but the ride that she had, and then to go off and have a baby and be able, like, for me, to see that on the outside, go like I'm looking at it going, okay, you can have it all. You can do it all. You can be a mom. You can main event. You still can come back. Like to me, I'm just looking at 
Bex going, that's inspiration and goals for me. Like if I ever do want to step away and when I want to step away to have little manis. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you imagine those athletes? Hell yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean that to me, like that's our relationship. Like it's, there's just so much respect there mm -hmm. because I know what it takes to be in her spot and she knows what it takes to be in my spot in my spot. So no, are we driving around calling each other Thelma and Louise and eating omelets anymore? No. What happened? But we both have grown up. What happened for you guys to not really be in that position anymore, to be I, that tight? Honestly, I don't think anything happened. I really think that her and I depended so much on each other as best friends. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was easy. Like, she was my ride or die, my go-to. And, like, <clears throat> it just needed to happen. Like, I met Manny. She met Seth. She, her career took off. I kind of figured out, you know... I always say the fans booing me through all of that when I was supposed to be the good guy is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a performer because it really, like, I think now I'm like, man, had I given, like, why was I so, like, cheer me, I'm the good guy. Like, no, be Charlotte Flair, be unapologetic. Like, don't be sorry that you're that good. And at that time, I was like, no, cheer me. Like, yeah, you're right, you like Becky, but I'm supposed to be good. Like, I was, like, almost, like, pandering for them to, like, like me. Instead of, like, going out there and being the Ferrari. Like, I, it took me to where, like, and I've never really said this, I don't think, but when I wrestled Ronda, I was like, well, this sucks. There's a three-day build. I'm wrestling Ronda Rousey. This isn't supposed to happen. I know how good I am. So what do I have to do? Show the world how good I am. And I did that. Why do you think so it's... So I just go, had I felt that confidence in, during that feud against her, I think how the fans had viewed me, they would have seen that badass that beat Ronda to hell with a kendo stick with Becky. But instead, they saw this girl that was like, no, you like me, right? Like, why did I care so much? Why, why do you think you cared so much? How did it, like, just even get to a place of having that confidence? Have you always been like that, of kind of wanting to be a bit of a people pleaser? Yes, always. And then, like, there's always still the chip on my shoulder. Like, even at ESPN, when they put Ric Flair's daughter at WrestleMania 35, it was Ronda, me, and Becky. Bex had, um, she had Royal Rumble winner, SmackDown champion, or no, I don't think she was Royal Rumble. Ronda had many accolades, and then they go to me and they go, Ric Flair's daughter? Come on, producer. I was just like, shit together. like, I was like, it's definitely a fan that doesn't like me working in that room. <laughs> but I think it was just always like, no, guys, like, accept me, accept me, accept me. And now I'm like, I'm Ric Flair's daughter and I'm that good, so I don't care. How much has that helped with uh, and your... I, like, sometimes I have to tell myself that. I like, bet. That's like... It's, it's so much all the time where, like, I think of the people that really do care, mm -hmm. like, they get, like, I just didn't get it then and now I get it. That it's fun whether they're booing or cheering. They're reacting. So that's been a strained relationship for a while, then. Yeah. So um, we're hearing that, uh, according to PW Insider, she was arguing with Sonya Deville also, and Deville was ready to fight her. So, damn. Yeah, she was gonna get her ass MMA kicked. I was heard. And I was. I heard about that shit too, and I was like, oh well, okay. According to Alex McCarthy of Talksport, Charlotte left Gorilla position without talking to Vince McMahon at all. 
which, which offended him. She just walked away from him and he just wasn't happy. And she was headed to Orlando to, um, you guessed it, Dynamite. I guess because Andrade was there. So obviously she was going to be backstage for him, I'm assuming. But oh, yeah. she's been backstage AEWs and stuff with him before. But Brian Alvarez of The Observer was reporting that she had help leaving because security escorted her out of the venue. They had Charlotte Flair escorted out of SmackDown. That's pretty crazy when you really think about it. Right. And uh, yeah, so this is a hostile situation from what we have seen there. And then Andrade typed F-U-W-W-E. So that must have been in regards so to I that. I saw that Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of heat on her, apparently, because of her disrespecting Becky. And uh, people felt that she took a segment that was designed to build, um, I guess, to build a freaking Becky against Sasha and instead put all the attention back on her and Lynch when Banks was supposed to be placed in a position as the top babyface, which didn't wind up happening because of that. And... uh. So there was heat because of that. We're also hearing from PW Torch that there were uh, sources that sided with Becky in the situation and called her a hero and that no other women want to work with Charlotte now and that she's become increasingly difficult to work with, whereas Becky, on their hand, is well-liked. So there's heat for her there. Most of the people in the locker room, it's also being reported, have taken Becky's side. They said that no one got physical backstage. They just blew up steam and were screaming at one another. And uh, yeah, they were basically, you know, like we said before, they're not thrilled about having to put up with having Charlotte now on SmackDown. So and there's just a lot of heat on her. How long do they call it nuclear heat? All right, so we're already beyond that point. Like people, apparently Wade Keller from PW Torch was saying that people don't want to work with her in the ring, not in a match, not in a mic. Um, What else do we have here? No one's really defending her and that people feel like uh, she's trying to take all the spotlight for herself. She has a reputation for being difficult and constantly concerned that she's not getting the respect that someone of her stature and accomplishments should have. Um, she feels that she should be treated on a different level and that there's other stars who are on top had to work really hard to protect themselves. Um, like Stuff like not being able to do certain things because it's not going to make her look good and she's too important. So then, of course, there was speculation about her leaving WWE, but she has years left on her current WWE deal, so they're probably not going to cut her loose as simply as everybody's making it seem. Hell no, they, they wouldn't let her go so easy like that. There was also a report that uh, she wanted to lose the title clean to Bianca Belair, I guess on, uh, what was it that they were on, on SmackDown? But at the same time, yeah, they she, specu- wanted to, she wanted to basically lose because apparently she's a fan of hers. But there was speculation that that was leaked from Charlotte's people, which might have been done to make her look good. I'm saying take away a grain of salt, but I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to lose it. Who knows? But we do know that uh, people very close to her have been pushing to get her out of her current WWE contract. So maybe they're trying to do something there. She doesn't seem to want to be there. They don't seem to want her there. They might have to just cut her loose. Yeah, it might just be the best move. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate as it is just yeah it sucks for them but yeah that might be the best move because it's sounding like it's just gonna make the problem worse so what were you saying was your solution so that this whole thing could have been avoided so just because just like last year the belt swap thing is fucking stupid to me like i've never liked that whole thing of oh we switched that we <laughs> these two champions with these 
titles that are designated for this show. We're going to swap them, but then instead of having them lose the titles, we're just going to have them fucking trade them off like your cards and shit. The fact that when when I heard that whole thing that um, Charlotte wanted, well, at least we're here, is that Charlotte wanted to put Bianca over. The thing about that is, one, it doesn't hurt Charlotte to um, to um, to lose that match because I mean it's Charlotte Flair at this point losing, she's damn near bulletproof. And the thing about it is, with me, especially after the display she put on at um, Crown Jewel in the past couple of months, all that does is just benefit Bianca. And especially with the fact that it comes now to where we're on, we're, we have SmackDown, and we're just running back Sasha and Charlotte again. Especially just because of the way they feed, the way they've held Charlotte up versus the way they've hurt Sasha, I feel like we're almost going to get the same thing again, just with a different belt this time. Right, but in short, so it's like I feel like at least been, with, if you're like, like, like what would your solution have been in short instead of switching the titles? Oh, in story, it would have just had maybe just have both of them, um, both of them drop the titles in their in those last two defenses. Okay, because Sasha's on SmackDown, she Sasha's on SmackDown, she gets the um, the title from Becky. The belt doesn't go. We don't have to do this belt switch. Becky's going over to Raw. Sasha loses. Uh, Charlotte loses to be loses to Bianca. Let's say it's just some kind of like finish due to Charlotte, due to Sasha or something. The belt stays on Raw. We don't need to switch. Charlotte's going to SmackDown anyway. So I have a bit of a different solution. And if anyone has one better than this, then please inbox me by all means. If this doesn't solve past, present, and future issues, no matter how they decide to book, right? Bear with me with this one, right? What if Hit me with we renamed the titles? What if we took the <gasps> WWE SmackDown women's title and just renamed it the WWE Universal, the Women's Universal Championship? And what if we just called the other one the WWE World Championship? That way, no matter what brand they're on, you don't have to swap them because they're not brand specific titles, kind of like the Universal and current WWE Championships. You can have two of them. As a matter of fact, they were both from different shows and they swapped with no issue because they don't have names of the show they're on. When did it become a thing to name your championship after a television show? That's stupid. Name another time besides now that that's ever happened. Do you think Dynamite's going to have a Dynamite Championship? Do you think there was a Nitro Championship? Do you think? Do you know how fucking stupid <laughs> it is that the first time in the history of wrestling we got a title named after a weekly show? Why? The show doesn't mean shit. The title has nothing to do with the fucking show. Why is it not named the Universal and the World Championships? It's just they have the guy ones named. Then you don't ever need to trade. You're trading just because you named them the fucking name of the show. No one told you to just do one that. Universal Women's Championship, one WWE Women's Championship. Simple. No other title fucking has that. The Intercontinental is just the Intercontinental. The U.S. is just the U.S. You don't name it after a show. See, they did this last year with the fucking New Day and Street Profits, and I had an issue with it because it's dumb. Because it's like make it's half like, the titles called world where for some make half the titles called Universal, the other half called World, and they can go back and forth, and you can change the color, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it was that simple. In fact, the funny thing is, it, it literally reminds me of um. Well, God, it was about 2005. Remember when Cena and Batista switched shows? They teased like there was going to be a SmackDown championship when JBL won that match, but they were like, oh, we don't need it because we got Raw's champion. Well, what's the worst case scenario? Let's say hypothetically speaking, right? That the opposite title stays on the opposite show. So what happens then? Does the world explode? 
like, wasn't The Rock the WCW champion? He yeah, was, but right? that was just for the sake of the angle. All of this shit is for the WCW, sake of the angle. WCW All of this no, I'm saying, shit. I'm saying WCW was dying. Like, WCW wasn't going to be here much longer. Raw and SmackDown the, are going to be here the next time they do a stupid draft. But they, but they, that's the whole point. They can do whatever they want. They're not limited to, like, they're not limited. They made these rules. Yeah, they limit themselves with their own idiotic rules. They tell us that when the SmackDown champion goes to Raw, they have to swap titles. And no they one wants want to, to see that. Can rules. you when believe? They do dumb how, shit, they get called out. You know how stupid everybody looks standing in the ring to swap titles? Just as dumb as they did last year. Like this is school and that and that math book is for like the next class that comes in. You know what I mean? Like what are you doing? The same shit they do every year, which is why I count them out. They can put whatever they want against AEW shit. When they do dumb shit like this, it completely fucking nullifies it because it makes no sense. Excellent job, guys. All that could have been avoided if you just didn't do dumb shit. You wouldn't have to scrub Becky and Charlotte fucking around with belts if you just didn't do dumb shit. But no, they have to have drama and have us switch the titles. Like it's an event anybody's going to give a fuck about by the time we're off the air tonight. If you treat people like children, they're going to act like children. If two grown-ass women standing in the ring because you need to have a physical representation of them handing each other each other's titles for the character, you don't even have you don't even write consistent baby face and heel turns. And you're worried about people being like, well, how did the title switch? You don't even watch you don't even write characters in or out of your storylines properly. People have disappeared with no explanation. But the titles, we gotta see how they wound up on the other shows. Because I can't in my mind's eye imagine one person handing the title to the other fucking person, right? I need to see it to believe it. That's something that unless you're there, you just wouldn't believe with your own eyes. It's fucking wonderful. They need to fucking fire whoever's coming up with these ideas. Not change their position or lower their... No, get them out of here. And when I say here, I'm not talking about the WWE. I'm talking about places that have ink and fucking paper. You don't want somebody like this to write anything. I wouldn't let this motherfucker write a Melrose Place spinoff. I wouldn't let this motherfucker write his first name. But see, that's just us being hopeful because they're not going to fire him because they didn't last year and not the year before and not the year after that and not the year after that. <sighs> so Charlotte, who knows what's going to happen with her, but I can see how everybody's just a little bit annoyed and disgruntled and a bunch of other things. Anyway, it's time to talk about the weeklies. Why? Because I want to leave. Weeklies. And that includes Crown Jewel, which from what we have heard... A lot of the roster took that chartered flight, but unfortunately, they had a two-hour layover in London, and the problem with this layover is that they have to carry, they have to remove all the carry-on bags from the plane to get off, to wait for two hours to get back on the exact same plane and put all their bags and shit back down. Unless you're Vince McMahon or Brock Lesnar. They got to stay on the plane. No, I'm kidding. They didn't get to stay on the plane. They didn't. But they did what they did. You know damn well they they, got to stay on that plane. No, no. They took their own jets. That's the truth. Um, So they didn't have to worry about that. Vincent Brock took their own jets. The Undertaker. They told them that story so they wouldn't tell them they had to stay on the plane. The Undertaker also took a jet and Fit Findlay flew there with him. Roman Reigns, the Usos, and Paul Heyman all were on a jet of their own. So, you know, that bloodline shit is is a shoot, not a work. The Undertaker, you might be thinking, well, he didn't even show up at Crown Jewel. No, he didn't. They just wanted him backstage. Can't make this shit up. No, he did make an appearance, though. Did you hear about the appearance that he made? I can't remember specifically where, but yeah, he made an appearance somewhere different. 
they had like a because it's like a weekend celebration this thing so he was there to introduce pitbull don't ask me how come they thought this was a good way to utilize him but here it is I didn't know who that was or what that yeah, was, but no. easily just let the man stay at home. What the fuck? <sighs> that's <laughs> so that's what Undertaker flew all the way across the world for. No, that was a WrestleMania song. Yeah. You could bet your ass about that. Show is shitty. And I'm ready to go, 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 go. Anyway, you had your pre-show match with the Usos against the Hurt Business. Very predictable. Finished to this being the super fly. I'm sorry. The super kick. Then the super fly splash on Cedric. I'm going to need them to remove the name of the Hurt Business from this team. Because I don't know who these fucking jobbers were. But uh, how come I Michael the Cole, Hurt Business actually doing shit. How come when, Michael, when, when they came on Michael Cole. Like formerly part of the group was WWE champion Bobby Lashley. And then it was like. But the two of them decided to get together and make a team. Is that the story? Because then on, on the following week. They were the three of them again. Like, is it? Have they decided that the, the her business is just a tag team or not? Nah? I feel like they have because I mean, I, when, when I remember the actual hurt business, I remember it being they were all champions, they were all a threat, and now I'm sitting over here watching Raw tonight and I see Cedric Alexander getting jobbed out to fucking Bearcat. This is like that time that Degeneration X came back, but it really just became Road Dog and X Pac with Tori. This is worse. They actually won matches. That's true. They were tag champs. Road Dog wasn't jobbing out the fucking Moose Llama. I don't know who the fuck name. All right. Well, Crown Jewel, because we're going to talk about some matches. It was the best show that they've done in a very long time. It was great. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys, oh, yes. Crown Jewel wasn't good. It was excellent. We're, we're not jumping on good. the Blood Money bandwagon. Like, yeah, and that's another thing. You assholes who were saying that shit. You know what I mean? It's like their government has nothing to do with the children or the people in that country that have nothing to do with the ruling that are experiencing. I'm not going to go into all of that shit again, but fuck you if that was your closed-minded way of dealing with things. Go die somewhere. It's like the same 12 people it was last year, so I mean. Yeah. Uh, all right, let me try to... Uh, see what i could do here because i want to be able to get through some of these highlights fast god forbid or or, or if that's even humanly possible right right we can pray <laughs> bear with me i'm just setting myself up for that okay so oh no you can first match hell in the cell match edge versus seth rollins 
I did like this match. This was really good. Good callbacks to the old angles with Rollins attempting the Glasgow grin. And uh, I'm sorry, with Edge attempting that Glasgow grin. And then Rollins using like the steel pipe in turn when he manages to steal it out of Edge's hands. And he tries to take Edge's eye out, calling back to that old thing. Um, Rollins with that attempted um, concerto on Edge, which I love how the concerto is now a one person thing. Even the other guy who's half the inventor of it is no longer part of the company. And they don't even freaking mention it there. Uh, we'll do some highlights because, of course, there are highlights. It's an Edge and Rollins match. How would there not be? Um, and it's hell in the cell. It just comes with highlights. Mm-hmm. So let's see. One thing that we had here. Give me a sec. Bear with me, guys. We're live and it ain't easy. Being cheesy. No, don't say that. Don't bring that back. <laughs> Okay, so this was the edge. This was the edge cross face part that I was telling you about. Trying to get down to the bottom there. I did like that. Was actually going for the oh, God. Catches oh, him God. with the eye poke there. Look at that. Like he could be like Thor in one of those Austin. movies. No, George. It's the difference with the people we're referring to, unlike Sami Zayn, have no talent. Right to the eye oh, of no. Edge. This actually leads to a cool sequence, though. Oh, oh, that's it. Check on it. Oh, it's found an alternative plan that may change the complexion. A hush has come over the WWE Universe after Rollins drove the piece of the chair into the eye of Edge. Oh, and like rolling forearm into the chair. Edge, perhaps half-blinded, has a driven Edge to the mat, and now Rollins going to go up top. Rollins wasting no time now. With a frog splash to Edge. Yeah, so there was that. That was pretty cool. Um... This is an interesting callback move because they couldn't say what it was a callback to. If you guys know what I'm talking about here. Predicament. Rollins, and Rollins though. Seth Rollins looking to turn Edge around. Looking to plant Edge with his own move. And he does. The prettier connects. No, that is not Edge's own move. You guys are lying, 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 lying. That is how you wanted to do it. Like, can y'all, like, 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 can, can y'all not act? Like, we don't fucking know who, who that is. I love how he said it, too. And Rollins catches Edge with his own move that he uses as Edge. Not Christian, but Edge. By the time insult trying to insult my intelligence. Bitch, I know it's Christian's move, right? How are you going to say that move that he does? <laughs> Fuck you. I love that he added the that he does. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I'm, t- I'm tired of them insulting my intelligence. Like, this is why they keep getting counted out. So... This was the only worthwhile bump that was a reason to have, uh, I guess, to have the cell. I'll show you it here. But when he pushes Rollins off of the top turnbuckle and he recalls off of the cell down through a table, this is like really the only thing that it got utilized for that was worth it. You'll see it here. To put an edge away and watch this off the cell through the table. See, that was brutal. <laughs> that looked like that sucked all kinds of ass. See, that one to me, well, that was really the only reason to have the cell there. That was the whole justification for having the cell. That motherfucker bounced off the cell and then went through the table. Mm-hmm. That was the equivalent of falling out of the tree and hitting every branch on the way down. Down does it. Nothing we get this look else here. This was also cool. This is the Edgematic on the steps. Well, if Edge lands this, you could count to 100 because Rollins isn't going to get up. Edge and Rollins fighting back. Misses Wilder. He hit his ass. Edge hit his ass on the corner of steps. He's lucky he didn't break his ass bone. Oh, he was lucky he didn't lose his second virginity. Yeah, the one you're supposed to keep. Right. 
That movie that shit almost became an entrance. On this day, I walk funny. <laughs> Everything is open wide. <laughs> That's not Ooh. as funny as it should be, man, but it really was. I I I, I could have gone worse with that. I could, ooh. In this day with a broken bone. <laughs> and my tank is bleeding heavy. The only thing that you would really need, the only line you could keep the same is the, it's so real to me. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Edge with the flying chair. This was also cool. Rope Edge is still, I should say Rollins is still on the steps. Oh! I like the, uh, the, the freaking uh, sound in it. To the first time, a flash that was another callback. Edge was inside Hell in a Cell. That is- At least Michael Cole called it a callback, right? Yeah, that was, um, he did that same move when he was inside Hell in a Cell with The Undertaker. Nice. Because I remember that was the line he, um, when he busted up Mick Foley leading into it and he said, I understand. And I like this variation. Instead of going for the stomp here, it's a variation of Rollins finishing sequence. He turns into the spear instead of the stomp. And Rollins looking for the stomp to the bad neck of Edge, but he's caught. Buckle bomb. And you would think he was stealing his move here. But he doesn't. He goes for the spear. That's cool storytelling there with the two of them because it kind of, without any narrative, explains that the mistakes that Rollins is making is that every opportunity he has when Edge is vulnerable, instead of hitting something of his own, he's condescending and he goes for something that goes from Edge's past. He's been going for shit like his wife's move, his best friend's move. And then they put Edge in a situation where he has that opportunity. He hits the buckle bomb, which is usually followed up by the stomp. But he goes in and he follows through with the spear, you know. So I kind of like the storytelling here being that, like, you know, one guy is stealing the other guy's moves, but then the other guy is staying true to himself. And that's the shit that's working. See, that's how you do a proper match. So that was also really cool. Everything. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. This avalanche sunset bomb was pretty cool. It's about five minutes past where that other thing happens. From earlier on in the match already. What the hell is Rollins looking for here? No, 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 no! Through- right through the damn table. Jesus. Yeah, this was some rough shit. Trying to get the next thing. This player sucks, though. I like this where he uses the chain. He wraps the chain around his own boot. Malice and contempt in the eyes oh. of Seth Rollins. Rollins is going to do what he wanted to do seven years ago. End the career of Edge once and for all. Edge is helpless. He's defending. Oh, no, no. Super kick with the chain. Again, dropping Edge. Just end it, Seth. Edge is out. That is brutal, man. Kick with Nasty. the chain to the boot. I like that. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was more chain stuff. I'm trying to jump ahead here, guys. Cool. Press for time. But this was cool, too. Ah. Edge now trying to get a hold of that chain. Rollins desperately trying to crawl away. And now it's, oh, it's Edge. This is the chain for a moment. What's cool about this is he, he gets that and it just helps him. Like, why, thank you. I'll take that too. But nope. He lets him go there, right? 
fucking the most unfun looking spot in the game. That's where. Yeah, I'm trying to get what he hits him with afterwards. It's right here because this is with the chair. Rollins is helpless right now. But Edge, you got to be careful. Edge with a stop. Then he finishes him with his move. How appropriate. See, that was cool. When he finally does take his move is when it mattered. It was to win the match. Excellent match. Right, he's not just going for like. He's not just going for like trying to be show off or trying to demoralize you. It's like, no, I'm going to end you now. Excellent match. They didn't need to sell for any of that aside from that one spot where Rollins really because I know Edge did like a cell bump. It was unnecessary though. Like the Rollins ones really what the whole payoff of having the entire cell there was for. Unfortunately. Um yeah, don't worry, I'm not doing details on all these matches like that, but I mean that one, you know. Oh, there was, it was a hell in a cell with Edge and, and Rollins. So needed to be done anyway uh we have mustafa ali against mansoor first ever all muslim match on pay-per-view producer of this match jason jordan finish being the slingshot neck breaker by mansoor at least that's what i am calling it um this looked really good i'm gonna let you guys just look at some of the sequences they actually let these guys do stuff Mansoor. And for Mansoor, he oh, believes yeah. you got to work your way to the top. That nobody hands you opportunities. You have to go out and prove yourself each and every night. And that's what he hopes to do tonight against his hey, And here's the sad part. Like, Mansoor actually enjoyed the tough love he was receiving from See, they let them have a wrestling match. That's better. what you need. He was all in. You need to hear these guys trying to show up. But yeah, you see that? They let them have, like, like the sequence here. It takes the arm. You know, you don't normally get to see two guys wrestle. And obviously, they let Mansoor always wrestle here. He's like the main character. <laughs> you know, but... Yeah. Yeah, Mansoor's undefeated streak at Crown Jewel stays alive. Mm-hmm, good. At least this one did. It would have sucked to have it any other way. But yeah, I do like this here because it's showing a display of uh, just how skilled these two guys are. It wasn't like a throwaway match, you see? Like, this is the kind of stuff that you would see, like, somewhere else, not in this company. You know, like, they're working very well together. The transitions, the reversals, this whole sequence here working the arm. Looks really good. Very solid stuff. I'm glad they had, that to they, make, they, they had to make up for the fact that they couldn't give them CM Punk and Daniel Bryan like they wanted. Oh, do you think they asked? Maybe they did. But look, they got Mansoor. Mansoor's even oh, better. I, no? I mean, hey, you know, they, yeah, they, they're, they're probably still hoping we could pull a, there's probably still hoping we could pull a Ultimate Warrior for next year. So. Yeah, you see that though? Like that, like see these sequences. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. These guys yeah, are beautiful. skilled. Very skilled. And then it goes into the drop kick and it doesn't end there. I want to see them in a jobber tag, you know, and I'm not going to give a shit about the month. I want to see them do this all the time. Yeah. Really, really good. You know, no complaints there. Um, what else did they have in this? After, after, uh, because Mansoor does go over here. Afterwards, they have um, the Olympic Karateke. Um, his name is Tarek Hamidi. He shows up here. He competed in the t- 2000. 20 Summer Olympics, taking home the silver medal, 75 kilogram Kumete competition. Now, that being said, I thought the sequence was well done because they brought a, a popular guy there. He got a big pop. You know, he's known out there. Um, it was a cool effect seeing somebody like that around. Completely uncalled for Ali This is ridiculous. Ali said he's embarrassed. Of course Ali's embarrassed. Ali's talked a lot of smack leading up to this matchup. <laughs> when I first heard that, oh yeah, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> he came out cloaked. Look at him. 
Can we jump ahead a little bit on this? Oh, I went too far ahead. Oh, spoiler. Whoever this is is in no great hurry. Making Ali wait. Why does Ali have, have makeup on? Hmm? Oh, to make him look more evil? <laughs> How's he going to get a picture with Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. That joke would have made more sense after Floyd Mayweather stuff was cut from the program. But whatever. Guys. Oh. Guys, do you, guys, you know who this is? No, we don't. Stop acting like we're supposed to. He did come out like Genkai, right? This is like he came out like Genkai. <laughs> from Saudi Arabia. He won the silver medal in Tokyo. If he knocks somebody out. But knocking out his opponent. You should leave and leave now. That's my suggestion to you. And that's it. Yes, Ali. Yes, it is. He got kicked in the head. <sighs> so they had that. Like I said, well done. Ali tweeted saying that the earnings from that event will be donated to charity. He's not keeping any of that money. I don't think he ever has on any of those crown jewel chips. I didn't get to get the drop of it, but he did a interview recently. Where he talked about how he had a meeting with Vince Man about not getting a push. And it was just one of those things where Vince was like, you know, too nice. You know, you're not aggressive enough. You're not mean enough. I just don't think you have it in you. That could explain how come he's completely different now. right? leave it to Vince to sabotage shit. Right. Like maybe he's just not built to be a heel Vince. Yeah. You know, just saying. Anyway. You had the Raw Tag Team title match. RK Bro, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle defending the championship against AJ Styles and Omas. This was produced by Abyss. And we got Matt Riddle coming out in camels. Yay, right? I'm not surprised. That's just something I just never thought that I'd be Sounds saying. Sounds like a real thing to do. It does, doesn't it? Let's get some of these camels on screen. Oh, I'm kind of offended by that. I don't know how long it took for them to get him on the camera or it just had to be out there pissed off. There he is. Oh, are you kidding me? This is awesome. Look at that. It's candle time or camel time or both. Oh, yeah. And this was already spoiled because anybody who looked at the uh, the early sets when there was no one in the crowd, Riddle was out there on a camel. So obviously they're rehearsing this at some point. Before they did it, but then there it is. Yeah, now you get to see it. Cooperate. You know, for 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 the old point two percent of you that didn't see it the first time, now you could see it again with the crowd there. Oh, right there's the magic without the crowd and the lights. Now you can see what it was supposed to look like. See, there it is. Yay! Yeah, you you got you got to practice with that because God help you if a camel just decide I have enough of this shit. Yeah, right. And they go back to smoking. I have seen. I I've seen the motherfuckers pick people up by the back of their neck and just fling them across the room. Like, but anyway. Distraction. Riddle trying to prevent any further. Here's the finish, which Omos. I thought was cool. Oh, and Riddle just. Oh! Omas hung up at the top rope by Orton. Omas still on his feet, albeit on the outside, but you gotta watch Styles oh. on the outside. Caught Orton from the blind side. Styles has got his positioning right now. Watch himself off the top rope, looking for the phenomenal. Oh! 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 Oh!
flow, bro. And that was it. That was how they took him out. So they retained the titles. Moving along, Queen's Crown 2021 finals being produced by TJ Wilson. Zanita Vega oh, versus Dewdrop. They were fully dressed from head to toe. They, they, they forgot their helmets and gloves. You know? <laughs> they should have came out there. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like they forgot their helmets and gloves. Uh, anything stand out to me here? Let me let me get this fast forward a little bit here. So yeah, there were a couple things here. Let me just jump ahead. I'm getting a Neutron effective next week because this one's getting on my nerves. It doesn't go as fast as I do to the spots. Fuck this Tron. <laughs> I'm serious. That's a, that's a work. I'm yeah, get rid, you got you, you to get rid of the raw Tron and get you an AEW yeah, Dynamite no, this Tron. This is the last time this will be the Tron I use. I'm dead ass. Very smart move by Zelina. They have turned things around and here comes Vega. Around and around. Oh, we go. Wow, great move that by Vega. The- I thought that was a cool spot. And the finish was a code red by Zelina. Why do you say by Zelina? Because she's smaller than her thigh. Hit the bitch with a code red. But that's always been her finish. But anyway, I'm gonna bring this up on the screen. Toughness coming out of Vega right now. Oh! Went for a big splash. Vega moved out of harm's way. Zelina Vega's got an opportunity now. Can she somehow do it? Are you kidding me? A code red! Yep, code red for the queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job, right? Yeah. Good job. Hail to the queen. Sports Illustrated spoke to Zelina Vega about this victory, and she's quoted as saying, Vince McMahon walked up to me after the match in the back and said, you walked in here, queen, and now it's official. I almost lost it. This is finally my time to show out to everyone who I am. I'm not in anyone's shadow. This is my time to show why I'm a star. Queen Zelina. It feels so incredible to say that. I'm bringing it to Spanish. To La Riena. That's me. It feels absolutely right to say that. This is me. And it is mine. It's been a hell of a journey. And I'm looking forward to continuing my story as Queen Zelina. Every time I step into the ring, I feel like I have to prove myself. I take this opportunity in WWE very seriously. This is my time. And it starts now. That code red wasn't just a move for the match. And it wasn't just about my journey in WWE. This is my journey in life. And up to this point, it is the greatest moment of my career. That code red wasn't just a wrestling move. It's an exclamation point. It was me representing my family. That's my cousin's move. Amazing Red deserves so much credit for what he's done. So that was for him. That was for my dad too. And that was for me. To solidify my place and show that I belong here. So, hail to the queen. Good job as far as that goes. And yeah, being able to do hit that move. But yeah, it is a fam- family heirloom, guys. That is Amazing Red. Her cousin made that move. Oh yeah. Now, long as they keep her actually winning, we're good. We'll see. I mean, it's like she could lose the crown. I mean, I guess we have seen that you can. You could even lose the crown if you need to, right? Oh, my like, God. And you can also be, like, Wade Barrett levels of King of the Ring. So, I mean, or Queen's Crown. You don't want to be the female Wade Barrett. No, you definitely don't. That motherfucker got that crown and lost his whole reign. What would you have her do next, though? Feud with somebody different because at this point, Dewdrop is dead in the water. Wow, you gave up on her that fast, huh? Oh, she's been dead to me from the beginning. <laughs> Once they put her with Eve Marie, I was like, yep, it's all downhill from here. Oh, man. Well, we'll see. 
I'm glad a lot of people didn't know about the amazing red connection that they were just like, she hit a code red. And I was like, yeah, that's sort of what she probably does. Might be why she's wearing red. That is cool, though. Yeah. Way better relative than crimson. I haven't forgotten. Oh, PNA. I haven't forgotten. We don't talk. We don't, we don't talk about Goldberg GT. You know, he tried to make that his fucking big brother. I'll never forgive you for that. I was like, wait a minute. How come I don't remember before he got all you liars? <laughs> anyway, um, what else do we have here going on? Oh, God, help me. Oh, the Goldberg match. Um, This was the no holes barred, falls count anywhere match. Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley produced by Jason Jordan. I'm so sorry, Jason couple things about this match maybe this is just me being nitpicky please by all means tell me if i'm just old if you could be like oh rick is wrestling okay and i i'm legitimately asking this question because i don't remember i don't pay attention to their promos but is goldberg the one that wanted it to be no holds barred no lashley was it was lashley yes okay thank god but goldberg knew going into the match it was it was no holds barred right yes yes so this is my thinking I have to hear this guy for weeks talking about his son, even though we keep cutting out the part where his son's the one who got into the ring and was trespassing. I have to keep hearing this guy talk about his son. He went as far as multiple times saying he's going to kill Lashley. Like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker for what he did. The match starts, right? And he's standing there after they get in the ring like an asshole. While Bobby Lashley calmly, slowly wraps a chain around his fist. Like, literally, the following contest is scheduled for one fall, and Bobby Lashley's looking at him while wrapping a chain around his fist with this face like, I'm going to punch this motherfucker when the bell goes off with this chain that I'm wrapping around my fist while looking at this motherfucker that I'm going to punch when the bell goes off. Hello, Goldberg. The match is no holes barred. You want to kill him, remember? He's wrapping a fucking chain around his fist right now. And the bell's about to go off. There should be some sort of warning sign. A spider sense tingling. Something. Mick Foley's hardcore. Sting is hardcore. And they're not shy about bringing a shopping cart full of shit to the ring. If somebody told them they were having a hardcore match. You were going to fight for your son and kill this guy. And you're standing in the ring looking at him. You're bouncing around. While this motherfucker slowly wrapping a chain. (laughs) He could have been loading a gun. Just a fucking shotgun. One one fucking bullet at a time. One shot. And you're just fucking standing there. You would think that Bobby Lashley's son is the one who got hit by Goldberg. Moral of the story. Goldberg doesn't love his son. Not enough to to bring a chain. Bobby Lashley would do it for his three sisters. This is the same guy who, when Drew McIntyre did not shit on the Legends, came out and cut the same promo as if he shit on the Legends. Not surprised. So anyway, spoiler alert, he punches him with the chain because the bell went off and he had a chain wrapped around his hand. MVP's getting a surgery done. He'll be back. But yeah, he punched him with the chain. Just what did he think was going to happen after he did the chain? He thought he was going to shake his hand with it? He thought WCW was going to book him so he no-sold the chain. Now I want to be clear with all of you. This was bad for a wrestling match, good for a Goldberg match. This is the best Goldberg's looked in years. Now, the reasons it was bad, the reasons it was bad has nothing to do with him. Because the things that made this match bad was the way it was booked. Lashley whips Goldberg. He he basically, first of all, he whips out a chair and he stomps Goldberg's ankle into the chair. 
right? You've all seen this spot before. You put somebody's ankle in the chair. Everybody's going, oh, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. One of two things happens. Either the friend comes out and saves them or they're too late and the person gets stopped. Ah! And you know, I said they're going crazy on the floor. They got to carry them out of here, right? This is the interesting part for me. He stomps him in the chair. He successfully does that spot. And Goldberg is trying to get the fucking feeling back in his leg later on. Like when he recovers from a chair stomp, his, his, his way, he stomped that shit out. He went, Ugh. Like if it was asleep, like, like, you know, your foot was like, oh shit, bro, he stomped your foot. He put the chair around your ankle and landed on it. I've never in my life seen anything but a stretcher after that. This motherfucker got up and he did like when you, when you sat on your foot because the fucking Marvel movie was too long. <laughs> It was like, dude, your 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 shit should be destroyed. How in the world am I watching? And and the worst part is, normally I, I I hate when people stop selling. The worst part is he can't stop selling. He's doing all kinds of shit during this match. Lashley wipes out because Goldberg dodges out of the way. Lashley wipes out through like a barricade. Goldberg dodges out the way, top speed, then back to oh, slapping that leg a little bit. God damn that leg! <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm amazed. You're like a mutant. The fact that you could get stomped into a chair. It's not his fault. That wasn't his decision. But whoever booked this, we know Jason Jordan produced it. Whether he's the agent or not, we know he's the producer. Which is probably the same thing nowadays. Who the fuck knows? But you would think that they would just not do... Don't do the spot where he gets his ankle caught in that chair. Because you can't have this dude walking around slapping his foot like that. I don't care. I don't care how strong he is. That's not a move that you slap off. You know what I mean? Look at this. Just to give you guys some context here. This is about destroying the almighty Bobby Lashley. Yeah, but Goldberg's still feeling the effects of the assault from Bobby Lashley. Not that much. Goldberg can still barely stand. He's certainly not stable. He's walking. Stalking Bobby Lashley. He was able to do that after the chair, after the, after the chair, the shit that I've seen as an angle used to take people out. He was able to do that. I'd like to be I'd like to be surprised, but it's a Goldberg match. Dumb shit always has to happen. In mind, I don't know, but Lashley's barely he's stirring like this, over in the, in the like a little bit. crumbled and buried under. You know, that's not too bad. He slapped his leg more than like super kick people. And then this Even is the part that so kills me here. He went back to goal position. This is the part that kills me here. By the time Goldberg's walking up this ramp, he forgot all about his leg getting snapped in that chair. Look at him. He's, he's all right again. Wow. There's the same old guy who was limping a little bit earlier with his leg. Uh, he's back to normal. Look, he's a miracle. His fucking legs are fine. He is stalking Lashley. Somehow, even though his leg got snapped into a chair. Lashley's moving slower than Goldberg. And his leg wasn't slapped in the chair. And he comes to her business. Selling, right? He comes to her business. These are these guys are really good, man. I mean, this dude has one leg after his leg got snapped in a chair. They should be able to get some offense in to help Lashley, right? I mean, shit, the man's on one leg. You snapped his other leg. He must be in agonizing pain. You all seen the people get snapped into that chair. That shit, your ankle's gone. There's people who've been in wheelchairs for weeks. Oh, wow, he kicks him with the bat leg. This guy's awesome. Oh! I'm marking out for Goldberg. What is Don't going you ever on play here? like that? You know he thinks that's real. And again, this isn't his fault, but it's such strange booking of all the spots you could come up with See, in wrestling. Let's do the one that for generations has been known to just break your leg. 
and make it where some dude could just be like, see, ah, shit. See, see, my issue with that statement is he's Goldberg. He can tell them it's not fucking stupid, but it makes him look cool, so he'll do it. So therefore, it's his fault. And here's more one-legged Goldberg in action Goldberg here. can't say, I don't want to do this, I'll do this. Here's more one-legged Goldberg in action here. You see what I mean? That's a one-legged miracle. So, Lashley to the bottom of the card. All right, cool. And that, oh, you you actually, well, that's where I was going next. Like, but now we're stuck with, like, like Goldberg's gone. And we're stuck with a Lashley that they didn't push. You know what I mean? The like, we didn't get, we got nothing. Outcome. Everybody, we, we, we chose the choice where nothing, nothing remains intact. This doesn't seem to be a her business anymore. Lashley's push got fucked. The older guy who's 50 who doesn't even need a chair ankle spot as an excuse to lose wins limping around with the fucking it's like why did that have to happen that way i just don't get it you know jesus man the fact that goldberg won ruined the entire thing like it by default is shit because his old ass should not be beating anybody take your ass whooping go back to the go back to the, to the home pop your milk or magnesia what the fuck ever and go to bed yeah, no, I was really surprised. That whole match would have been perfect if they didn't make the selling point of it, the fact that this guy's limping around. And then to make matters even worse, at least I thought, well, he's going to at some point it'll come into play. He'll go to do the jackhammer and oh, well, look, that injury that he seemed OK from it buckled and right there. But no, now you made Lashley look worse. He couldn't beat a 50 year old man who had a fucking ankle snapped in a chair. Yep. That makes Goldberg stronger by default than Lesnar in your universe. If you, like, a chair snapping doesn't fuck him up? <sighs> anyway, I don't even yep. know why we have this, but we have this. Goldberg, what can we say about that match? It was once about the WWE Championship. This match seemed much more personal after everything that transpired at SummerSlam. Well, no offense to any championship, but my family's much more important than any title, any championship, any accolade, anything. Uh, you know, uh, there's nothing that's going to stir up the violence in a human being than touching and disrespecting their family. I don't care if I'm 500 years old. I'll come out of the grave and I'll rip your face off. That's something you don't do. Wrestling business, football, anywhere, it doesn't matter. You do not mess with a man's family. Bobby Lashley was rattled. He looked like he was leaving, and all of a sudden, Goldberg, out comes the Hurt Business. Yet you had no problem dealing with them either. No, it was just a, a distraction. Um, I got when, my, when I have my eye on a prize, man, uh, I'm going to attain that goal, 100%. I've had Bobby Lashley in my sights ever since SummerSlam, and I was going to make him pay. And in all honesty, I should have made him pay even more. But... That's what he got tonight. That's what he deserved tonight. And there's not a human being on the planet that wouldn't do the same thing. I'm sure your son Gage was watching on absolutely proud of his father. I sure hope so. I love that boy more than anything in the world. And, uh, you know, my wife and uh, it's, uh, it's pretty deep, man. It's really deep. You don't screw with my family, man. I'm going to rip your face off. And it's not just words. It's the truth. I'll take that to the grave. See Congratulations. And goodbye, Goldberg's ankle. Oh, I mean, whatever his face was. Oh, that person. Oh, I want to buy views. Yeah, totally. Be a piece of shit like Take me. a few more button presses in this chat room, but I'm still just as quick. Quicker than me. I'm getting rid of this Tron. This thing's slowing me down today. I mean it, man. This shit has to go. Anyway, let me see what, what else was on this fucking thing that I really care about. I had to close it for that fucking interview, so now I got to go all the way back where I was. What do we have? We have the King of the Ring 2021 final match being produced by Adam Pierce. 
Uh, Finn Balor against Xavier Woods. Finish to this was the gut buster into that tightrope springboard elbow. Does he have a name of that? I feel like I've heard it once or twice called like the limit breaker, but I mean, I only know if it, I don't think it has a name. I've heard something he does called the limit breaker, which is obviously Final Fantasy VII reference. It might be that elbow. I mean, for God's sake, considering the main hitter from across the ring, it might as well call it that, right? Yeah. Let me see something. Let me try to get back up to where we... Yes, I believe this is the finish. The hard way. Maestro, cradle applied by Wood. Shoulders down. Is it enough to win the matchup? Balor in two. And Zagiri rocks Balor. Out of the ribs. And now Xavier Woods. Oh! Knees connecting. Gut buster. Very unique. And he's got Balor in the center of the ring. We know Woods likes to fly. One more time. It didn't work out the last time. But Xavier Woods tried to attack from the air. Woods going to walk the top rope. Deliver the elbow. Cover. Cover. Off the limit. King. And that's it. He's King Woods. Hell yeah. Cool stuff, right? That's what he earned. Not even have to give him now, the I've heard, I've, I've heard some marks out there. Some people have said, oh, it's like one step above King Mabel. And, oh, when the King of Rings becomes such a jobber, shut your fucking face. All right. That guy, I, I've been watching that guy since he first showed up in, God, what was it, FCW or NXT? I watched him when he was Consequences Creed in, in TNA. If anybody deserved that shit, he deserved it. I watched he him. He has worked his ass off. He, go ahead. No, I, was just, I watched him when he was Xavier Woods in FCW. Yeah, like he has worked his ass off when it comes to singles accomplishments. He hasn't had anything. He needed this worse than anybody in that tournament. And the thing about it is the fans rallied for him to have that. So if you think that Xavier Woods does not deserve to be king of the ring, you're the problem with the fucking wrestling business. My problem is like that was real emotion from him. Because my, pro- my problem the King is of the that this is a... of everything he's ever wanted. That's one of the things he wanted was King. That's probably I think he even said that means more than almost any championship was King of the Ring because he was a fan of it since he was a kid. My problem with this though is that like I kind of feel like you never want to ask for this ask this company for anything and then give it to you because it could just be an excuse to not give you anything further. They never gave anything to Biggie or Kofi really. It's kind of like it's just one less excuse for him to also become WWE champion. He already got his dream. He never became king of the ring. You know, that's yeah. that'll be their logic. Yeah, but I mean, it's good. Yeah, I feel like if if you look at it from a certain perspective, it almost means more because you can become WWE champion almost any time of the year. There's really only one time of the year you get to become a king of the ring, and that's assuming it comes back every year. Mm. So I almost could I almost could see it from his point of view meaning just a little bit more because it's a rare opportunity. I. Don't know if King of the Ring is a rare opportunity in the championship, but if it's what he wanted, I know. mean, somebody could somebody could become a champion tomorrow. We don't know when there's going to be another King of the Ring. But the incentive to give someone something that's paid their dues goes down when you're giving them anything. And hey, that might be what he wanted. Not everybody wants to have a He-Man action figure. Some people like Man at Arms. But I'm just saying, if you could get both, do it. But if you know that you can either get He-Man or Man at Arms, you better be a big fucking Man at Arms fan. Because you're probably not getting He-Man too. Yeah. But I still hope so. Because I think he'd make a great world champion. I just don't want them to have an excuse not to give it to oh, him. Oh, he'd be fantastic. Oh! At the same time, I'm also happy that... Go ahead. 
I like his reaction. Take <laughs> go back. Polar opposite Hell of the King Woods, baby, get it right. Let's go. That's all he's ever wanted. That's all he's ever wanted. That's all he's ever wanted. He got the crown. All Hell King Woods, baby. I see you, dog. I see you, baby. That's all he's ever wanted. All Hell King Woods, baby. Hell to the King. Hey, he was more intense than Woods. But yeah, kind of what Kofi says is interesting, though. That's, this is the only thing he's ever wanted. So for him, he might be like, all right, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. You know, I'm just saying I I, I don't like, I don't want to ruin the moment because it is a great moment. I just don't want the company to use that as an excuse. You know what I mean? It's kind of like. Oh, we know they will. That's it, it's kind of like <laughs> I don't want them to be the parent that gets the kid the birthday slash Christmas present because both of the events are in December. You feel me? That's all I'm saying. It's nothing critical towards him. It's critical towards them. It's not your fault if you're a kid and your birthday is December 20th and Christmas is December 25th and you ask for two games and get one. That's just a shitty parenting. They try to double down because of the gift calendar shit. I don't want that to be what they do with him. I don't want it to be, well, we already got you the crown, so we're not giving you the belt. You know? Yeah. Which I could see, see that the being problem, the excuse. See, I, think, you know? I think where it is for mine. I think what it is when mindset... I'm happy for him because I know that's what they're going to do. I've made peace with it, so I'm going to be happy with what he has now. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. If he didn't get this, they would have been in the situation that I was thinking they were in after Biggie won it, where I was thinking, oh, well, now we got to do one more. One more guy. At some point, you guys are going to have to get this in there. They kind of alleviated themselves of that responsibility now because they gave him like a like his thing, you know, like, whew. Now we don't have to think about where we're scheduling him for that title. I would have rather him them still be on the spot than him to have the crown. You know what I mean? Like, I would have rather still been like, when's Wood going to get his turn? Because I don't want people to be able to be like, this was his turn. Yeah. See, they, they get lucky on the fact that he hit a marquee that he'd been wanting to hit. At the end of the day, there's still going to be a piece of shit if they don't ever put the title on him. But at least he's okay with it. Yeah, he's okay with it, but they're going to be a piece of shit with an excuse, an excuse that I'm going to come on here and be like, that's bullshit. You guys fucking cheated and I hate you. But still, oh, no, I'd rather no, no, not even have it. We're not even giving them that. They're just going to be a piece of shit. I'd rather it have just been, let's say it didn't ever happen, which I still think it should. I'd rather it have been these guys didn't give him anything. The guy who did all this shit and up, up, down, everything, they didn't give him nothing. They're scumbag. But now it'll be like, where we game king in the ring? Nope. I'm still waiting for that title. I'm not. Don't, don't smoke screen me. I know how they work. Don't smoke screen me. We've had tons of kings. Billy Gunn's push started as a king. Let's not forget that, guys. Remember that Billy Gunn's push started as king of the ring and ended when The Rock calls him Bob to God. You remember that shit? I thought it was when Benoit attacked him out for the title. Nope. It was when it was when The Rock called him Bob. When he said that Billy was praying that he would be able to beat The Rock and he was like, Bob. And then he was like, for God, my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. Don't Bob Kofi or uh, I'm sorry. Don't Bob Austin Austin Creed. Anyway, he could never be Bob. I haven't been nervous in in years because everything is like been doing this for so long. Nothing's really new, you know. So like 
I've been nervous all day. I was nervous all match, and normally I'm nervous, and then music hits and I go through the curtain and it's fine, and everything goes away and I'm in the zone. Like, this was, this was, I've never felt like anything like this. I couldn't hear anything, like I couldn't feel anything, like I normally feel like the people and stuff. It's like I was in like a wind tunnel, and like the only thing that mattered was Finn. I don't know, it's just like, a, it's this weird new feeling. It's just weird, because like I'm like 17 years in, and like I have a new feeling now. And it's like, that's, it's like really cool, you know? So like, I don't know, I thought I felt everything already, you know? Like almost 20 years in wrestling, like since I was 17. Like this is like the only, this is the only like real thing. This and tag team stuff, I love tag team wrestling. But like this is the only like singles accolade that I like ever cared about. Like titles are cool, even like that like white leather icy title, like is so dope, but like, like I only care about this, like. You look like, like you know you can do something, and you know that it's like possible. But like, there's something in your head that says, no, like this will never happen. This is a pipe dream. Like you, you've you've, you've done well enough. You know, like you'd be happy like with what you have. You know, so like, I don't. Know, I guess I never like actually, like really believed this would like ever ever really happen for me. And so it's. <laughs> Whoa! Oh shit! That reaction tells me one thing. If he's okay with it, it's not their call. And what I mean by that is I'm not even going to look at it as of like, oh, this will be their excuse. No, they, they, they don't get that. That tells me it's no longer in their hands. If the fans say he's going to be WWE champion, they don't have the option but to do it because the fans have made them do shit before. Wow. The fans made them put Daniel Bryan in that main event and they made them give CM Punk that championship. Yeah, if and they say so, right. I don't want to be like the it's I don't want to be like the, the negative people on the internet either. Where I'm looking at that side of it, so I'll say this. Oh yeah, they just little my ideally. Well, yeah, you go, you go first. Ideally, what I would like is for this King of the Ring win to be handled the way good King of the Ring wins have been handled, not like Mabel or yeah. Billy Gunn, but like Stone Cold Steve Austin who said Austin 316 when he got his crown and his inauguration, where that catchphrase came from. You know what I mean? I would like him to be like a good king of the ring, one where it actually helps with him, you know, where it actually yeah, like elevates Brock him. Brock Lesnar or somebody like... Yeah, where it, it, it's, it's literally... Corbin had a great king of the ring run. Where it's a rite of passage, where he's going to now go on to do great things. And if he really genuinely feels this way, which it seems that he is, the guy's really emotional, then that's something that's an opportunity for them to take advantage of, too, because he's put over King of the Ring like I've never fucking seen anybody in my life put this thing over. You know what I mean? Like he made this matter almost more than a title like this promo that was just like on the exclusive website or whatever. This is something that should have been on one of the main shows because he put that title. He put that that crown over like a million bucks. And this is an opportunity not just for them to use it as a way to elevate him, but to use him to elevate that crown. So there's not just some dumb shit that I make fun of, which is what it's become over the years. So, yeah, he made that thing more valuable in that one promo than I've seen anyone. Anyone. When's the last time you see somebody win the King of the Ring and put them put the crown over? Not not themselves as the winner, but what it means to win. That's the first fucking time we've seen somebody put the crown itself over. Like, let that settle in. He said, of everything in the singles run, 
This is all he wanted. Not the WWE Championship, not the Rumble, none of that. He wanted that crown and just that crown. That's powerful shit, man. Exactly. For him, he's set. Now it's WWE's job to act like a halfway competent company and give him more. Yep. They are lucky at the fact that he's okay. Because if they do their typical shit that I expect them to do, at least he's okay. And that, uh, that brings us to the next match. As cool as I was to talk about Big E versus Drew McIntyre, producer of this match, once again, Abyss. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I like it. I like the match. Big E's a great champion. Drew was a good opponent for him here. Um, bear with me. Since I had the woods thing up, I gotta go back into my stuff and get the crown jewel back on the screen. The finish was, was, uh, basically Drew McIntyre gets hit with the big ending, right? Second I think, one. Yeah. He got hit gets, with one and then kicked out. Yeah, I will bring that up on the screen in a minute. Mansoor. No, not Mansoor. He was good, but not Cameron good. WWE Universe here chanting, giving Drew instructions one more time. Maybe that's all it's going to take. I bet, bet there are right. maybe something else. Or maybe the big ending. And Big E able to counter. And Big E ducks underneath. Look at this! Wow! On his shoulders! For a second time! Is that it? Cover! Big E ret- Very cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, I want his run to last for a while. And unfortunately, yeah, Mac is to the back of the line for you too. You and Lashley for whatever reason. Smackdown. Smackdown. Yeah, right. WWE SmackDown women's title triple threat match. Becky Lynch against Sasha Banks against Bianca Belair. And uh, the finish to this match is uh, there's a KOD on Becky from Bianca. Banks tries to steal but winds up falling into into Becky. And um, essentially she uses the ropes to uh, get the leverage on the pin, right? That is correct. Awesome. Couple spots here. This fireman's carry thing that they did was cool. A lot of Bianca spots. Real, I'm not gonna act like there's a bunch of spots. There ain't a bunch of spots. There's a bunch of Bianca spots. Yeah. Bianca Belair dominating at every turn so far in this matchup. Torture rack on Banks. Bianca could be thinking about the KOD. Missile drop kick. Can we do that kind of crazy shit with somebody like that? Um. Fucking nuts. This three amigo sequence was cool. Oh, the Uber athletic. Bianca Belair back to her feet again. And now the power of Belair. Vertical suplex to Sasha. Sasha, the land oh. on her feet. And Banks able to duck underneath. And now suplex of her own. And now Sasha Banks looking to pay homage to her hero, the late great Eddie Guerrero. What's cool about this? Amigos for Banks. Is she hits the whole she thing does. here. She goes from that, then she goes up to the top for Eddie. And the Eddie chance. And now Banks going up. Oh, look at that. I'll let a few stomps for good measure. Just to make sure that Becky Lynch won't be a factor. Smart strategy in this instance. Banks now from the top row. Speaking of Eddie Guerrero, Sasha Banks. Frog went for the oh. frog splash. Bianca rolled she out rolls of the through and then hits the Meteor instead. Oh. Boom. He's in the corner to Becky. Here comes Bianca. And then face throws her into, into the Crush the face. Sasha Banks has her pick. Who she wants to target next. 
God. Yeah, I just like the back and forth with these girls. This is really cool. Oh, yeah. If Charlotte was there, she would have shoot punched one of them by then. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know she hears me. She'll hunt me down. She'd be alright. She takes shit really personally. We'll just have her escorted out by security. This is what I call awkward transition time. <laughs> Trying to get it right there for you. Sasha on the apron, knocked off the apron. If this lands, we're going to have a new champion. Belair went for the KOD. Lynch landed on her feet. Oh, beautiful oh, gut buster by Belair. And now Bianca follows it up. Oh, and these kind of weird around here. And Becky Lynch with a counter of her own. Right around here. To get it all falls apart. Watch. Whoop. Jackknife oh. pin attempt. Oh. This time it's Sasha Banks, though, back oh, in the oh, ring. What the fuck? What is Banks what is trying that? to prevent Belair? They tried no to get way. too creative. Then, whoop. That whoop, is outrageous awkward. power by Bianca Whoops. Belair. More Bianca slippy. Still in control. Vertical suplex. Banks trying to sunset flip Bianca Belair. Who still hasn't lost Lynch? Look at the oh, It was all worth it only because of Bianca Belair at the end. If it wasn't, that would have just looked like a pile of dog shit. That would look like somebody took a piece of aluminum foil and threw it at a wall. Like, have Bianca not done that thing at the end where somehow amongst I don't know what was happening there. It almost looks like when kids are trying to use their imagination too well. Has she not just said, fuck it, I'm just gonna lift this chick with just my bare fucking latent strength and power? What would have happened? Like, what was, what was the fucking game plan there without her? <laughs> you know, like, everybody was... This is like a game of topple. Or, or what was that other one where you, where, you take the, where you take the thing from, like, the middle and you have to pull it out? Fucking Jenga. Jenga. This is like Jenga. It was like, let's play Jenga no matter what. One of you is dead, but let's just see who's going to be. Who's going to be the one that, make, that makes the move where this whole shit comes tumbling down? Thankfully, she was like, not me. <laughs> and she did that deadlift there. Because the, the more, the, the deeper it went, the, the more down the rabbit hole they were. You know, it was like, oh, well, we're going to do the bridge, but then Sasha's going to be on top of it. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> It was like, you know what we can do instead of all this fancy shit? I could fucking lift. The end. It doesn't matter how the sequence begins. It matters how it's ending. <laughs> oh, boy. God. It was good, man. It was really good. Anyway, uh, let's get this last little ending part. Trying to wrestle Becky down to the mat. Oh! Oh! oh. The impact of those kicks from Becky Lynch. And now for a third time, we got to see the manhandle slam. This time, Banks able to counter. Becky stopped her. Belair from behind. Once again, the solution is just to lift you guys out of all that clowning around. (laughs) That's what I love about it. No, 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 no. Sasha from behind now. Yeah, Sasha had to fuck it up for everybody. Banks tripping up Belair. It's smart. It's what Sasha's got to do. Prevent the fall by any means necessary. And now Becky. All that just to get fucked over here. Uh See what you get for being greedy? But I love that the Bianca solution to all of their fuckery and rolling and flippy dippy is I'm just going to grab you guys with all my strength straight up into the air. Every single time something happened, that's how she saved it. Quite incredible shit, man. That brings us to the end, folks. Yes, the ending. We have the universal title match, Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar. Finish to this being Roman going over, obviously. Yep. I'm gonna Brock's get to crown jewel streak is over. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, there's not really many many things here, so we're gonna do a couple real quick. We'll find out. Don't worry. You don't want the ladder. Trust me. And Roman Reigns, oh. Superman punch, and Brock dropped off the apron. 
And if you're Reigns, you take a count out win tonight, get the hell out of here, right? Absolutely. That's the sort of growth we This is Roman's crazy dive. Roman Reigns as a WWE superstar. Reigns. From a, a powerhouse with a bright future to the guy, the head of the table. Wait, wait, Reigns is not settling. Reigns is on the move. Roman Reigns on the top rope and takes down Lesnar. A flying Samoan. We've had those before. <laughs> right. One thing. Let me see if I can get this on screen here. This shit is crazy. Look at Lesnar here. Roman Reigns going to submit himself as the top of the food chain. He jumped over him straight up into the air. <laughs> Motherfuckers will get that's an athletic big man. Athletic he don't do it too often, but every now and then. Nah, man. Lesnar now picking Roman up again on the shoulders, looking for a second F5. No more little Nate. Charles Robinson caught by Roman Reigns' body. Poor Nate. Woo. Right, he gets a little woo. I see what you did there. And then the ending here. Can I get this proper here? I'm going to bring it back a little bit. This is the Heyman thing, right? Sympathetic to the officials, but in this case, we need an official for this match to continue on and have a decisive winner. Brock is down, Roman Reigns is down, and... He throws the title in between the two of them. What does that even mean? There's a championship match for Brock and Roman. Now the tug of war is underway. Reigns hanging on for dear life. So that whole thing was left questionable on purpose so that we don't know who Heyman's side is on. He never really indicated whose side he was on for the whole thing. And did you see what he had done on social media? No, what did he do? Um, on social media, he said, after Crown Jewel's over, I'm walking out with the Universal Champion. Never said who, but just said he's walking out with the champion. Yeah, he was very cryptic throughout this entire thing. That basically leads to Roman winning. Listen to the music. First off, Brock had range beat off the F5, and the official was knocked down. That's point number one. Point number two you is, hear that? who the hell was Heyman tossing the championship to? I heard to? that. Point number Keep listening. Three, whoever he was tossing the championship to, Paul Heyman, you better find yourself a damn good priest, because hell's coming for you. Ending mired in controversy, but resulting in Roman Reigns leaving Crown Jewel with the Universal Championship intact. The bloodline continues to run WWE. Just when it seemed as though Lesnar was intended to have the title, the Usos arrive. They strike Roman Reigns with the Universal Championship to the face of the Beast Incarnate. The second official arrives. And this one goes down in the record books with an assist from Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns may still be champion, but the Beast will not forget this night. 
the irony of the situation. The that? beast was clobbered by the very champ. Like, do you? <laughs> I heard his old music too, right? Every now and then, now it goes. Da-da, da-da. <laughs> it's in the background, like it's that so Titan stupid. scene. <laughs> Yo, it's like. <laughs> It's like that Titan scene. <laughs> that shit hit me just Any like Any attack that. on Titan season two fans, you'll get that joke. Oh my God. Every, whose stupid idea? They're just in the middle. It sounds like it's just played over it, right? Like they didn't do like a thing properly. It's just fucking there. Was that a mistake? It was so bad. I can't tell if someone. And how do you make a mistake like that? Where you make just that part come out in the middle of the song? I, you know what this company? I don't know. It's such a bizarre mistake to have, though, right? Like, and it, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, this is the same company that called AJ Styles Universal Champion, who is clearly WWE Champion. So, it's just sometimes it's weird when the mistakes get so bad that I can't even figure out what what caused it. Like, did you? What did you press? Or did somebody actually say, "Hey, let's put Roman's own music in the middle, just fucking with no beat or nothing, just it. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I swear. Next week, just whenever we'll be talking about what I'm just it. I'm just gonna have the button. Terrible man. Can't even leave that shit alone. You just have to pl- press the song button. Anyway, folks, we're actually going to be wrapping up here. Believe it or not. You might be thinking, what the hell? We didn't cover everything. Yeah, there's simply not enough time to cover anything with there being so many trips to the Middle East and everywhere else nowadays. But keep an eye on Twitter because it is Halloween week, which usually means we have surprises. It is our Halloween-a-thon. So we might have something extra coming down the pipe that it can help. Something extra special on the well too. Yeah, so there might there's a few things this week that will surprise you. Definitely stay tuned for all of that. You consider this like a prelude of things to come. We also are going to be having uh, there's a couple of games. There's going to be a couple of cooperative games that we're going to be doing across the platforms. If anybody would like to join or participate in the festivities, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Of course, whatever platform you can, preferably Twitter, I think. Find me at Rick Darrowman. Uh, also, we're going to be having the continuation of the PSL story mode there is no life is strange but since it is Halloween week instead I'm going to try my very best hopefully tomorrow the same time as life is strange if not we'll see if we come over but most likely I'll see if we can have a story driven Halloween based horror style game that fits sort of into the wake of uh, stuff like life is strange so stay tuned for that also thank you to everyone who's been in our live time including George and Quest 777 Stasis Edel um, anyone else that I missed, as well as everybody on our podcast and podcatcher platforms such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, and all other places popular podcasts are found. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 488. I've been your host, Rick Dare, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and my co host, Destin Soglo Frazier, we're out of here. Shut that down.